This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest has a uh, lot of fans in Philly and a lot of fans in this room right here. And he's going to be playing Punchline. One night only. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Reddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, y'all up early, man. Yeah. yeah. Bless y'all hearts. Each and every one each and every one of y'all individual barbecue eating hearts. <laughs> we eat it early. Yeah. We eat the barbecue early in the morning. Man. I, I know. I was like, oof. Ugh, I don't know if my stomach could do it. Take one bite and you'll be on board. Yeah. And oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lying night yet, but I'm taking something to go. <laughs> it's a weird thing because we get so I'm up at three forty five and like, you know <laughs> For, on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have but, but and we all get up early, and so yeah. people come in and see us eating stuff like that. But it's your, your whole day gets screwed up because it's like our lunch is occurring hours before most people's lunch. Yeah, yeah, so it just it just wipes you up. But you're no stranger, obviously on SNL. Yeah, that's known as one of the most rigorous schedules for uh, you know putting a show together for writing and all that stuff. But you, if you take your story back, you're from Chicago, Chicago, right? Yeah, so I was born in St. Louis. I know I got to say that. Okay. I mean? And I was there for seven years, and I moved to Chicago. But my family's from Mississippi, so they made sure that we were kind of raised out there, too. So I've been... Press is from St. Louis. Kind of yep. about, yeah, I heard you were from St. Louis. Yeah, where, yeah. where at? Chesterfield, not West County. Yeah. yeah how about you? Uh, in the city proper, and then we went to uh, St. Charles. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, from St. Charles, we went to the west side of Chicago, right. then the west suburbs, and then I went to the... The city. The I, city. I would yeah. be in that close in St. Louis going, we would go to Chicago from time to time. I love that town, man. Yeah. Love that town. I love I love Chicago with all my heart. Um, I, I, I have a special appreciation for St. Louis. Uh, I went to uh, I went to church with Ozzie Smith for a, a long time. Is that time. right? And yeah. he, he, he was my favorite baseball player because yep. he flipped, which is not yeah. the right reason. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, yo, he's a baseball player and a ninja? That's <laughs> Why would I not love that? Uh, yeah, so Could have been, like... been the greatest shortstop yeah. of all time. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. It's like, but I never leave with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But you're right. You do remember. Remember those one? That I remember for years and years and years, there was a guy, Ron Swamboda, on the Mets years ago who made a diving catch. Didn't do much else. Yeah. It was like, the dude dove. Yeah. And it was it's like, like, it's like it. he could fly. It builds, yeah. the, it builds the legend. Yeah. I, I caught an Ozzy Smith foul ball. The only time I ever caught a foul what? ball. Uh, yeah, it was Easter Sunday, like maybe 1990, something like that. He just wow. it, it was screaming down the left, uh, like third baseline. And, it, and I... I mean, I, I didn't actually catch it, but I knocked it down with my hands Wait, and then I picked it up. This story is breaking yes. down the more you talk, man. It's like, I caught it. Wait, well, I didn't catch it, but I looked at it. But I didn't see it. I wasn't there. <laughs> it was on TV. Okay. We were listening to the radio. Right. I was, it, was, it was a radio, not my radio. I was, I was hanging at somebody's house. <laughs> they told me about it. So. <laughs> you go to Chicago, and but music is your first love, right? Yeah, man. I wanted to be a rapper, I wanted to be a gangster, all that, and none of it worked out the way I thought it was going to, but it, it, it circled back when I was able to do music comedy, which is like a beautiful thing. And it's it's very cool, because, so, but you, you found out you're making people laugh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you used to get free food at McDonald's for making people laugh at McDonald's. Yeah, so, okay, so, so the story is, people that are just sitting here randomly, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, so I, I was in between jobs, because where I was living at, I had worked, I had worked like 50 jobs, like yeah. at that point, maybe 35. 
everybody. <laughs> and in a lot in that area, so I couldn't get hired anywhere. So I, I would just do what people that are unemployed do. They go to the gym, and then uh, and I would visit my friends at work. And, uh, and some of my friends worked at McDonald's, so I would go up there, and I would crack jokes for, like, maybe half hour, an hour sometimes, and they would just, like, give me free food every day. So I didn't know if I was hilarious or they just thought I was so homeless. <laughs> Either way. It worked. It worked. You know but what I'm you saying? Know, it's, it surprised me because, obviously, so you're coming out on the music side, and you hear a lot of people. I think there's a lot that, you know, the old joke is that musicians want to be comedians and comedians want to do music, and yeah. it goes back and forth. But the first time I started to see you, I'm like, this guy's got it. Because you were, you were just... I, I was drawn to you, you know, whatever you were in, and, and we're big fans of pop star and never stop, uh, never stopping. Bless you, yeah. Bless and and uh, Hunter the Hungry is just such a <laughs> such a great character, and you're 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 just so kinetic, and 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 in that I think, but but you yourself were not sure of your chops at that point, or did did you when when did you make that fork in the road? When did you go the comedy way completely uh, and just say okay, forget music for now? Well, because I had put everything into music, like I had, this is it's kind of the only thing I had, had chased up until this point it was like twenty. I was twenty three, right? Then and uh, and I had used my whole check yet again for another <laughs> studio session, and and I was like, I had like twenty five dollars to my name because it's expensive. A gang of songs, and I was like, Am I gonna just keep doing this? Yeah, like, is this because I had tried so much? I mean, I tried hard, like like uh, unrelentingly hard. I, I don't think I said that word right, but uh, <laughs> you, you said it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, man, I just I think I should just take a break and figure out if there's another route for me, which was the first time I had to be real, be real with myself to take a step back. So uh, I was depressed for a long time about that, and then like a like a half a year, year later, I um I was I saw a commercial for Second City, and and I was like, oh maybe I maybe I could do this, you know. And uh, and my the parents, legendary Second City. Yeah, so they're just running like like open casting or what? No, there's there's a beginner classes where you can ah. pay a lot of money to walk around a room with other adults <laughs> uh, <laughs> and play pretend. Yeah, it's like you're a tree now. All right, business man, like a guy in a full suit. Yeah. Just being a tree, you know? <laughs> uh, and it was, I was like, well, maybe that. And I know my parents did not like me rapping. They had to really warm up to that. And then when I was, I went back to the, when I went to visit them, I was like, "Yo, I think I'm gonna uh, get into comedy." And my dad was like, "Oh, Second City, yeah, that's cool." And my mom was like, "Another dream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to school, Jesus." Oh. <laughs> uh, but it worked out. Kudos to you yeah. though for 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 biting the bullet and going and going, figuring, okay, I need to put in my time and going yeah. to do the classes. A lot of people yeah. wouldn't do that, but you started doing stand up as well. I did. That's yeah, that same time I was I was out. I had already been hosting some stuff. Yeah. As and uh and so I knew I had jokes, but I wasn't really studying the art of of stand up comedy in the right way. So when I started doing um improv and sketch, I was like, oh, let me really let me really dive in and try to find what my voice is. Well, there's there seems to be there's there's sketch people and there's stand up people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and there's some like two that gangs can, that, that are can nerds. nerds. Some, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. some people can marry it and make it make it work. Like uh, SNL can. Yeah, I yeah. mean, well, to an example like Brewer. Brewer is a stand up dude. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. he, he worked hard in the clubs and all that. And mm-hmm. you know, we've had him on the show many times. He's like, I went and tried this thing at Saturday Night Live. I just basically did my stand up routine. Yeah. And he found a way to get into sketch comedy, but it still wasn't really his. Thing, you know what I mean? Well, I, there are people that I loved co- coming up that could do it really well, like you know, like Eddie, uh, yeah. they, you know, and, and Chappelle. So it's like 
those I, I wanted to always be a, a stand up that could act and I cuz I love acting. If I didn't I wish I didn't love acting as much as I do mm. cuz it would be way easier just to be a, a stand up and uh not balance especially in Chicago cuz it's so we're so uh, we're so split in a lot of ways, but in, in the comedy scene when I was coming up, yeah, you you either picked one or the other. You would, would they look down at you or would you would you yeah. catch some guff so if you were the improv guy coming into a stand up room yeah. they'd be like well, they, who's this They dude? thought you're selfish. Okay. Like, because they're like you you could you you, you, you just want to be up there by yourself. <laughs> improv is a team sport. Mm-hmm. And then you would go to open mics and they're like, What are you doing that nerd improv for? You're yeah. stand up. <laughs> and then as soon as it started working, they were like Oh, so what class did you take? You know? <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. Let me ask you, what are you then? Um, I'm a comedian. Okay, you're not a musician. Uh, I and a, and a musician. I, I think I, all of it, all of it is a tool belt. You know yeah. what I'm, saying? I, I'm Batman, and <laughs> all of it is a tool belt. So improv and sketch, I use it all to like. One's going to help the other. Yeah. And so when, when you know we're talking to you, I, I can't help but think of Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, yes. and. And I don't know if Childish Gambino would have ever been able to take off had it not been for Parks and Rec, right? Right. Uh, so, you, you know. Oh, no, no, no. Community. Uh, or, community. Or, or community. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, wrong show. Same network. Same network. Um, but, uh, you know, one begot the other. And so what did he want to start out as? Was he a musician first or was he an actor? And now he does stand-up, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he... I, I, I don't, is he is he is he doing stand up anymore? No, uh, no, I don't think he's so. done. He's he did a special. He, he, he did a special. Really I, I remember seeing a special. Uh, I think he was ra- he was rapping be- he was rapping before uh, too. Right. I don't really know when he started. Uh, I should call him. I don't know when he started, but I I know that he his music's always been dope. And, right. and, and like him like like separating that with his own. I, like with the Childish Gambino situation. But like one was able to feed the other. And, yeah. and so are, are you getting to a point in your in your career where you feel like uh, maybe the music career might be able to take off as yeah. a result of what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, I love doing music comedy. And so... Uh, and you won an Emmy for it. I did. I mean, for the, which was crazy. Cause that I never blow your mind. Yeah, it did, I'm still wrapping my head around it now. Like uh, For people I, don't know, explain what... You, it was a song you did on SNL. Yeah, yeah. It was a song we did on SNL, uh, Come Back with Rock, and I wrote it with my uh, writing partner, uh, Will Steven, and we won an Emmy for it. And I, we didn't go in like, we're writing an Emmy song. Today, like, I think that's an insane thought to have. Yeah. Uh, but when it happened, it was like, oh, this is crazy. It's kind of like set some new goals of like how, like where where this could take you. You know, if if you write some good jokes and the timing is cool. Yeah. Uh, so like, I I just I always knew I wanted to do music. I always knew I wanted to do comedy music. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know I wanted to do it that much. But that's why I, I, I half the reason why I went out for SNL because I wanted to be challenged in that way. Wow. Uh, and I wanted to see. If, if I could, if I could, like even following the footsteps of, of, of the big bros, like the Lonely Island and, and Weird Al's and all the people who came before me, I really loved. Well, it's working. Well, thank you, man. Say a long way to go. Just, just get started, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about uh, Kanye because uh, he's yeah. such an, uh, a complex person. I, I don't really know if I like him or not. I don't know if that even matters. I think that's the point. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I'm just trying yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you threw me off. The, was, what if I just walked off? Just right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dog. yeah. But he's got to be. Right? And that would make sense. That would work. If you just disappeared into a Kanye cloud, that would make sense. I think that I like your impression of Kanye more than I like Kanye himself because I, I end up laughing at yours and, and it, I just find it to be hilarious. Do you 
Do you like Kanye? Does I, that matter? I love Kanye. Uh, I, I, you know, from Chicago, grew up on Kanye. When he made it, it was such a big deal for people in music. And it was just, and you know, he was like the underdog who who made it. Like, no one believed in the kid. And then, like, all of a sudden, it was like a like he was the biggest thing in the city. Uh, I also met him when I was a child. Uh, and I handed him a mixtape when he was just getting popular. And he was like, nah. <laughs> Yo, and so I learned real early that I might not like him as a person. Oh, okay. But I, but I, like, I loved his music, you know what I mean? You know, he just did a thing, and I was reading about it. Letterman has a new series, an interview series yeah. on, on Netflix. I love and that so series. he sat down with it, uh, sat down with Kanye, and some of the, the, the uh, quotes I was reading, it's kind of interesting because he goes into the bipolar stuff. Mm-hmm. And he explains, he starts to explain, and, I, and in a way I'm like, oh, this. so this is what he's battling with. And, and he, he says... You know, when he goes, has a bipolar situation that everyone runs in and tries to help and does exactly the wrong thing. And, uh-huh. like, like makes it, you know, so he, it, it's, in a way, you can say, okay, I, I, maybe I understand him a little bit more. Because I, I have to say, there, uh, you know, uh, the more I hear of some of his stuff, he does seem to be, a, uh, and I'm not, you know. He's, not, he's a musical he's genius. A bit of a, he's an innovator, yeah, you know. But I, but I have a love for him, and I think that's why I love the impression so much is because I don't, <laughs> there are things I won't make fun of him for. Right, right. You know what I mean? And, like and, what? Uh, I mean, just by... Like, I won't harp on the mental issues of it because it's like, you know, I'm I, I'm depressed. I be, I'm not depressed all the time. I'm yeah. not going to, like, make... I'm not gonna make fun of that specifically. You know what I mean? I, I would I would much rather you can still make bad decisions no matter what you're going through. And uh you can say things the wrong way. And I I'm a fan, so I feel like when he's making me mad for <laughs> for decisions he's making or like he's doing something wild, I can speak on that without without it coming from a hateful place. And I think that's the important thing. Right. Yeah. I, I always get that, yeah. I I feel like though the Kanye the the human being is always just trying to drop knowledge mm-hmm. and he's never mm-hmm. just he's never just talking to somebody. He's always trying There's to There's a like, reason teach you something yeah. and like sometimes i don't feel like learning you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah no there's a, he, he's that's the thing of that's the important thing is like he's always really in the right in his mind he's in the right and he has a purpose and a point and a lot of times he does it w- here and then when it comes out, you're like, what? Well, you know what I'm saying? You're exactly right, because he'll, he'll sit down with somebody where and he'll get metaphysical, and he'll be, he's being interviewed by, like, Jerry Springer. He's like, yeah. maybe this, maybe just, maybe yeah. a little bit lighter for this interview. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're, like, you're like, so that's why Caterpillar rides on a cloud. I was like, well, okay, I do believe the world should be one. <laughs> but that other stuff is crazy. What, where did Caterpillar come from? Uh, you don't hear me, fam? You know? <laughs> I wanted to ask you about uh, the. We we're talking about pop star, and it's, yeah. again, it's such a great movie. And I, and I was saying off air that it's it's going to reach that. It's already, I think, well on its way to being one of those iconic cult movies that people need to go back and rediscover. Awesome. Uh, you know, and and uh, your character in it is is so good. Working with the Lonely Island guys and with Andy Samberg and and uh, Tim Meadows, what was that experience like? It was amazing, man. It was like my it was, it was my first movie. I'm stumbling because I still get like so excited about that movie. Was it hard not to fanboy out when you're around? Because they were. Uh, by the way, there was uh, Pink and Mariah Carey and all these other people were in the oh, movie as well. All of those people I had different interactions with. Yeah. So, um, like, like the Lonely Island, I was very nervous to meet Andy and them, and then they came in, started talking basketball, and I was like, oh, they regular dudes. This is cool, <laughs> and they are. They're very chill. 
uh, meeting uh, Tim. Tim Meadows was dope. Like yeah. he's just like a big bro, like more like an uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like a cool <laughs> uncle though. You know. <laughs> and uh, and I love I love Tim. I see him. I see him pretty much all the time when I'm like in Chicago or anytime we're in the same city. Yeah, we kind of link up and and he was and he helped me out a lot. And I was just on set. They let me come hang when I'm not even shooting, just to kind of because I was just I was soaking everything up, man. And it was like. I mean, I I just wanted to come there and do the best that I could because I was the least known person uh, with 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 lines. So I, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna make sure that I just like kill it every day. You did. I bring, I bring this improv to it. When I met Mariah Carey, I was a little, I was geeking. I smelled her before I, I saw her. <laughs> Ooh, what you smell like? Oh man, like if cotton candy <laughs> had perfume of angels. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if cotton candy had perfume of angels. Yeah, like wow. if cotton candy got up and was like. <laughs> like you already cotton candy, you don't need none. I saw her. Um, I, I'm actually a huge Mariah Carey fan, and yeah. I saw her in Philly a couple of months ago. It was I was blown away with how great the concert was. And by the way, it was loud. Yeah. I mean, I started getting a headache by the end of the show because yeah. I was like, okay, I've been to rock shows that aren't this loud. It was yeah. awesome. Oh man, was yeah. she cool she, to you? She's oh, she's amazing. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, she's and she's from New York, so we just, yeah. you know, and I, I love New York. This was before I lived there, but I always wanted to live there, and so we started talking about New York and Chicago, and she was just like a cool, down to earth person, and that made her even doper to me. Yeah, uh, the person who rocked who rocked me. Uh, I, I wasn't, I'm not like a huge like fan person. Right, I mean? right. So I, at least, at least not in theory. So I, I never <laughs> met people. So Theoretically, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I never, so, so when I met him, that's when I realized how much of a fan I was. And one one day on set, Angelina Jolie came. Wow. Um, unannounced. And uh, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, it's like a flash <laughs> of all these things I've ever seen her in. I'm like, yeah. I'm a fan of this person. <laughs> and I was going through set, talking to everybody, and she showed up, and I clammed up. I, I couldn't think. And and then she came. Did you meet her face to face? Man, they sent her over to me because they know, they saw me freaking out in the uh, corner. I was just sitting in the corner just like, oh, man, Angelina Jolie is here. <laughs> and, like, the loudest person on set became the quietest person on set. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Like, Angelina Jolie is here. So she came up dressed real normal, brought her kids. Uh, and, and she came up and she was like, hey, um... You know where I can get some water? There's tons of people that uh, their job was to do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I knew I was being pranked, but I couldn't. She was just out. You know, she's hurt. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I, I don't even know what water is. <laughs> <laughs> and, so she, and I'm like, man, she thinks I have a real issue in my head. Oh, <laughs> it's a face to face, so she's pretty, pretty stunning. Oh man, yeah. And yeah. She, was, she was like casually dressed, like she, yeah. And that's what made it cooler to me that she was just like. It's a cool, it's a, just, ah, she's perfect. There's something, though, <laughs> and, and, and that it does where there is a thing that, that makes somebody, we met Kate Beckinsale mm. on the on the set of, uh, it was she's after, after cool. Pearl Harbor for the press yeah. junket at Pearl Harbor. And Preston, when she came over, we we were, oh. we didn't know how to talk. Well, yeah. she's absolutely gorgeous. Yep. On top of that, she's very funny. Yeah. 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 So she's so funny. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, there was a bit of an SNL connection uh, there as well. Oh, I wouldn't even reference yeah. that. I was just saying she's a funny person. Yeah. 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 So sure. so with with the show, with the with Popstar, there's a sequence that just is hilarious where you're, you and Connor for real are going back and forth <laughs> and you are, he, you're, you, he was set up on stage. Yeah. And, 
Is it, did you improv that in the moment? You're 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 admitting to doing it, and then you're denying doing it back and forth for about a minute and a half. So that was one of the scenes that that was already done for the audition. Okay, and one of the scenes I think that's probably the scene that got me the, the job. It's I think. freaking hilarious. Um, but it's the funny, still hands down one of the funniest things I've done. And uh, just that, like, from writing it to just finding the game and yeah. just extending it. But I had so many. I, we did that for a long time. It was all of our favorite scenes to do. And uh, we, <laughs> we. I mean, man, if you saw the outtakes, there's, like, so many versions of, of that. Because I, I had, like, five different ways I wanted to do it. And we played each and every one of them those ways uh, that day. But I was looking forward to that day, man, for, for a long time. We it, just had so much it worked fun well. It. I, I wanted to ask you for the SNL uh, audition, um, which is always a, like a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. Did you go up and just do stand-up? Did you do characters? What did you do? Uh, when I was touring, um, well, I'm still touring. I don't know yeah. when I was. <laughs> uh, but like at that time, I was touring and I was doing a bunch of I was doing a bunch of characters in my in my show because I do that I do that anyway. Right. And uh, and I, and I had a lot of stand-up bits in there, so I was like, yo, I'll go. I just basically truncated what I do in my show. Made it more character heavy, but I like, made sure that I had stand up bits in there that would set stuff up. Were you spreading really well. bullets? No, nah, because it was my second time, and my first my first year was so hectic because uh, like uh, somebody said I got the show and I didn't get the show, and so oh yeah, so I had had to deal with this whole thing for like a year in Chicago, and so <laughs> I was kind of like over it. And then they were like, "Yo, I'm gonna come back in," and I was like, and they, "People had just stopped talking about uh, me not getting this show," and then I was like, "I kind of didn't want to do it." But then I, I knew I, in my heart I wanted to. So, sure. So when I came back in, I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. that like, I don't care how this goes. I'm, I'm, I'm me. <laughs> but that, that helped, though. It helped yeah. me not be so yeah. nervous about it. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I, I had just worked so hard over that year that I just felt good, had a couple drinks. When it, I would not suggest that if that's not your thing. Uh, I was in a work, I was in a place. <laughs> uh, I don't want to, you know any kids like, oh, that's all I need to do. <laughs> get hammered, you know, get real hammered, and go in there and audition. Like, don't please don't do that. Uh, but I, but I went in there and I, you know, and I just did all of my characters that I, that I um that that really I really wanted to do and. And it just worked out. Excellent. All right, so you're in town um, basically for Roots Picnic, right? So yeah. you can expect, uh, uh, we're doing some stand-up comedy. I know uh, Black Thought's going to do some stand-up, too. No kidding. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to be talk- I'm gonna be telling stories, man. I'm going to be telling jokes. I- I'm a joke teller, you know what I mean? Uh, you may see some kind, you may not. Please don't <laughs> yell out impressions because oh, I'm man. not an impressionist. I love doing the impressions, but I'm not a guy who's like, all right, for the next impression. Right. <laughs> I also don't know why I became a 1960s auctioneer. <laughs> For <laughs> my next impression. Yes, right <laughs> for that impression today. Yeah, yeah. I will do that all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, feast your eyes on barbecue. <laughs> no, it is, it's annoying when people ask for impressions. But, Chris, I did want to ask you one more uh, SNL-related yeah. question. Um, I, I saw an interview recently with Dana Carvey who said that Lauren Michaels barely sleeps. And he goes out until, like, 6 or 7 Yo, in the morning. Is that true? Lauren can kick it. Still. Yes, she's that, a G, man. Wow. He's a G. He, I, I'll, I'll be looking around, people like going home, and Lauren's sitting right there, just like chilling. It's like four in the morning. Like, Lauren, you ever get tired? Like, no. <laughs> he's a G, man. He's awesome. But he's sort of still the ringleader on all of this, right? Yeah, man. He, I, I, that was the most impressive thing uh, that was was watching when, when we do like a dress rehearsal right before the show, and, and, and we have to do notes, and he goes through the whole show and does barely looks at his sheet and like can tell you. 
like what you need to change in each sketch through a, throughout like a, a two hour show. It's wow. insane. Yeah, and it's I mean he just he has a super passion for this, and I you know I don't know how I would run run without him. Man, he's dope. It's a talent, yeah. man. Definitely. And he did not pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're glad you're in town, man. Thanks for making time to come by here. We appreciate it. Oh, man. It. Thank you guys for having me yeah. before the popular guy. <laughs> you're the popular Anytime. guy, too. Anytime. Chris Red, guys. Yeah, here yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. You got it, man. Take care. We're going to come back in just a moment. Yeah, Adrian Zemet's going to be on the show when we get back. Make sure. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We had a great time in uh, Florida over the weekend. Obviously, we broadcast live from uh, Spectrum Field. and uh, But other things occurred besides all the uh, the baseball. We After uh, the game uh, went our separate ways, some of us had, you know, I have family in town, so I went and spent time with them. Casey had some family things that were going on in another part of the state. And, and so anyhow, we, we kind of split up. But Casey told me his interesting little story. Because uh, you went off to Disney, right? I did. I did. Yeah. So um, my nephew was playing baseball in Disney, so I wanted to go and check him out. And uh, yeah, long story short on that one, I totally missed the game because I got into the line for the Avatar ride, which took three hours. And <laughs> oh, you missed the game missed for the game? whole reason <laughs> to go there. The whole reason you missed there. the game. By the way, he, he went uh, uh, two for two. He had with a monster game. Monster game with, yeah. with two doubles. One of the doubles off the wall. Stole third, stole home. Had a you know, run scored and an <laughs> RBI. Home. Yeah. So I missed that to wait in line at the Avatar to game. To go on a ride that you've already been on. It's a great ride, Steve. <laughs> Was it worth it? Um, well, I had a screaming headache, like, all day. I woke up at 8.30 with this headache, Ugh. um, and, you know, I took some Advil right up, right away. Thanks, Uncle Case. Thanks. Listen, to, <laughs> listen to this. So I take the Advil right away, because it was like a dehydration headache, you know what yeah. I mean? I could, I, I could just feel it, and it wasn't working. So I'm slamming water, slamming power, it doesn't work. I get back to the car at the, uh, after we get done in Animal Kingdom, I'm like, I got to take more Advil. So I go to take more Advil, and it's at that point that I realized that the first time I didn't actually take Advil, I took Zantac, which is uh, acid control. I took, and I was like, oh my God, can you overdose on oh, Zantac? You, you took three four? I took, well, I took three of them, and you're only supposed to take one of those things. And they last for like... A long time. Like the whole day they're supposed yeah. to last. But, but he thought he was taking three ibuprofen. Yeah. And, and, Steve, I'm telling you, I couldn't, like, when we're walking in Animal Kingdom after the ride, it was a little warm. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this all day, man. I just, you know, I, I, I've drank as much as I could possibly drink at this point. I just don't know if I can, if I can do this all day. Because, you know, I had the rest of the day to go to, you know... Hollywood studios and all that stuff. And you didn't want to miss the game. <laughs> and I had already missed the game. Uh, did your head hold on, let me just ask, did your headache get worse throughout the day? Yep. Okay, because I'm just looking at the side effects, uh, and severe headache is one of them. Yeah. Oh my god, seriously? Yes. Oh yeah. my god. Headache sometimes severe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you took three. I took three of them. In an in an effort to fight a headache. Yeah. Uh-huh. I fed it. With a, he fed it. I fed it. I uh-huh. fed the headache. You should have just slammed your head in your car door. 
And it's weird. Here, let me show you how I made this mistake. Talk amongst yourselves while you get okay. these right. okay. And then I'll, I'll add on to this yeah. because once he did realize the mistake he made, he took Advil. And then, like an hour later, he felt great the rest of the oh, day. Oh, man. Ate up all that time feeling miserable in Disney because he took the wrong thing. All right, so let me show you the two pill bottles that they came in. Yeah, I felt great. 15 minutes later, after actually taking ibuprofen, felt wonderful. And I crushed it the rest of the day. Are these prescribed? No, 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 no. It's It's ibuprofen, and it's over the counter. They look exactly the same. Rotate the bottles. Rotate the bottles, and there's the difference now. Yeah, Yeah, very similar. Not even that far off. Well, Advil's pills now look like, uh, was it? Zantac. Zantac. I mean, I say Zantac, but it's uh, Signature Care Acid oh, it's Maximum it's Strength. Oh, acid and, and that's uh, that's generic. Generic. Okay. Generic, yeah. The, so the what does it say? So same shape pill and everything? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean. Just a lighter color. Case okay. is still that brownish color, but yeah. uh, slightly lighter. It yeah. could have been worse. I, mean, I see. It could have been worse. I mean, it really could have been worse. Yeah. It really, really could have been worse. I mean, the worse you were taking an anti-acid drug. I see the hotline ringing. It's got to be Dr. Mike. Oh, man. <laughs> did you tell You're him? I did not. I did not. Well, what am I getting in trouble for? I, you need to look at that bottle. That's, well, just his, that's him. That's no. him. Or, or he's going to tell me, <laughs> well, you shouldn't take Zantac. Take Protonix. <laughs> Let's see if you're right. He's watching out for your well-being. Yeah. Uh-huh. The good doctor is on the line from Penn Medicine and Fox 29. Dr. Mike Sirica. Hey! Good morning, Dr. Mike. I swear, I come out of a patient room. I, I'm, I'm a P1. I always have MMR on all day long. And what do I hear? I hear Casey saying, I, you know. It's unbelievable. So, Casey, so number one, um, I don't – now, look, you, you said two things I have to respond to. One, you only take those uh, like protonics and drugs like that if you really, really have to. Those are called proton pump inhibitors. And so I have a little bit of an issue with, with you know, the fact that they, they're very powerful drugs. They're useful in certain circumstances. But I actually agree with things like Zantac or Pepsi. Those are H2 blockers, and they don't have some of the side effects that we're concerned about uh, with the with those other drugs so but but you brought up a good point and that is medication errors happen all the time mm. and so you were thinking you were taking Zantac because I suppose you had reflux no it was the other way around I had a headache and I thought I was taking ibuprofen and the, took- the two pill bottles are like identical in size and color and all of that and I took three uh, signature care acid control pills instead of three ibuprofen. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, the thing is, one, you, you don't want to take, uh, you know, too much Zantac. That, that's a problem. But the other thing is, um, you, why did you have both? Oh, that's a good question. Um, because I, I do suffer from, like, acid. I don't know if it's acid. Heartburn. Heartburn. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. Tums doesn't do it for me anymore. So I always make sure I have that on me. And I always make sure that I have Advil on me. All right. So the Advil certainly is not going to help your reflux. You know that. Right. But I didn't have reflux. I had a headache. But you took the Zantac by mistake. Yes. yes. All right. See so right. yes. so you. So you, you weren't really focused. It on the moment. No. Take, right. No, it's first thing in the morning, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you, Mike. He took so he took the three Zantex, uh or the three whatever it was, the prescri- the generic. And uh, are there any? Could there have been any um, big complications from that? Well, was it Zantac seventy five? Was it seventy five milligrams? It was. All right. It was store brand. It was maximum strength. 
So it was 150 milligrams. Oh, well, it, well it, she says, uh, Marissa's handing it to me. She says, yeah, it's 75 milligrams. Oh, right. 75. So that's not the maximum dose over the counter. Okay. So what you need to do is realize that if you take three of the 150s, it, it may have been a problem, but but you're okay. 75 <laughs> milligrams is well within, If you, even if you took three, it's well within in the range of... Uh, uh, no, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was three 150s. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> read it. Did you take three 150s? I took three. So you're took... still confused. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we need to get a pill bottle. Right? You know, one of those dispensaries like I have for my mother. Oh, yeah, like and, Monday, and... Tuesday, Wednesday, 8 a.m., 5 p.m. Yeah. Mike, right. he's, he's also had a 48-hour erection. So. <laughs> we don't know what that yeah. is, bro. We don't know what that's about. Well, that's called priapism, but uh, <laughs> you can go there if you want. You take three Viagras, you'll have that, maybe. Uh. I don't know. But the the bottom line is is that when people do that, and this happens all the time, mainly with blood pressure medicine yeah. and things like that, you just have to be very, very careful because there could be serious consequences. Now, in your case, I, I, I don't see anything that's really a problem for you, but I think that the the take-home message or the teaching point is that you just have to be very careful because say you took a blood thinner and Mm -hmm. you took three of those, that happens. And so people need to realize you have to really focus on what you're taking. You can't be distracted. And certainly you need to, where they, they were actually in the pill bottles, you just didn't read the label. Exactly. Well, yeah, because I just had, saw the back of the bottle. They really look similar. I mean, they look. Yeah. They look. Uh, I, I'm surprised that there's not that much more delineation between the way these things are yeah. set up. Just, just, just on the industry side, that they would make sure that there was. I mean, I don't know how that's handled, but it would be so easy to confuse these. Well, and 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 that's why it happens all the time, and that's why I wanted to chime in because really, uh, uh, medication confusion is a big problem in terms of when to take it. If you took too much, uh, sometimes you have to go to the ER. If if you take too much of a heart medicine, you might need to go to the emergency room because you could end up with very very low blood pressure. You might end up with a very slow heart rate, uh, and in the, in terms of blood thinners, you you can bleed. Now, so, Mike, he did say he noticed an inflammation in his labia majora. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard that from him before. <laughs> it's, a, it's a common thing with him. It's a theme. Yeah, okay. But, but, uh, nothing to be <laughs> scared about. Uh, right. Nothing to be uh, concerned about. Okay. But, All right. Uh, good. Uh, just be careful and and listen. One other thing: if yeah. the reflux continues, Casey, then you need to consider doing an upper endoscopy because you could have a precancerous condition known as Barrett's esophagus. Yay! <laughs> so you want to make sure if if you have to take a lot of Zantac and you do it regularly, uh, you need to see me. It's 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 actually a good idea. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. a lot? Uh, more than once a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll come see you in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Uh, yeah, you right. just need to do that. I I have Barrett's. I I uh, had an endoscopy, and you just have to watch it. Now I get one every three years because that thing can turn, and you have to watch it. All right, we'll put you two in touch with each other. And Doctor Mike, yeah. my elbows to hurt, so you got to get you got to get in touch with me soon. All right. Uh, listen. Yeah. Call me. Uh, okay. Call, I'll call me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. All right. We'll see you later. That must have sucked, though. Oh, my God, man. Because I'm telling you, day. we're walking around Animal Kingdom after we get off this. And by the way, the Avatar ride was supposed to be a, about two hours. We get halfway into That's the ride. That's a long ride. Well, yeah, but it's kind of worth it. So we, But we get in line, Steve, and we're in line for about an hour, almost an hour. We're at the end of the line. And they go, 
We're having technical difficulties. We have to shut down. I guess they have a couple of different chambers that you can oh, ride in. Um, so we're going to be running at, at, a, at a slower rate than normal. And so two hours turn into three hours. Uh, if you have any Zantex, we recommend you take it now. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you got there, and then at least you missed the baseball game. <laughs> at least I missed the baseball game. And at least you I was just so glad game. I could be there to miss it. <laughs> I'm going to go to, hang on, Erica made a mistake with uh, some uh, medicine at one point. Hi, Eric, you're on the air. Good morning. You guys rock. Thank you. Appreciate it. So what did you do, man? Besides, you know, Casey took uh, Zantac instead of uh, ibuprofen. What did you do? It actually wasn't medicine, but it was along the same lines. I woke up early one morning. I forget. I had an appointment or something, dead tired, whatever it was. And I go to brush my teeth only to realize that instead of toothpaste, I had put desitin on my toothbrush. Desitin? Yeah, like, you know, baby... For diaper rash. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, the problem is, the toothpaste that we were... I forget what toothpaste we were using at the time, but the, like, Casey, exact same color, writing everything, but somebody in my house put this... Like on the back of the sink where the toothpaste is. That's great. I went and reached, and I, I never got it in my mouth. But I like as I'm as I'm putting it on the toothpaste, I realize the consistency is a little thick, and and then I get this smell, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with this toothpaste? And I'm looking at the tube and the thing. I'm like, oh no! So I had to like completely like go sure. to the closet, get a brand new toothbrush, pay for my appointment. I was mad. Mm. You didn't try other things like maybe Vagisil. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would, Why not? Sometimes you can invent new things oh if you screw around. Oh, my God, Eric. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, he reminded me of it's about four months ago, and it was one of those mornings where I'm like, you know, cats are jumping up and down on the thing because mm-hmm. they all have to watch me brush my teeth and so on and so forth, and I'm there, and I, I and I look down, and I don't know the um, the sequence of events that led to it, but I'm holding my Harry's razor in my hand, and on the edge of the razor is a thin strip of toothpaste. Well, I put toothpaste on on your face. <laughs> on the blade no, of the razor. Like it was toothbrush. Oh, my God. Like I was going to shave. Oh, my God. Steve, I've taken um, toothpaste and uh, tried to apply it as deodorant. <laughs> Okay. So I can relate. Like, you just right. pick up the thing. You're in the bathroom. Right. You're completely zoning out. Right. And you pick up something that you know has to do with your cleaning or getting less smelly process and then uh, apply toothpaste this, under my arm. Because your your protocol is yeah. screwed, or your, your your methodology or whatever the, in your mind. And I'm the most beautiful thin line of toothpaste across the edge of the razor. I don't think they make uh, mousse anymore for hair. But in the 19... Do they? Sure. Okay. In the 1980s, it was... You know, that's what everybody did. And I, I one time, I tried to shave with it. <laughs> I thought it was shaving cream. I put it in my hand. It, was, it must have been early. And no, because when you, uh, like shaving cream, when you kind of pat together, you yeah. kind of thicken it up a little bit. Yeah. And, I, and it moose, your hand just goes right through it and it just flattened out. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Idiot. Uh, let me go to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. It's all good, Lisa. What's up? So I'm at work one day and my husband calls. He's watching my two younger kids who are like five and three at the point. And he says to me, you have to come home. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, something's really, really wrong. And I'm going, what in the world happened, Ray? And he's like, I'm peeing orange. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I better come home. Something's wrong. And I'm a teacher. So I like leave my classroom. 
I get home. He's like, I don't know. I had this sinus infection, and I took a Sudafed. And I'm going, oh, my God, and this is the reaction from it? <laughs> and finally, I'm like, let me grab the Sudafed so that I can bring it to the hospital with us. Yeah. And sure enough, it was a UTI medicine. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> What is urinary tract. Urinary tract. Oh, oh, oh my God! And it makes your pee yellow, bright, 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 bright neon yellow. yellow. God, that's hilarious. Uh, and did did he have to worry about? Uh, and that that's for women to take, right? Or does it matter? Yeah. Okay, it's usually for women to take. Yep. Mm. <sighs> and he's not a woman. Yes, yeah, that'll that'll screw you up. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Let me, oh, go ahead. Let me go over here to uh, John. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good, man. What? Uh, tell us about uh, the mistake you made. Uh, it wasn't medicine, but um, one morning uh, the restaurant was opened up near me, and my wife wanted me to take my kids on job interviews because they were, you know, needed jobs. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty hungover, mm-hmm. and I just ran into her bathroom and did my hair and thought I was applying hairspray to my hair. We took the kids to the interview, and I said, you know what? I bartend. I'll sit. Uh, I'll sit in for an interview too. See if I can get a night or two here. Mm-hmm. Little did I know, like I said, it was my wife's deodorant I put in my hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spray-on deodorant, okay. I was turning gray by the minute. <laughs> I think I'm killing this interview. I'm like, I've got this job. And here the guy was a good-looking guy, but bald, and kept saying, uh-huh, and just kept, like, looking up at my hair. I'm like... I was like that Benjamin Button guy. Yeah, yeah. you're aging right before him. I go, home, I go home, and I'm driving down 95 to go to my other job. And I look into your mirror, and I'm completely gray. I look like Phil Donahue. <laughs> and I, I slammed the brakes on. I called home. I said, what the hell is going on? And my kid's like, Dad, we just thought you were turning gray. We didn't want to hurt your feelings. I'm like, I don't <laughs> And needless to say, I did not get the job. Right. <laughs> of course. Uh, 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 That's hilarious. Thanks, John. Uh, it was, couple it was of, interesting. A couple of texts come in. Somebody thought they were using <clears throat> body spray. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. spray all over. Sure. And they were using hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. This stuff's like glue. Uh huh. Yeah. Spraying your whole yeah. body what, like that. What's What's the weirdest thing you've used? Because uh, when you run out of uh, shaving cream, mm. I, use I, soap. I will go to soap. Yeah. Um, you know what works is uh, conditioner. Really? Yeah. If you run out of shaving cream and you have conditioner, I actually use that on. Uh, over the weekend in, in Florida. I okay. used up so my wife had this expensive, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> moisturizer. Oh, God. Like, I just, I hope, she never mentioned it. It was, like, from Joseph Anthony. I'm sure this stuff was, like, crazy. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm like, can, will this work? And you're doing it, you're shaving. It's like, seems to work. And, but, I mean, I smell like lavender for right. like a month. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I have uh, Anthony. Anthony, good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, Anthony? Um, I'm a delivery driver, so um, I have, like, insomnia real bad a lot of times. So I have to take sleeping pills to go to sleep. Yep. So I woke up in the morning, I'm all groggy, you know, I need something to help me with that. I didn't have coffee, whatever. So at that point, I would take B12 in the morning to wake up, you know. But just like Casey, I'm just all out of it, whatever. And instead, I took my sleep. I took sleeping pills in the morning before I had to go do my delivery gig. Oh, my God. Dude, what did you do? Yeah, I mean, I just beasted it out. A lot of times, you know, you just got to beast it out, you know? I was just, the life is like crazy. Did you just say beef it out? Like, like beef? Like, yeah, just ate it up, you know, just went out and just did my job. You were driving around and doing sleeping pills in your system? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but, you know. You didn't kill anyone. 
I was, I was good, though, you know. I, uh, I know my body. I know. Next time, call in sick if that happens again. Thanks, right? Anthony. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. it, man. <laughs> All right, see you later. Beef it up, man. Yeah, yeah. man. I haven't heard that before. I, I hear your roast beef. Uh, let me go to... Uh, let me go to Taylor. Hey, Taylor, good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up, Taylor? Hey, so um, I uh, accidentally tripped on Tylenol one time. You tripped on Tylenol one time. Okay, what happened? Yeah. Well, I had taken too much. Um, I, I felt really bad, so I was taking naps, and then any time that I woke up, I would just take more, and I didn't realize that I almost took... Almost the entire container. You can OD on that. You, uh, you can yes. die. In fact, we know someone who did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I had. To, I actually had to go to the hospital um, the two, two days after that because I wasn't feeling myself, and I felt like I was coming off of acid. And I went to work, and then I my entire body felt like an icy hot, and I had to get one of my coworkers to drive me to the hospital. Yeah, um, and it was really scary. I didn't feel myself until like maybe five days after that. Yeah, that's um, you can do liver damage big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really scary. You're lucky. A lot of people think because it's like stuff for your headache or just over the counter. You know, oh okay, I guess I just keep taking it until I don't feel the. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, you got to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, you got lucky, Taylor. Okay. But was the, was the trip fun? <laughs> um, I, I actually kind of went on a date when I was really not feeling myself. Yeah, it it was really weird. I wasn't acting myself, so I just don't remember if I had a good time. Well, you just beefed it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. I'll go next to uh, Mary Beth. Hey, Mary Beth, you're on the air. Good morning. Remember Aquanet hairspray? Yeah, oh, yeah, the strongest ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Mega hold. Growing up, my dad, he never drank, and guess what happened the morning after he drank? What did he do? He sprayed the Aquanet under his arm <laughs> and brushed with the Brill Cream. Brushed with Brill Cream? That's yeah. hair cream. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, oh, my God. It was. Oh, yeah. It's something like he's been gone a long time, but that's one of those things that just makes you got to laugh and smile. Doesn't matter how long it's. He must have had some like Bon Jovi pits, though. I would think. Yeah. I just remember him go, What the hell? (laughs) I love it. Thanks, Mary Beth. This one I want to check out. I want to go to uh, Frank. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Dad Zook. Dad Zook, buddy. What's your story, ma'am? So I was using a nasal spray. Uh, right before I was going to school, I was like, you know, really late, so I'm hurrying, and I spray it in my nose, and it didn't feel even weird. I get on the bus, and my friend's like, dude, you got like a pink booger. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I start pulling it, and it's like a jelly, and suddenly my nose is completely clogged on the side, and then both sides start closing up, so I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> So I go into school. I go right to the nurse. I'm like, I can't breathe. There's big boogers. I don't know what to do. <laughs> big boogers. Yeah. What turned out, they sent me to the hospital. I put my grandmother's, um, I forget the name of it, but it's denture spray. Like, Oh, my God. Like denture spray of some kind. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so essentially I, glue. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. an adhesive. Yeah. Up my nose. So I was sniffing glue and like, I don't <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> your grandmother's oh, collagen up your nose. I love that, Frank. I, I kept the booger. It's seriously still somewhere in my closet. Oh my God! <laughs> Nasty. Of course, you got to keep something like that. Yeah, thanks, Frank. Something to give your grandkids. Appreciate it, Frank. Let's go to Toby. Hi, Toby. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey. Hey. What's 
up, Toby. So, my mother, who is sober, never drinks or does anything in her life, mm-hmm. had a headache at my brother's wedding. She took two what she thought were ibuprofen, and mm-hmm. they were two Oxycontins. Oh, oh, my God. God. Oh, my is God. Is she alive? Yeah. Huh? Is she alive? <laughs> She's alive, but she turned green and was acting like she was the drunkest person at the wedding. Wow. <laughs> two Oxycontins. Oh, my God. Two Oxycontins. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was got up in the morning one time and was Thanks drinking so. twisted tea. because <laughs> He didn't realize it was... It was twisted? It, it, well, he didn't know. He just he thought just it was a, tea. So my mom came home from mass, and my dad literally is just sitting at the kitchen table working on his homily because he was yeah. a deacon. And my mom's like, "What, are you, David? What are you doing?" <laughs> and he's like so confused because he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just sitting here to work on my homily, drinking some iced tea." Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's like you know, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. And you're drinking alcohol. <laughs> I can see making that mistake. It's hard to tell that it's got booze in it. Yeah, I mean, how t- much? T- t- any idea how much of it he drank? He drank like half of it, probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Long time. No, oh, excellent. Thanks for calling in. What's up? <laughs> Actually, I can relate to Casey. I had once uh, thought I was spraying some throat spray. And it tastes, tastes a little soapy. Okay. I looked at the bottle. There was a skull and crossbones. My my roommate put in flea and tick spray. Oh, oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, I called the veterinarian, and it was pyrethrin. And he he said, "Oh, you just get a headache. Don't worry." But <laughs> it had a skull and crossbones on it. Yeah, my roommate changed the bottle. <laughs> but, uh, Thanks. Wow. Didn't call the emergency room. He probably would have put me in the hospital. Jesus. Uh, wow, messed up. All right, thanks, Mike. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. Um, well, interesting, but Casey survived. I'm okay. His headache's good. Had a wonderful day Yeah. after that. Yeah. It was yeah. really great. And you, you got to see a great game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. To, you know what? I, I, I think about it, like, if I went there, mm, things maybe wouldn't have been the same, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, did you welcome, did you get Owen. to did you at least see your cousin and say sorry we missed your game? No, he was in Magic Kingdom, the only park we didn't go to. <laughs> oh, so, so uh, never even crossed paths. Honestly, no. you got to seize the moment if you have a chance to go down and oh, ignore right. a family member. Yeah. He also didn't know I was coming. So, oh, okay. So it was so like more of like a surprise. Didn't disappoint, okay. disappoint him. No, no, <laughs> no big whoop. Right. Yeah. Well, there's at least like, that. Why not go see him? I'm like, dude, he's with all his friends. Like, he does not want to run an Uncle Casey. All right, well, anyhow, thanks for sharing the story. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. Come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay with us. Ever wondered where to get the latest MMR gear? Maybe you should pay attention to these promos we worked so hard on. (laughs) I said, uh, never mind. Why, it's the MMR Rock Shop, of course, at WMMR.com. It's quite the upgrade from when we were selling stuff out of the trunk of that rusted-out 75 Chevy Nova. So log on and shop to your little heart's content. Tennis shops no longer required. From 93.3 WMMR. All the merch that rocks. We found John Schneider. Hey, how are you? Good, nice to you? see you. You know, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of the walking app on my GPS. <laughs> oh, I love to walk. Well, I was I was lost. Okay, I was, and it said I was like right here. And you know what? It was so interesting about the the time we live in now. I was across the street. <laughs> At at one, how do you say it? One, one bala. bala. One bala. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I said to like four people, 
Where is no? That's two. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah, in the yeah, where two ballot. Yeah. So yeah. I was at two, yeah. and yeah. I, and it says big two yeah. ballot plaza. And oh. I said, where is one? Uh-huh. Nobody knew. Nobody knows. <laughs> I know. No, but and the and, and it's the, so weird. I was across the street, so I was I was here in in spirit. <laughs> so you're, you're by sex. <laughs> but were you using a, an an app where you were trying to to follow along on a map at all? Yes. Okay. Because I walking. I, sometimes I'll use the the Google map app and I'll put on walking. Yes. And then it won't go you in go the direction it that is, you're walking. That's exactly in. it. It yes. told me it I told to me you were in the third down. parking space from Sachs. Right. Over there. That's where I'm okay. supposed to be. It right is now. erroneous. They really need to, need uh, to brush it. those up. Uh, the Google one, and Google's probably the preeminent map for yeah. that, but the walking app, uh, it, will, it will get you within. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so John, I found that. But it knows what lane you're in. <laughs> I know. John calls me because yeah, he's so, lost, and I'm looking out our window in the in the production studio, <laughs> and John says, I'm wearing a gray shirt, and I'm waving, and I see him. So, <laughs> and you say you're in the building that's under construction. There's a building right across the street. Yeah, it's also under construction. Yeah. So I'm going over there. I'm talking to the guy on the on the condor going, dude, where's the radio station? I think man, I know I that guy. Know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I think it's you. like everywhere. It's in my head. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, it's great to be here. It's uh, great to have you. We're very excited. We, we, we just actually, I just consigned this to not going to happen. And then here you are. So we're very happy. Well, John's going to be performing wow. at the Sellersville Theater. So just to give a heads yeah. up as to why, he, why you're in town. That's why I'm you know. in town. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this since uh, before Dukes. Right. So really, I'm a I'm a guy with a guitar. I was that long haired guy in high school in the <laughs> '70s with a guitar in my back. I so, never, I never know, I was thought that. that. Guy. I n- I always thought I always thought that the that the the country stuff and the music sort of came after Dukes, and then doing a little reading on you. That's always been your thing. It's always been my thing. Yeah, uh, I was the tip jar guy, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I've I've loved music. I've played music for my my whole life. My dad played in a square dance band, so you know, and I grew up in the '60s. So I grew up when uh, when the birds. I'm looking at the birds. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The birds were rocking it, and the Stones were, of course, they're still around. It's how, amazing. How'd you get that love of? Uh, uh, how did country become a thing when you were so you were in New York? You moved to well, Atlanta. Well, New York, but you know, New York is uh, dairy farm country, really. When yeah. you get out of the city, so it's true. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a big country music fan. My mother was a big country music fan. So Were you Mount uh, Kisco, Mount Kisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm more. I'm more like Blood, Sweat, and Tears. All right. Okay. I love Blood, Sweat, yeah. and Tears. I'm, yeah. I'm more that guy. And the Almond Brothers and Southern Rock and and that kind of that All kind right. of stuff. Because you know, Gordon can... Lightfoot was was pretty new in the '60s. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I grew up with a, a great love for really wonderful lyrics. And then Dukes came around, which was terrific. I love the Dukes of Hazard. But uh, it was so funny after that. Everybody said, oh, wow, so now you're going to sing. And I'm thinking, no, so now I'm going to act. I, rem- I remember thinking, Preston, <laughs> you probably had the same thing. Like, this guy trying to sing. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, the same thing was with Rick Springfield yeah, and a yeah. few other people who are legitimately talented. Right, 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 yeah. And got into, uh, you know, creatively heading towards a music career. But, you know, the, some of these crossover a little bit. And, yeah, I can act. Sure, I'll try it and go out. And next thing you know, they start to... Have a career there, and then you want to go back to what your real love is. Right, and, and then it's, nobody, it's not that they won't let you, but it's like, you're uh, you know, they don't you're want, they don't want to, yeah, they don't want football players to be able to play tennis. Right, right, right. Right, so that's certainly crochet. Rosie Greer did. Exactly, Rosie Greer. So, yeah, to, to that point, it's got to suck, but it's also it's a blessing and a curse. You're, you're 17, right, when you audition for Dukes? Three, yeah, 18. 18, yeah, all right, yeah. and you, you get it. 
I get it. Yeah, yeah. and you're I you're... get it. And then the show is uh, is a monster, a yeah. monster hit. And uh, you know what's interesting though now is I'm on a show that uh, when now I get recognized from the haves and have nots. Yes, uh, which is the Tyler okay. Perry show. It's on the Oprah Winfrey Network, number one on Tuesday nights for six years in a row. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. But even the haves and have nots fans will go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love the Dukes of Hazard. Well, me, I'm a Smallville fan too. Oh, fantastic! You Lex Luthor, you. I've cultivated the look. Yeah, but you, there are many things that I've I've always I remember initially I was like. I enjoyed the show, the Dukes, and I was, but I also had those things where, like, ah, oh, this guy is, you know, it's a natural reaction to a guy who's impossibly good looking and talented. So I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, but, but then, then I'm like, I really like this guy. And, and, and then it was actually, I think it was when Smallville kicked in. When I, you were just such had such a good paternal quality to you, and, and oh, thank I, I guess you. this guy can really act. He's good. I see it up on your screen right there. There right you there. go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, it's interesting. Yes, uh, I was going to say. Now, Tom Wopat, who we had in the studio here as well, he sings. He does Broadway yeah. or you know stage musicals and things like that. Did the two of you on the set of Dukes? Did you try a music thing together, harmonizing, singing? Try oh, to get we would more, we would sing in the car just for fun. Yeah, but, just for but fun. you never really a lot uh, of credence. And, a lot. Yeah, we, yeah. we would just sing harmony from uh, you know hee haw. Oh, okay, your he-haw. voice is so. When did that voice kick in? Because you've got a very resonant voice. I did. Thank you. I I did a uh, a record called Small One when I was fifteen. Fifteen. And I played like a guy that sounded like I sound right now. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I did Fiddler on the Roof at fourteen. 13 and 14 years old. Uh, so and you it, sounded like this? Well, I sound a little deeper in the morning now than I did, but pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I was like, wow. $40, give me 40 Who's going to give me 40 at 15 years old? Um, you know, but the acting thing I find, you know, you, you know Mount Kisco. So Westchester yeah, yeah. County, when you watch any of the cop shows and, and the kids have gone wrong because they're too rich, <laughs> they say, well, they're from Westchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I'm from. So when you're from Westchester and the first thing you play is a, is a hillbilly, mm-hmm. then you're a hillbilly. But if you're from, you know, two two shoes and a and a, and a bowling ball, Kentucky, <laughs> and you play you play a New York cop, you're an actor, right? Yeah, what no, the hell? Right, right, uh, you no, know, right. there is a Why reverse is sort of thing. But I, I and they so people still say, well, but you weren't acting. That was just. I said, dude, I'm I'm about as southern as a slice of you know a really good slice of original raised pizza. <laughs> Uh, what, the, what are you talking about? Uh, I always thought that, though. It's, it's funny, the perception. Because I'm so damn good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true, though. And, and, and Kathy, you got to stop. you got to just stop taking over all the conversation. Here. Uh, uh, <laughs> She's our stenographer, by the way. In a court of law, she'll make sure this all holds up. Oh, terrific. Uh, bring it back I had to, to mention court. You started. Oh, oh, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Well, right. listen, you're all good now, right? You brought good. it up. No, yeah. it's yeah. still going on. It's longer it? than the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> I know you decided you, you wanted to take uh, time uh, behind bars as opposed to paying whatever fine you were supposed to pay. If Absolutely. If I correctly. Boy, yeah. you should have seen the look on his face. <laughs> yeah? The judge? You mean, yeah. When I yeah. said, Your Honor, I, can I go to, I can't, I can't go when you want me to go. Can I go now? Yeah. yeah. What? Now. <laughs> When you say now, what do you mean? I said, I mean now, now. Like, when you say, we're done today, can I go to jail? Yeah. 
Gee, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, bailiff, is that, uh, can, we, can we make that? And this is a guy that, that a month before was saying, I will track you down and find you and send you to jail. Right. And he doesn't even know how to send somebody to jail. <laughs> this is an appointed judge. This is a friend of a friend who is now, you know, out there changing people's lives one sentence at a time. Yeah. Uh, and when it's all over, if, 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 if I have... Uh, we're doing a, a Christmas movie this year. Okay. If it is, I think it is. No, no. It's okay. we own it ourselves. Okay. It's about the flag on the car and the whole thing. So, okay. you know, we've got to distribute it ourselves. Right. Okay. So we could sell a, a bunch of copies of it. If we do and I have an extra rattle in my pocket, I'm going to throw it at a lawyer in California <laughs> and I'm going to try to get this guy disbarred. Wow. Really? Yes. He was absolutely after me for some reason and I don't know why. So well, to explain the, 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 the deal, it was, it, you know, it was an acrimonious divorce, correct? And you were you're you're being asked to to uh, to pony up what was I was being I was being told ordered to pony up what was an absurd amount of money right and, and you uh, had no recourse right and yeah. I had except I had proof that I had uh, lost that was 2016 right we had, we had the hundred year flood followed shortly by this by the thousand year flood and destroyed and your Louis production destroyed everything yeah. twice right so in between. We rebuilt because that was never going to happen again. So right. it was terrible. I, I owe so much money on trying to recover from 2016. Right. So I had, they, they're called tax returns. Uh -huh. And apparently the judge had not seen them before. <laughs> so I had tax returns that showed beyond the shadow of a doubt that I lost $350,000 in 2016. Right. And because the woman that filed the tax returns did not actually, you know, put the receipts together herself, and nobody does, right? Yeah. So the her her lawyer said, "Did you, did you, uh, you file the tax returns? Yes. And they, and they, what do they show? They show Mr. Schneider lost three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Did let me ask one more question? Did you put the receipts together? No, I did not. It's hearsay, Your Honor. She has no way to authenticate those receipts. Mm -hmm. This is what he said. This is why I'm going after him. Yeah. You know, Counselor, people lie on their taxes all the time. Sustained. Wow. wow. So I went from being a guy who lost $350,000 in a year and had nothing, certainly no ability to pay $19,000 a month in temporary spousal support, hello, <laughs> to a guy who had millions of dollars and just didn't want to pay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's why that's why I went to jail, because that's contempt. If you can and, and don't. That's contempt. I thought I proved, and I still believe that I proved because I know I was there. I couldn't do it. It's a nightmarish thing to be. It's got to be also a soul-sucking thing to go through. Because I saw a picture of you. You were standing, I forget, a reporter maybe from Extra or something, standing by the property that had been leveled like twice from oh, the yeah, storms. Oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah. And, and they didn't care. That's the thing. It wasn't like, well, you know, Mr. Schneider, you've been through hell. We're not going to drag you through anymore. But I tell you what, some great music came out of it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You know, All they right. say you can't sing the blues until you've lived them. <laughs> well, I've got one song that starts out, well, her lawyer's got to me, so I got gone. There's the flood right there. I got tired of that road I was traveling on. Between the judge and the jail and my future ex-wife, Lord, it's a wonder I'm still alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good. I'm I'm glad on a on one of those odd, you know, actors can turn chicken crap into chicken salad thing. Uh, so I'm delighted on, in that regard because now I, you know, I have a I Is have that a, a different posture. Ch chicken essence. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you: Have you always been? Because every time I've ever seen you interviewed throughout your entire career, 
you've always been very candid and very self-effacing. Is that <laughs> is, is that is that something that you've always? I mean, is that is that your way, or you just? It's, I, I, it must yeah, be. It must be. You don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, that is. That, yeah. I, I, you know, I think. Uh, I think if you're if you're awarded with celebrity of any kind, that you need to be a real person. Yeah. And you need to be whoever it is that. Uh, when people have problems when they've created something that become a celebrity, mm-hmm. and then they have to, it's kind of like a lie. You have to, uh, you have to keep telling a lie over and over again, and which means it's harder to remember <laughs> as you get older what the hell you've been lying about. Not, not, not like, like, so I just tell the truth. Like Hugh Grant, I always, I always point to Hugh Grant. I'm not, not that you were caught in the car with a hooker, but, uh, but. No, no, I locked the door. (laughs) (laughs) But here's a guy who had a story that could have been a career killer and just met it head on. And just, yep. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and I've seen so many people who seem to know how to take a situation and diffuse it. And so many people who don't and end up just confounding the issue that much more. Well, the way to diffuse any issue is just to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then what are you going to say to that? Yeah. How can you possibly have a problem with that? Right. Although in court, that's I was the same guy in court, and it it in the ass. Well, you know, it's it's it, it, for a short amount of time. It it is going to bite him in the ass. Okay. And it's bit her in the ass because there isn't anything. And I and I got a great quote out of it. You cannot, and because he said, "Well, you know, counsel, you can't get blood from a turnip." That's what he said to her. <laughs> and I said, "You know, that's true, but you can't apparently throw a turnip in jail for not bleeding." <laughs> 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 if I may geek out for a second, I, yes. I, I follow you on Instagram, and uh, I posted a video of Tiger winning the Masters back in April, and for whatever reason, you saw it and you liked it. And um, it, it, <laughs> it, all of a sudden, uh, John Schneider is liking one of my Instagram posts, and I grew up a fan just like Casey did and like we all did, and, and it was just sort of a surreal moment. And I know you're a man and a musician, and an actor and, and everything that you are, but you're also a celebrity. You also carry a bit of fame around with you, and so the, it's sort of transcendent. In the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, and you get, but you're also the guy that gets lost in the parking lot on, yeah. the, on, on the radio, radio station interview. But um, uh, since then, I've really uh, admired how you interact with your fans and and following you uh, and seeing your not only your music career but also just the way you've embraced the history with the, with the Duke boys and and all of the conventions that happen and all the things with the General Lee. It's really cool. And so from a fan's perspective, it's neat to see somebody embrace who. They they are and not shy away from it well thank you i mean like popeye i am what i am yeah so uh i love dukes excuse me um i love the the whole notion of it we did this movie christmas cars uh there's an event happening this weekend in virginia that i'm not at because there's a bit of a rift now between uh ben oh, oh the ben congressman and I. the congressman the ben? once the once congressman yeah played cooter yeah yeah, yeah, and uh, and well, I'm, so you didn't really bring that up, but I'm going to bring it up because I'm <laughs> self-effacing, and, and uh, I want to because uh, people are and saying, hey, "How come you're not out there?" Well, yeah. number one, I wasn't invited. Yeah, okay. And number two, uh, there was an event. Uh, people approached me about doing uh, ten shows with my new record. Yeah, uh, with the Odyssey, and they said, "Oh, we're going to have you. We we love your music. We want you out there." And so that was the worm on the hook. I bit, and then they said. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we brought Tom out? And it was like, well, you know, yeah, but that's that's kind of creeping into a different thing, right? You know, you just you just rub my back saying you love my music, and right. now it's 
And then, so I said, well, okay, because we do music together, and I yeah. loved it, and I love Tom. And then all of a sudden, the ads came out, and it was the Dukes of Hazard reunion. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. And then... It was sold to you the wrong way. It was, yeah. and it was Tom and I. And then the the uh, the visual ad, the, the commercial came out, <laughs> and they took the flag off the car. Okay. And I said on my my candid thing, I said, guys, look, you know, it's not about the flag. It's about the General Lee at this right. point. And I've got fans for 40 years on this show, 40 years. And if I do something that where you don't have the balls to keep the flag on the car, yeah. if I do that, then they're going to turn on me. And I'm going to turn on me because that's not right. So no balls, no bow. Right. right yeah. I like that. And, and, and so I bowed out of it. Okay. Tom did it, and the very next thing, you know, and and you know, God bless Ben Jones, but you know, there's a there's a there's a little Hugh Grant in the back seat here, <laughs> right? And and uh, so he went and he did it, and he tried to make and and he brought a whole bunch. He tried to save the day, and he tried yeah. to make it look like I was wrong. That no, of course the flag's on the car. No, I saw the commercials. I have the commercials. They took the flag off the car. So I, I I have a problem with with him going in and supporting that group, right? Uh, while now, if he said, you know, I understand, John, but you know, a buck is a buck, and we got to do it. I'd say go with God, absolutely. Yeah, but don't make don't try to make me look like the bad guy, like you're coming in and saving the day, and I'm right, wrong right. because I'm not. Right. Tell me they brought in Coy and Vance, and I will uh, absolutely flip my lid. Well, Coy was there. Vance, no. Vance has passed. No, I didn't Coy, know that. Actually, Coy, funny story about Coy. Quick, you guys are looking at your watches. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Coy, Coy is Byron Cherry, and Byron and I, uh, I'm from New York, but I, my mom worked for IBM. So I, I spent my three high school years in uh, Atlanta. And Byron Cherry and I would go out and audition for the same thing all the time. Oh, no kidding. And occasionally we did commercials together. We were great friends. So before Dukes happened... Byron Cherry and John Schneider were best friends. And when Tom and I didn't come back, we never walked off. We didn't come back. There is a difference. Was that over, uh, mer was that over merchandising? Yeah, it was over merchandising. Okay. It was over accounting. So you, everything you, is always right. over accounting. And, and, the, and studio accounting is miraculous in its magical way. Well, and this was this was like shoeboxes and pieces of paper. This was right. before spreadsheets. Well, before Excel. Before, right. This was 1978. Eight, well, 1979, 80, 81. And you guys were all over the place and you weren't getting, you weren't, you felt you weren't we getting a were not, chunk of the change. Well, we were supposed to get a split 6%. Yeah. Of, yeah. And they grossed $230 million according Jesus to them. Christ. And, you know, we made like 60 grand. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. Uh, so Coy and Vance, they, they, so, they, re they so, replace you. Well, they did, but but Byron, as soon as we didn't come back and it looked like they were going to do the show without us, yeah. I said to the casting folks and to my friends, they were friends at Warner Brothers, I said, hey, there's a guy in Atlanta named Byron Cherry. You know, If you want to replace me with somebody who will be fairly indetectable, go <laughs> find Byron Cherry. <laughs> and he had already auditioned for them. And then they did this big show about thousands of people, yeah. you know, auditioning for Dukes and all this kind <laughs> of stuff. And who did they wind up hiring? Byron Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's the one who had, one of them ended up in the movie Liar Liar? Isn't he the um, the, the, the 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 guy with the philandering? Uh, I don't oh. know. Was that? The, the, I'm not sure because the other one, Christopher Mayer, passed away. Okay, really, really early. I don't know that Byron was in that. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I cannot. Either okay, confirm or deny that, Your Honor. So, in that case, though, you you you, you had character. Get off actors. her, Your Honor. Great character. Your actors. Honor, get off her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, Denver Pyle. Yeah, Sorrel uh, uh, Brook, right? That was book. his name. But, book. 
Uh, you had Waylon from Jennings. New York. From did you did you get to meet? Uh, oh yeah, I hung out with Waylon a lot. He was great. As a musician, that must have that must have really it was tremendous. Rocked your yeah. world. Yeah, it was great, and he was a he was a terrific man. Yeah, and he was the outlaw and all that kind of stuff. But he had uh, first time I met him. He pulled this little piece of paper out of his wallet right. that a, a young man had given him. You know, give this to Bo. You know, so here's like the the, the raunchiest, <laughs> biggest you know outlaw yeah. in the history of country music, and and saved this little piece of paper so that he said, "I want to make sure, Hoss, that I that I did what I told this little fellow I was going to do." <laughs> so he gave me that piece of paper, and I thought that was really that cool. is cool. That's that awesome. is cool. yeah, and you know, it, 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 he wasn't sleeping a lot in those days, so <laughs> he uh, he he kept his word to that little fella, and that's meant a lot to me the whole time. By the way, we've uh, confirmed Christopher Mayer was in. Uh, he was. He yeah. Was. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There we, there there we go. So there's all the weird stuff that pulls it all together. Yeah. So um, from from that, obviously, Smallville. I wanted we wanted to ask you. Obviously, did other things as well. A lot of appearances on different shows. Smallville, we've been talking about recently. We have to ask you about this because I this don't whole, know Allison, <laughs> Allison Mack, that yeah. whole annexion thing. Yeah, that what, was wild. Did that blow your mind? Absolutely, absolutely. I've known Allison for a long, long time. Seemed and, like the sweetest thing. She is. So she has to have been has to have been deceived in some way, right? Uh, and I mean completely. Like a real culty. Completely. Yeah. Absolutely. There is no way in the world that Allison would do anything willingly wrong. Yeah. Because like I said, I've known we started what in 2001. So there's there's just no way. So she had to have had the wool completely pulled over her eyes. Because I remember when the story first, because I, 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 I was a huge yeah, fan like, of the what? show. And I what? said to press, that's like the all-American girl next door. Yeah. That she would be doing that. But but this whole. It, I'm not even sure what that is. I have, yeah. I've tried not to read. I mean, I, I read a little bit about it yeah. uh, when it first came out. But I'm not sure what she's been accused of or. or uh, well, she turned evidence against the leader of the Nexium cult. And that's right. why I think she's going to she's going to get off with a with a lighter situation. But this guy, this was the guy who was, you know, bringing these women in, and they were branding them and all this stuff, and it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. you've had so many cast mates and members over the years. It's, you know, how can you keep up on what everybody's doing in their spare time? Well, I would say, right? <laughs> exactly. You've got, you've exactly. got parking lots to wander I've around. I've got parking lots. <laughs> well, we as I've as got as apps to follow. <laughs> I have an app, by the way, the John Schneider app. Get the John Schneider app. Oh, really? You will never be lost in a parking lot. Again. <laughs> Get the John Schneider app, and all of your troubles will be gone. <laughs> well, we, we and some of mine, because have... I'll sell you stuff. <laughs> but it's good stuff. We as viewers of TV shows have this, uh, you know, kind of fantasy that the that the people that are on these shows uh, are together all the time, and they know it's it's just everything. The way, you know, it's, it's just, what we want to think. Yeah, it's you what know, we'll buy yeah. into. You know, yeah. So. Well, Tom and I talk quite a bit. Well, Pat and I talk a lot. Is that over? Uh, <laughs> what's that? Is that over now with the uh, with this uh, the car show thing? Uh, no, 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 uh, no, no. I don't know. I don't blame the only person I have any animosity toward. Is Ben okay? Because you know, I think I think he owes me an apology. I really do, uh, and he thinks I owe him, I owe him an apology. You know, but you know that's just kind of how that is, and it's been like that for a long for time. a long time. Mm -hmm. All right, okay. yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was not very welcoming when we came back from our what we call the strike. Oh, really? Anyway, yeah, yeah, which is, to me is sad because I've known Ben a long, long time too. Uh, we did a movie called Million Dollar Dixie Deliverance. Million Dollar Dixie's Olympic yeah, for okay. Disney, for Disney back in 75, I think it was, 75 or 76. But um, there's uh, people who have a, a political nature yeah, uh, and people who are excellent at debate. And I've, I've never met anyone smarter than Ben. 
The problem when you are so incredibly intelligent and you so, are so incredibly articulate and you have the ability to peel the artichoke yeah, mm -hmm. so that other people can go, wow, I never thought about it like that, mm -hmm. is eventually you start believing your own bull crap. Yeah. And, and that, I think, what you know, politicians who are crooked don't believe they're crooked. They think they are doing it for the greater good. A la Boss Hogg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Boss Cooter Hogg. And there's, you know, so there's there's some of that. So I don't blame him for it. No, but I, I just, I do wish there'd be some, some looking, some soul searching and go, you know, because I've done this. I've, I've just had a line. Johnny Lee plays the balladeer. Excuse me, in the movie Christmas Cars we just did. So the balladeer is what Waylon did. Yeah. So Johnny Lee is saying, well, you know, old Denver don't know what he's going to do now. Yeah. Right? And at one, at one point he says, folks, I know because I've tried. No matter how you prepare it, crow never tastes good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but occasionally we need to get some bread out, butter it up, and, and eat a mouthful of crow. Mm -hmm. And I've done it a lot in my life, and I'll do it again. Right. But I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's Ben's turn at the, uh, yeah, the barbecue right now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the barbecue. It's it's sage advice. It's it's I've, I've seen you know in this day and age of social media, I see so many people who are blatantly wrong about something, but they're just not going to give up on it. They're ju just because their pride keeps them from saying, you know well, what? Yeah. I made a mistake and I was wrong about that. There's a, a Waylon said in Dukes, pride is a terrible servant. Yeah, and it and it is. So you know you got to figure out when you are on what side of that you're on. That's why it's always wise to not be the first to be outraged by something let things breathe find out what really happened and, and that's, yeah. that's kind of the way to go about it yeah yep, i wanted yep. to ask you about you because we got here we're going to ask about everything damn it dancing with the stars uh you were on and you were on with a uh <laughs> yeah, how, that's all i got what, was, I got what was the experience like that you were on God actually awful. The, the season was, was, God awful? He was, was great, he was on the season with like, nikki glazer yeah it was like hot yoga for 10 was minutes. it yeah. it was i lost 26 pounds it oh. was it was hell who was your partner emma slater okay and it was it was great and it was hell it's super like, hot it's like a great workout yeah you yeah know, and but it's like a great work you dread it and yet you enjoy it while you're doing it and you love it when it's over how many weeks was it uh, it was ten weeks, including rehearsal. I think I got the boot on the seventh. Uh, the seventh. It's not bad. It's not. No, bad no, one. it's not. No, no, yeah. not bad at all. Yeah. With uh, some great people, uh, uh, Milo. I can't remember Milo. Uh, gosh, but, the Disney. What a great young man he is. The world would be a much better oh, place if we oh. have more kids like him. He's in the zombie movie, isn't yes. he? Yes. Oh yeah, my gosh, what a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Demarcus Ware, what a what a what a wonderful piece of crap! Gem. I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Play for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, Demarcus, come on in. We have a surprise for you. Right, all the way from face. Denver, come on in here and kick his ass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a it was a great experience, but it was hell. And now that now that I'm part of really a small group, yeah, you know, they've done twenty twenty seven. I don't know if we're if they've done another season since then. I don't know. Is, I think you're twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Yeah, I don't know that they've done a twenty eighth yet. Did they reach out to your agent and approach they you? Did, they it? had for years, and I never. I didn't want to do it because I'm not a dancer, and right, it was yeah. like. You know, I told you. That's what I they told you. No, but I did great. I yeah, thought yeah. I did great. You, did, you got a good, I loved a good it. run. Nikki Glazer was out after the first, uh, mm -hmm. and she yeah. had her yeah. on the show, and she's yeah. like, I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, it was, it, not, well, you know, and I, I'm not sure what happened either after how it turned out. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, there were some uh, some amazing, amazing uh, folks on there. Yeah. And I, you know, I I was absolutely outside of my comfort zone, as were many, many of the people. 
Uh, Juan Pablo was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Milo was unbelievable. The um, the young lady. Oh gosh, forgive me. I I can't remember her name right now. Um, Is that does Mary all the social? Mary Mary Lou Red, Red, yeah. My gosh, she did it on a broken foot. Does it does it kind of suck though that right. you have people who come from basically worlds that are direct choral that or church they're even dancers they come in there as dancers mm-hmm. yeah. and they have the competing it's really a lot of it is a popularity contest isn't it huh? well i don't really now how it turned out i'm not really sure what it is yeah uh because it's supposed to be a split the the judges and the viewers and the viewers are yeah. supposed to be split basically 50 50 at least that's my understanding I read the fine print <laughs> right. and uh, you're and, a lawyer now and I know that's right trust me I'm a lawyer <laughs> uh, and, and I know for a fact that that the person who won had the lowest scores of anybody with the judges right um, but was the most popular with the viewers? Yeah, but that still should. I mean, no matter what, if it's if it's fifty fifty, yeah, yeah. then there's something wrong. And I'm not saying. I mean, I absolutely. I'm. I'm. Thank God, I lasted as long as I did. Yeah. But there are people on there who should. I think Milo absolutely should have won without question. Yeah. Mm. And I think I'm not sure if it was a bigger shock that the person who won lasted past the first night, (laughs) or that they won. But I think it's a devastating blow to the show. Huh. I really do because, well, because you look at all of us on the steps when it was announced, and we're all like, "And the winner!" And we go like, <laughs> "Really?" <Yeah. laughs> Talk about somebody who who won the humility award and wears it on his forehead. <laughs> That's okay, why. enough of that. There you go. I wanted to, uh, <laughs> we, we were just talking you about. You know who you are. About uh, people, you know, fessing up, eating crow, as you were saying. I, I have a caller on the line. Yeah. Who wants to call, call, call. So I'm going to go to Chris. Hi, Chris, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, I can't believe you let me do this. John, I have to, <laughs> I have to apologize to you. Back in 1981, a bunch of us. We're on a senior trip down to Disney in Florida. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were you were sitting on the lawn in front of I guess it was Snow White's castle with a bunch of girls sitting around you and you were playing a guitar and you were singing to them. Yes. There was a big there was a big wrought iron fence keeping everybody off the lawn while you were doing what you were doing with these girls. The girl I was walking with wanted your picture so bad she was crying and screaming and shaking she couldn't get your attention. I said, "Get your camera ready." Why? What are you going to do? Get your camera ready. <laughs> she said, get your camera up, and I yell, "No, animal!" And everybody looked at me, including you, and the girl yelled at me for calling you an a-hole instead of taking your picture. So, I would apologize to you for that. (laughs) You don't remember that, do you? Oh, my God. No, I remember that Ricky Schroeder was on that show, too. Yeah, no, I remember. Because we were we were actually filming a television show. I wasn't. You, you made it sound like I just was like picking up chicks at Cinderella's castle. You were cruising Disney. That's okay. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get your picture. That's. Uh, but what a great story. What a great reason not to get your picture. Well, Chris at least apologized. Yeah. Thank cool. you for that. You I appreciate it. You may today. you may digest the crow and go with yeah. God. Um, so, I, getting back to uh, contests and, and game shows, there was a show that I think you would be great for. Uh, called the Max Singer. I don't know if you saw the first season of that. I think, on uh, Fox. yeah, I think I think they asked me to do that. And I was touring. Okay, but uh, I'd love to do that show. That was I couldn't believe how much I loved it. When I saw the commercials, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this one out for a spin. And then I was I was hooked. It seems like a great idea. Yeah, yeah it seemed like a great idea to me. I'd love to love to do that show. <laughs> but now people know. Speaking of the, <laughs> speaking, yeah, they know the damn secret now. You can't do it. 
you're uh, doing a little research on the music stuff. Uh, you you actually you've you've done well in the in the music industry in the country music industry. I read a, I read an article in Billboard that said of all the TV you know thinking about yeah. TV guys who then sing you know they don't think right. about it the way um, as far as charting and as far as sales and as far as number of records I uh, I I'm like I beat everybody today and consistently yeah, yeah which yeah. is pretty cool. Well, you know I love music. Yeah. You know, I don't. I didn't. I didn't take up music because I thought it would well, hey, be cool after Dukes of Hazard to do music. It was like we said. It was going back to my real love of music, and I think people can tell. You know, they can tell when you're when you're lying, and they can tell when you absolutely are head over heels in love with what you're doing. And I love playing music, right? And uh, and and the music that I pick, I I co-write some of the stuff, but but uh, I don't write all this music. I find it. And I'm really, really good at recognizing a great song, a great melody, and a great lyric because of my musical theater background. Uh, same thing with Wopat. Um, I know a great lyric, not a good one. I know a great lyric and an exceptional lyric when I hear it. Yeah. Uh, You're John, holding your finger up. John's going to be You may use the restroom. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> tell us about this uh, project called the, the Odyssey. You had mentioned it earlier. Yeah, the Odyssey. We did uh, 52 songs and we released a song every Tuesday of 2018. Because uh, I'd been out of music for a long, long time. So um, what the Odyssey Project is, it's songs, the older you get, the more I realize that, that things that feel good feel better and things that hurt, hurt more. <clears throat> so they're not songs about, like, casual love loss. They're songs about grief. They're songs about joy. They're songs about dreams. And and, uh, and it's just a great, it's a great album project. Uh, and a lot of songs. Five, it's, it, it is. But uh, something that I was so delighted to hear, um, because I recognize a great lyric, I'm a, I'm a, uh, when I was working with MCA, I had uh, the number one songs and things, but the word on the street, come to find out, was that John really knows a great song when he hears it. Yeah, so, you, had a, you had an ear for it. So, yeah. yeah. So when, when Keith Stegall is writing a song or, or uh, uh, any number of amazing songwriters, they want me to hear their songs because a lot of times people hear a great song, especially, I don't want to rag on young artists, but young artists have a tendency to do more ditty kind of, you know, right. red solo cup song. Not that Toby's young. By any means. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his song, How Do You Like Me Now, on Dukes of Hazard reunion movie. Oh, but there's a tendency to, to skew kind of uh, we used to call it ear candy, kind of kind of. We just had this talk. We just had this talk. Who do you? What do you consider? Uh, and I'm putting you on the spot. The most lyrically perfect song. Because um, Miss Emily's picture, huh. John Conley. John Conley had a song called Miss Emily's Picture. That or Bobby Braddock wrote a song called He Stopped Loving Her Today. Yeah, I know that song. Great, great, that great song. song. Yeah, sure. Uh, we, we, the, the Heart of the Matter, I think, the Don Henley heart song. Heart of the Matter? I oh, think. gosh, yeah, yeah. They're just talking about plainly written of any, Okay, of any, any songs words, in the... It just conveys the message and just does it brilliantly. I have to say I love you in a song. Oh, wow. Jim Croce. Jim Croce, yeah. yeah. Time in a Bottle. Brilliant. Yes. You know, it's hard. Uh, uh, oh, Very Young, Cat Stevens. That's a, yeah. Cat Stevens had a whole bunch of yeah. them. Yeah, my gosh, yeah. O outside of the of the country world, yeah. Those are, 
Those are great, great songs. <laughs> yeah, we had talked about Center that. of the Mind. It was uh, Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down, that Consider we were talking the, about just... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I Won't Back Down. Just says, says it plainly right there. It's right, it's, it's yeah. right there. Yeah. You go and uh, come with us and find the pleasures of the journey to the center of the mind. Come along if you care. Come along if you dare. Wow. Come along to the landing side of your mind. This is Ted Nugent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The Amboy yeah. Dukes. Yeah. You know, so again, lyrics, 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 lyrics. Now, yeah. What do they... It's not just... So when... When I have songs like that in my soul, right? Uh, when I have uh, uh, "God Bless the Child" as uh. my and the David Clayton Thomas version of that, as far as what a country blues—you know—I'm talking about grief, talk about joy. That's the kind of lyric that comes to my mind. So when I hear something, it's got to be that. So that what I found out is that the songwriters in Nashville, who were still there, uh knew that when they heard I was going to come back and do some music, it was like, oh, great, somebody is finally going to say, man, I love that song that's been overlooked. Yeah. So that's what I asked the songwriters. I said, hey, play me that song that you knew was a smash hit as soon as you wrote it. You know, play me your Live Like You're Dying. That's a great country song. Uh, And we're going to do one album. And so many people gave us so many great songs and I probably listened to 1,200 songs, and we did 52. They're great songs. They're unbelievable. I hear one, one lyric. I could lose my vision, my eyes no longer see. I could lose my religion and my struggle to believe. That would be a loss. That would be a cross. I'd somehow rise above. But heaven help me if I ever lose your love. Mm-hmm. That's Chuck great. Cannon. I love Chuck it. Cannon. Yeah. That's great. So, you know who used to do, uh, who was very, uh, sort of in the same way, because I'm, I'm on a big Sinatra kick now, but Sinatra was not the songwriter, but he always had a massive love for the songwriter. Yes, and in concert would always credit the songwriter yep. and arranger. Yep. It was very important to him to give the due respect to the creators of the music. Tony Bennett was that way, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, without the songwriters, we've, we've got nothing. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people will... will uh, well, they won't really, they won't say, hey, I wrote this. Well, Barry Manilow did not write, I write the songs, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That, that he wrote, get a bucket of chicken. <laughs> you know. But, uh, <laughs> he did. He wrote a whole bunch of jingles. He did. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think song. you should give the songwriters credit. <laughs> yeah. I think you should give the people the credit that, uh, that write the words you speak on film, too. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you have the opportunity, you know, say, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Jack Nicholson that said, by the by the way, man, these aren't my words or my shoes. <laughs> I show up and do what they tell me. Right. <laughs> John Schneider is going to be at uh, Sellersville. Where? Where is he? Sellersville Theater the parking tonight. Lot. <laughs> I, we have to wrap the interview up, but I did want to ask you a, a, a Deuce question real quick. Okay. It, I've been dying to know this. Did you ever at any point in time ride with the stunt guys when the... When the uh, generally would jump something, were you I, ever in it for one of those? Well, ever is an interesting word. Okay, when we were doing the show, no, I never jumped the car. I of course drove not. It. They don't want their star to to get hurt, get yeah. killed, get yeah. killed, or, yeah. or worse. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> delayed. <laughs> you did drive. Killed it. is insurable. Yeah. <laughs> delayed, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, when we did the show, I did a lot of the driving. But I actually, we do a thing at, at uh, Alicia and I have a studio in. Louisiana film studio. Right. We do a thing for my birthday called Bo's Extravaganza. <laughs> and just this last April, on my birthday is the 8th, but on the 7th, the day before my birthday, Sunday, I jumped the General Lee for the first time. Wow. No kidding. Woo-hoo! 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. I jumped the general lee about a hundred feet. I'm going to jump it further next year. Yeah. Did I make it that far? Is it pretty terrifying um, or no? Cool? No. Yeah. My my stunt coordinator was my one of my stunt doubles. I did all his dialogue on Dukes. And uh, he's the guy. Yeah, it'll. it'll I got it. Make sense. I got it. I like he's that. the guy that uh, that has done the the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. So oh, he's, right. he's that guy. He knows wow. his stuff. So he knows his stuff. Excuse me. I felt perfectly safe, and I, okay. I went as fast as he told me to go, and aimed where you know it's kind of like reading a drive. That's he said, you know, awesome. when you hit the ramp, you're not going to be able to see in front of you, so aim for that tree over there. <laughs> okay. You know, so I did just what he said, and it was fine. It was over before. Before I knew it had even happened, yeah. and uh, but we used that jump in uh, Christmas cars, and next Wednesday we've got two stunt guys coming in. One is the son of the guy that jumped the first General Lee. Wow! His name is Gary Baxley. His son's name is Hunter. He's going to jump our our Uncle Denver. I play Uncle Denver in honor of Denver Pyle in this movie. He's going to jump the pickup truck, and then this other guy's going to jump a uh, charger. Oh, there's me right there. Jump. That's, that's me in that oh, car. Dude, that's that's awesome. not some stunt fool. That's me. I'm a fool. <laughs> in that car. So we're going to jump two vehicles next week, and that'll put the bow, Whoa. pun intended, the bow on Christmas cars. <laughs> uh, and it'll be out on what we call Orange Friday, not Black Friday. Yes. It's Orange Friday in honor of the General Lee can only get it at John Schneider Studios dot com. Make it easy on yourself. Get the app. It's called John Schneider. Never get lost in a parking lot again. Get the John Schneider app. Come out to the show. What's the yeah, name of the theater? The I'm so Seller, excited. To... Sellersville it's Theater. A beautiful Sellersville theater. theater. I hear the sound system is wonderful there. Yeah. And that's what I'm really excited Everyone about. Everyone loves it. Yep, it's and we have the place. whole band. We're gonna we're gonna do some great great uh, Southern rock. Some great. Uh, but no covers. We, if you recognize a song, it means it was mine. Okay. Ah, and you right. probably didn't know it. You go, oh, man, I love that song. When did you do it? No, that's mine, dude. It's my song. <laughs> Get out. Oh, no, no, you're the st- You're like, sometimes when we took... No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're the Jesse's girl. No, no. <laughs> no. That's not me. Uh, no. I'm not Jack Wagner. Oh, oh, wow. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. I remember Yikes. all those guys. Or David Yikes. Soul. David or, Soul. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, Black great Pink song, soup. but yeah, no, I'm not yeah. that. Yeah. I no, had a bunch of songs. No so. Hasselhoff, man. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's I'm very hey. proud of that. I know David Hasselhoff. Uh, it has been a real joy to meet you, John. Thank you for David, being here. David, I love you, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks thank so you. Much. Thank you very much. John you know, Kids always number two at best. Thank you, folks. Sellersville Theater. Yeah. We'll take a break. Ah. And we'll be right back. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and probably other places. Football is back, and this Eagles season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2023 Eagles season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest play the MM Barbecue. Before. Yes, they have. Which is pretty cool. We're excited to have them here in the studio. Please welcome Matt and Mike from Dinosaur. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. 
They're uh, they're not coming up on here at all. So one moment while we try to configure, because you said good morning and very friendly at that. But hang and on, we'll a validate second. that. We'll verify that. Um, yes, uh, it's been verified, and uh, right now I'm just killing time right. while Casey Listen. is dialing through to get this wired. It's up. just amping up the excitement until we eventually hear their voices. I tell you what, take another break. No, we're not going to take a break. <laughs> no, we're professionals. We'll just sing, but we, okay. <laughs> we'll sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's my that's my dinosaur pile. Up. I wish I could hear what you were saying, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. Hey, why don't we just move them over here? Move them over here. Let's at least talk to you guys. We'll try to get this stuff worked out so we can at least have a conversation. If you guys don't mind, you can set your instrument Come down. And, and if you could change your clothes, some new outfits would be nice. <laughs> Dude, I dig Matt's shirt, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's really cool. I really yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. I, I want to get one. So hang on. Let's... Uh, Mike's Hello. On. There's Mike. Yeah, wow. Yep. Hey. Now, now you're good. How hey, you doing? Hey, am I here? Yeah, you're yes. there. Hey, I'm just trying to build suspense, you know? Yeah. That's it. Hey. It's exciting. Just ha- happy to hear you now. Yeah. yeah, Matt, I like your shirt, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, Thanks man. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I, like, I get a lot of love for this shirt, which uh, lateral you know, stripes, you look like yeah. a cartoon character. Yeah, oh, yeah. Geez, man, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, well, listen, yeah, welcome to Philadelphia. Thank you very much for having us. We're stoked to be here. Good to have you guys back yeah. in town. Um, you guys are a great band. Thank you. You're Thank just you. a solid rock band. You know, when when you try to describe to people uh, music that you hear, and uh, oh yeah, I'm not familiar with them. What do they sound like? And uh, the best thing I can come up with is just a straight-ahead rock band. Yeah, we always struggle with that. Yeah? Like, how do we describe ourselves? Like, alt-rock. Yeah. And it's hard to sometimes, like, when we're trying to pick tools and stuff, it's, it's hard to find bands that we're, like, akin to, I guess, because sometimes we feel like, we, like, weirdly, people aren't doing so much of what we're doing now, you know? Like, yeah. Just kind of, like, big rock songs that, that, yeah. that are fun and have big riffs, but they sing along and, you know... Sometimes we struggle to, like, who's, who's doing that these days? It's yeah. a weird thing because, um, you know, the, the delineation between what is all rock and rock yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's it, you know, it, it's really kind of what, what people at a whim will classify you as. Yeah. Because it, it, it goes across all boundaries. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, but we are noticing, and we've talked about this recently, you know, it seems that there is a resurgence in, in a more um, organic, visceral rock sound mm-hmm. which is really good coming from artists such as yourselves you know with a, a you know with a sense of purpose and so on and so forth i, I think it bodes well you know things are very cyclical in music yeah. you know yeah i think rock is coming back into its own and, yeah. and being driven by guys like you do you feel that yeah totally i mean it's been a weird one for us because we we've just been doing what we've been doing right for ages like just because that's what we wanted to do so it feels amazing that we've come out and released this record which is our fourth record um and it's kind of having such a positive positive connection like people are kind of getting into that right which is really encouraging for us and a lot of people are saying to us like in interviews and fans and stuff like yeah we feel like the rock thing is is coming back around and i guess we're just like well yeah i mean that's great great news (laughs) for us (laughs) do you know what i perceive it as it's like there's there's a highway and you get on the highway and then there's another band that's sort of rock you're just doing what you're doing you're just driving but it just seems like there's more people more bands populating it that have that sort of sound and i guess that's what it's like but for you it's well, this is just what we're doing. It's just yeah. what we're doing. And, yeah, yeah. and, like, that, you know, we, we kind of pride ourselves in on doing what we want to do, like, and having integrity as a band. And, you know, we, we just lo- we love what we do. We really believe in it. We love big rock songs that you can sing along to and right. have fun to. I'm just stuff. glad we canned that trap album that we were doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It would have been a disaster, yeah. yeah. All right, hey, dubstep. Hang on a second. Casey, yeah. test the microphone. Can you hear me? It's yeah. 
Should we move him back over there? Because oh, we're, we're going to get all a right. <laughs> musical chess. Yeah, let's, I'm sorry. For, <laughs> sorry about this, guys. But th- this way we can uh, we can get an optimum mix when you're going to perform. So we're going to move them back over to what we call the Preston to see concert carpet. Yeah. Because we is. don't have a stage. But we just have a little different colored carpet in the corner over there. So that's our concert carp- carpet area. Honestly, it is a uh, it is a very a celebrated carpet. It used that to be has sponsored. Been, it used to be sponsored, <laughs> yes. the concert carpet. You remember that? It was uh, the Amstel concert carpet. <laughs> Preston, actually, it is elevated by 1.1 millimeters. Oh, so, fabric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The well, fabric is thicker. Okay, can you guys hear us in your headphones over yeah, there? I can hear you. You sound great. Beautiful. Right. Thank you. Really, really great. All right, so, um, you know, you had mentioned, Matt, the, the, the new album. This is your fourth album. It's called Celebrity Mansions. It is. Uh, we've been playing uh, Backfoot, which is a great song. But I wanted to ask about the title track, because uh, I think it's a really fun song. Celebrity Mansions? Yeah, Celebrity yeah. Mansions. And we're, we're obsessed with the, the, the people that, I, I've said this before, when you drive by a house, and it's just massive, and you just want to say, what do you do? Yeah. How the yeah. hell? Who owns that? Who owns that yeah. house? How do you get it? But I, the, there's some great lyrics in that particular song yeah. about, I think, what is it? The uh, Instagram chicks make yeah. more than I ever will yeah. for my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. What What is that? What's the song all about? Because it, it seems to have a positive message to it that if I hang in there, if I keep working hard, I'm eventually, I may not get the, the gigantic celebrity mansion that I'm looking at, but mm-hmm. I, I will do as good as I can, you know? Yeah, I mean, so that song, we were uh, touring uh, hard when I wrote that song, and we'd bought an RV, we bought this banged-out RV, um, it was trashed, and it, it was, you know, <laughs> we lived in that for a couple of months. It was cheaper for us to buy that RV and, and tour in that for three or four tours than, than try and do the hotel thing and the van thing. So we were living in this this banged-out RV and doing these long U.S. tours, and they were great. Like, we were loving what we were doing, but that's a hard grind, like, living like that and, you know, doing that on no money and stuff. Whilst the whole, the whole time, you're kind of seeing this feed of success and these, like, perfect lives of, of people just having this, like, huge success seemingly really easily. And we were kind of, like, uh, I guess internally sort of taking that in and being like, oh, damn, like, what, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You know, you start to, like, we've been a band for a long time and, you know, like I said, we really believe in what we do. But when you're seeing that kind of... uh that sort of change in other people's lives and you're still grinding and, and no one's noticing. Yeah. The whole thing starts to... Like an influencer, like someone who may, yeah. who just simply holds up a... Pro- I mean, but yeah. but you, you get it, but you also tend to think that that's a little bit more ephemeral than something like, um, you know, somebody's not going to say, well, man, remember years ago when you endorsed that product? That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. they will be humming your songs. Yeah. You know, so that has that adds a little bit more longevity to your footprint, yeah. you know? I mean, we're not hating on it, on anyone. No, but it, it can be frustrating, right? Yeah. 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 Like, I, I'm not... It's just I'm honest. Not, yeah. I'm not putting anyone down for doing what they do. In fact, I'm stoked that people that now can, can have that opportunity. Yeah. Like, more power to them. It's just, I guess, when you're making something that, that you really... Uh, believe in, like I said, and that I that I think like, I think music has huge, uh, um, you know, value on a kind of higher level. Like sometimes, sometimes these days, I'm like, well, do people value that anymore? And that can I can make it all kind of weird. Right. But anyway, long story short, that's what I wrote. Celebrity mansions. About. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always love the 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 derivation of your of your name in general it comes from the uh, the Peter Jackson King Kong. It does, yeah. And, and, and there are many scenes in that movie. That movie is, I love Peter Jackson, but that movie is so overwrought in many, yeah. and, and many, uh, there are many scenes where it looks like a dinosaur rave going on, yeah. where there's just, yeah. there's many, 
pile-ups. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those weird things. It's, it's, a, it's a good story. Just, do you ever have any, anybody read, look for something more, you know, what, what is the meaning of that? I yeah. mean, what, of our name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's, just, it's just based on that, which I think is hilarious. It is. We get asked what our favorite dinosaur is a lot. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, well, might as well have it. What is your favorite dinosaur? Oh, yeah. oh, you evil that. I mean, it's a brontosaurus, no question. Brontosaurus? Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because like, obviously we, you know, I, I named the band all those years ago uh, after that, that movie yeah. because of a bet, actually. Because when we left the cinema, we were like, that was ridiculous. And <laughs> I, I was like, I bet you that, that um, my next band, I'll call it Dinosaur pile up the funny thing is like when i actually came up with the first songs for dinosaur i couldn't think of a name to save my life so i ended up calling it dinosaur pile up had i've known we'd still be going 12 years <laughs> I, i'd probably have picked something cooler something, yeah yeah <laughs> i think a lot of bands echo that where they yeah. think, they wish they could tinker but yeah. to me i you know uh, i i love it you know, yeah we yeah. get a lot of people asking about it so i guess that's a good if thing. you could rename the band what would you call it Ooh. Well. Uh, are you like us? Probably right? just dinosaurs. Dinosaur. 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 Dinosaur's a killer name. Dinosaur Jr. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, we get that a lot too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I try to, we constantly, somebody will say a bizarre phrase, and I'm like, that's a great band name. So yeah. we try to keep a running list. It's a mental list, but uh, I, I don't know if maybe you guys are, oh, I should have named it that. You <laughs> yeah, know? I'd call it Dinosaur if we could. I always used to joke to Mike that if Mikey ever started his own band, he should just call it Mike the Band. And I always <laughs> I love that. that. Just Mike, Mike the Band. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a band called Mike. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Proper name. Which, yeah. by the way, Mike's the drummer, and almost always the drummer gets out of the early morning interviews for some reason because there's usually an acoustic performance yeah. and the drummer doesn't have anything to do. How'd uh, you end up drawing the short stick? Are you going to sing a little bit this morning? No, or? absolutely not. No. <laughs> I just don't let him sleep in. Yeah, that's yeah. it, dude. I'm going. You're, I'm doing, it. It. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have the guitar. We have everything working now. Yeah. Would you like to play a song for us? Yeah. All right, what are we going to hear? I'm going to play back for it. All right. This is Dinosaur Pileup yeah, on MMR. All right. Mama always told me be a man That I should get my act together for a while I can Like yeah whatever I said mommy you don't understand Cause I'm gonna be super famous and rockin' in a band Yeah you know Couple years later here I am I'm living the big city life just doing what I can To get my waiting tables yeah I'm working for the man And you know Lately I'm starting to feel I feel like I'm always on the back foot Says that I'm a slob, that I'm a waste of space and super lazy. Oh my god, like yeah, whatever. I'll be riding, sleeping on the job, getting paid six eighty to wait on tables of rich ladies and the dogs. I wish that I had more than I got. I wish I wasn't Conan numbers rolling at the top. I wish I was a billionaire and balling like the rock. But you know, lately I'm starting to feel awful, like I'm always on the back foot. Yeah, I'm always on the back foot. Like I'm always on the back foot. Yeah. Now that you know me. Now that you know me. People always. 
repeating what I got. They talking trash about me cause I'm wicked and they not. Like yeah, whatever, all you jealous witches know you want. A piece of my sickness, my precious business, my vision, commitment, shit, perseverance, my feeling, my rhythm, and talent, and what? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what. I'm gonna do whatever exit I want. I'm gonna keep on doing it till I get to the top. Cause you know, I guess I'm getting used to feeling like I'm always on the back foot. Yeah, I'm always on the back foot. Yeah. on the back foot yeah I'm always on the back foot I'm always on the back foot yeah I'm always on the back foot yeah I'm always on the back foot yeah yeah nice. that's a cool sound I didn't know how it was going to sound acoustic I loved it yeah. It. yeah, it's funny doing a big rock song like that where one, it's super loud, and two, you're swearing loads, and then you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, you, and you guys have a really crunchy sound, man. You've got that full-on distorted guitar, yeah, fat sound. You're a three-piece, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. When you when you've got it stripped down like this, is this how you write them? Though, is that how you write the songs? I I, I mean I, I mean I usually write write them like turned up. Okay, you do. I, yeah. yeah. Like I I'll sometimes write a song acoustically, but I get more stoked on when you're like it's loud. Like to be honest with you, most of the songs that we write is is, is in sound check. Yeah. Because everything sounds great and it's loud as loud as hell. And, yeah. You know, mm. like so the the, the touring process is, is the is the song generating process as well. Kind of, yeah. Like, I, I use my phone, the little recording device on my phone, like, every day, like, little tiny ideas. I'll just quickly... Do you back it up? Because we've heard, who is, who is it? Was it from uh, oh, it was Kirk Hammett. Yeah. Kirk Hammett lost his phone oh, and he had, no. like, 50 loads songs. Loads of no. songs on there. Lost them all. I should probably... Put it in the cloud. <laughs> Put it in the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I had uh, first heard about you guys years ago, probably eight years ago, when uh, your song Peninsula uh, was uh-huh. out. And so, I mean, that's it's sort of a different sound as well. And, yeah. and my favorite part of that song is when it sort of breaks down and you guys do this really wonderful harmony. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if, if that's part of uh, what you guys do a, a, a lot, like as far as, the, you know, do you guys harmonize a lot? Because that's a really great part of that yeah. song. Yeah, I mean, how many, like for me, and, you know, Mikey's a big fan of that too, like I love harmony, and I love old school bands that use harmony in a beautiful way, like Beach Boys and the Beatles and everything. Well, the, the Birds, I was just listening to the Birds over the weekend, oh, yeah. and they, they yeah. did a whole bunch of stuff that was really rich, yeah. but it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Like, and 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 harmonizing, like you know, being in being in tune and, and using that like in a, in a, a creative way is is kind of um, harder than a lot of people think. I, I think, but like live, we, we crush that, and that's that's a big thing. You know what? Actually, Jim, um, our bassist, who is obviously the my, my other singer, like yeah. we do all the harmonies together. He's actually at home uh, having his first child wow. like, like right now yeah nice so he uh he won't be at the show tonight we have our friend joe filling in so we're kind of kicking it old school like with less harmonies i guess like for instance tonight but usually it's uh yeah like harmony's a big part of it i wanted to ask about uh about touring because you've mentioned that a couple times and you'd mm-hmm. mentioned the rv before what are you guys riding in now you got a bus now or no 
We're still kicking it. Really? Yeah. Kicking yeah. in the RV? No, we're, van, no. we're just in the van. Yeah. yeah. The uh, no leather seats though. Yeah. Leather seats. Well, that's good. Yeah. Is it leather or pleather? Uh, I think it's pleather. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, the RV when we when we ended our last run with it was in a really really bad way. Okay. So so bad actually that on our last drive when we were going into wherever we were going, we heard this like crazy banging rattling sound. And uh, we turned around, and the microwave... Was it the microwave? Yeah, all the screws had come out. Yeah, all the screws had come out of the microwave, which is on the kind of top part of the RV. Oh, And no. it was, like, shaking itself out. And it was, like, inches away from just falling out, like, <laughs> crushing somebody. Like, wow. Wild. Yeah. Uh, so wild. we had, uh, earlier, you know, was thinking about living out of the suitcase, which is kind of what you do. Uh, we, we were talking earlier this morning. There was a survey that said uh, 45% of Americans... Will wear their underwear two days in a row without changing. I actually read that on someone's screen yeah. here yeah. when we were saying it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, so you guys live out like, of the suitcase. Do you? Yeah, a hundred percent of people on tour do that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, yeah. you have no idea. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, touring the U.S. and and so on, it's, it's a big country. It's a huge country. Um, do you get a chance to take in a good amount of it when you're in between gigs and, and maybe see some of the sights and things like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've talked about this a bunch, actually. Like, you know, when you're touring, obviously, you're in someone new every day. So, sure, like, most of the time, you don't see a lot on those days because you get into a venue, you're doing your thing, you're getting busy. But what's cool about touring is every so often you'll get lucky where uh, a day off or two days off or something falls on something like some place that, that's really amazing. For instance, we were just uh, out with Shinedown for uh, six weeks on, on the Shinedown tour recently. And it just so happened that two of the travel days we were going to be passing through uh, like Lake Tahoe. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, it was insane. <laughs> so we, we, we had those two days. We were in Tahoe, so we kicked it. We rented a speedboat for the whole day, took it out on the lake and stuff. Loads of beers. They were like, don't swim and don't drink beers. So we did exactly that. Pierre Robert, the legendary our midday uh, DJ, has a, a place in, in Tahoe. And they, mm -hmm. the thing we always ask is, you ever go see the, you know, I don't know if you're fans of the Godfather movies, but Godfather 2, that the house is right there on Tahoe. No so, way. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. It's very cool. I did see you guys went to uh, Niagara recently. We yep. did. Yeah. yeah. And that was for your birthday, or? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was for my birthday. And, uh,. The boys said they were going to do something, which obviously I was terrified by because I thought it was going to be something terrible and yeah. something that would make me feel uncomfortable or whatever. And then I walk out of the hotel and uh, they'd got a limo for us, which was mind-blowing. We took a limo down to uh, Niagara. Again, with a cooler full of beers. <laughs> That's kind of a constant, isn't it? <laughs> we were literally out the falls for about 20 minutes. We were yeah. like, this is cool. Should we get back in the limit? Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys do the American or the Canadian side? American. Okay. Yeah. The Canadian side is a little prettier. It's, for, yeah, it's, it's like, bigger. But, yeah, but it, it is still awesome. Did you go down at all? You just hung out and looked for a little well, bit and cut that's out? Actually our, our, is that our second yeah. or third time? Second, second time. time. Okay. Yeah. So the first time we ever went there, we, we went down and we took the boat into the... Made in the mist? Yeah. The yeah. Mist, yeah, yeah which yeah. was killer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't realize how how wet you're going to get doing that. No, yeah. or how freaking loud it is. So crazy, the roar yeah. of that thing. Yeah, yeah. But this time, like Mike said, we, uh, we yeah, we were out of the limo for about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like I, I describe when you go to the Smithsonian Institute. It's a wonderful museum. It's just got everything, but. After a while, you're like, uh, uh, look, it's a Hope Diamond. Let's go. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's enough, well, enough. While they're in town, I saw a note on my, my information. I, I guess Marissa wrote this. I'm not sure it says, and they love Lorenzo's Pizza. Oh. oh. 
pizza. So you guys don't have to go buy Lorenzo's, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That mm. pizza's amazing. It's so huge. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's the gigantic yeah. pizza. Preston's neighbor. Yeah, my neighbor yeah. owns that. No so. way. Yeah, yeah. That's good Maybe pizza. he'll just send you one. You don't even have yeah. to go. That's, re- <laughs> That's really good pizza. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be the foundry tonight. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> about about be... nine o'clock. <laughs> Actually, they, you guys can use it as a, as a, as a blanket in the... Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Can we get another song uh, before you guys wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna play another one. Okay. Um, it's called Round the Band. It's on the new record. I just I just really like it. Round right. the Band. Is Excellent. that cool? Absolutely. Nice. Whatever you want to do. It's Dinosaur Pileup on MMR. Here we go. All right. for coming by here today. We appreciate it. Love yeah. your band Thanks, and man. continued success. Thank you for having us. You bet, man. Matt and Mike. Yeah. With that, we're going to take a quick break. Come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay with us. This is 
I'll take Nick McElwain's birthday for 1,000, Preston. All right, your clue. This local Philadelphia phenomenon visited the Preston and Steve show to play Jeopardy, therefore fulfilling one of Nick's bucket list dreams. Hmm. Who is 16-time Jeopardy champion Ryan Long? That is correct. Hey, see who is victorious. The Daily Rush video featuring Nick and Ryan's unofficial Tournament of Champions is available now on PrestonandSteve.com. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Sorry, we'll start with this story of a very large shark. Was a, a very large shark. Very large shark. Was spotted circling a group of four people as they tried to escape a boat that had just burst into flames in Sydney, Australia. Of course. Uh, the group saw smoke coming from the engine room of the 34 foot luxury mar- uh, mariner as it floated near Watson's Bay. They quickly put on their life jackets and they contacted NSW Maritime as the flames began to overtake the boat. A rescue team was dispatched but the group were forced to jump into the water before they arrived as the fiberglass boat was almost completely engulfed. So here you go. Burn to death or jump into shark infested waters. waters. Uh, so the According to the director of the NSW Maritime, Roger Week said our boating safety officer and the men rescued actually saw very large sharks swimming past. He described the rescue as a miracle, explaining that the blaze appears to have been caused by an electrical fault in the engine compartment. Uh, and he commended the group for immediately contacting the authorities, putting their life jackets on and jumping into the water. They weren't. Well, well, well. Yeah, looky here. Looky here. <laughs> Barbecue. This is just not your day. A man is facing charges for exposing and touching himself in public for the second time in one week. Well, now he ha- now he's getting it right. Jason Teets uh, uh, was first arrested January. Maybe I understand why he's doing it. Uh, January 9th, following his incident at the Hotel Zamora in my, my name is Teets on St. Pete Beach. Uh, police said Teets was found naked and touching himself at the hotel's rooftop lounge. He was arrested and bonded out shortly after. Great place, huh? Police said Teets was caught again on Saturday, this time on Clearwater Beach. Mr. Teets, would you please stop spanking it? According to an arrest report, five young girls spotted Teets pleasuring himself near the cabanas in front of the Hyatt Regency Hotel. So the girls told the cabana boy, 17-year-old Tyler Bauer. What am I supposed to do? Uh, Bauer tried to apologize, I'm sorry, tried to approach Teets uh, to see what was I'm happening. I'm so sorry, I see you're busy. <laughs> would you mind stopping that? <laughs> Mr. Teets. I am an authorized cabana boy. Uh, he said he just kind of walked off, and when I followed him and yelled, get back here, you're not going to get away with what you just did. The teen chased the suspect into a nearby parking garage where he and a, fr- a few good Samaritans were able to hold on to Teets. Why, Mr. Uh, Teets, you're beautiful. Until police arrived. Uh, police responded and took Teets into custody. He now faces several felonies, including lewd and lascivious. This is my brother, Mr. Nips. <laughs> <laughs> Different dad. Exactly. Arrest records show that uh, Teets is actually facing similar charges in South Dakota as well. Um, He's a busy man. Spanking around. In South Dakota and then all the way down to Florida. Dakota. All right. And then one last story. You saw this yesterday. A colossal disk of ice that looked like something from out of this world formed on a river in Maine earlier this week. It actually looks like a lunar photograph. Yeah. The city of Westbrook, Maine, shared amazing images on Monday of a giant frozen disk that formed on the uh, Presumpscot River. Look at this, Kathy. 
A web, oh, yes, I saw this. A web developer's, uh, a web developer's company has an office overlooking the river where the disc formed. Estimates the disc could be 300 feet in diameter and rotating counterclockwise. Uh, Doug Bertelsman said it kind of looks like a crop circle. It's pretty wild. It looks like out. a crop circle or whatever. <laughs> I, I ain't never seen nothing like that. This uh, is a still photo, though. But if you see the video, it's it, spinning like it's, a spinning disc. Yes, it sure is. Uh, the photos show the ice disc uh, <laughs> and to be larger than a nearby multi-story parking garage. Uh, Matt Battle, an associate pres- professor of physics at uh, Bowdoin College, said that... Uh, you know what? I think that's larger than the parking garage. He said... I've never seen it. <laughs> that's what I think. I've never seen anything like it's it. probably smaller than like the Houston Astrodome. Uh, he said it's definitely not being caused by the uh, Coriolis force. Yeah, they're, they're uh, from the Transformer. No, that's uh, what objects experience because of the oh. Earth's rotation. Uh, he said it's marvelous. It looks marvelous. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, the ice disc does not appear to be going up or downstream at this time, and it could get bigger as more ice forms. Well, the funny, the, I, you can see there's a curve in the topography there that um, th- where it helped form it, but it it, it is rotating slowly. Uh, it, it it is worth looking at. I know it sounds dumb, but it's pretty amazing. It looks almost perfectly. S- yeah. Circular. So, uh, but anyhow, the it's city. The goddamnest thing I ever saw. Posted a drone video of the ice disc on its Facebook page. And that's what I have in the bizarre file for you at this point in time. We are going to take a break. We will return. And we'll uh, see if you've been paying attention to today's program. We'll have a lesson question. And uh, we'll also get into the trash and music news when we get back. So stay with us. Disturbed are back with a new track. And no, it's not that margarita mashup. Check out the video for Hey You on WMMR.com. And while you're there, listen to Brett Porsche's interview with Dan Donegan, who gives us an update on the upcoming Disturbed album. Find it all at WMMR.com. A few weeks ago, we had uh, Cindy Williams and Dee Dee Kahn stop by our studio. They were performing in uh, Middletown at the Bucks County Playhouse. Yes. And we had such a great time <clears throat> with them. And we found out, starring in the same show, was another person that we've wanted to get in our studio for years. And we said, could you put a good word in? Tell them we're okay, guys. <laughs> and sure enough, he's here before us. And sitting to my left, ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Zemet. Yay! Adrian Smith, I thought he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, we're not kidding. We, we're here. We've been talking about you forever, right, Preston? Uh, we have. We absolutely have. We, we are fans. Has anybody ever said to you, "I thought you were dead before"? Though <laughs> <laughs> that's a slight insult. Well, actually, there was an episode of The Simpsons where I was the, uh, in a, one of their musical numbers, uh-huh. and I popped out of a coffin saying, "And I'm not dead." <laughs> <laughs> That's something about you ever oh, since, and I, I've honestly, we, we've loved so much of, of what you've done, but you've always had fun with your own image, which is an endearing quality. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you know, you. like it's, I mean, you like, right from the get-go, even for Christ's sake on T.J. Hooker, which sort of put you on on the map, you, you, you there was always sort of a knowing, fun aspect of that, you know, and Shatner, of course, is was has always been great at that. Yeah, you know, n- know knowing how to play it both ways with a wink. Yeah, and uh, and and so throughout your career, but here you are in this in this play, and again, uh, Middletown, uh, and it's 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 two couples, and uh, there there's sort of it, there's some comedy, there's some 
some sadness, but it's just it's the way they've yeah. grown over the years. And what drew you to this? The, exactly that. Um, yeah. I'm used to you know I, I've been through this the, the Eastern Seaboard so many times with musicals. Yeah, uh, uh, and I'm used to just. Uh, being drenched in sweat by the end of the show and, and doing it. And then I, I read this play, and it was such a, a simple play. It, it's just about two couples who have dinner every Friday night for 33 years. Right. They're best friends. And it's they're normal people, and life happens to them. Mm-hmm. And it truly is a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, we suck you in by... Uh, all our all of our little charming quirks that the couples have and everything, and then life happens. There are tragedies in life that you have to deal with, uh, relationship problems with uh, your spouse uh, and everything. But there is a, a an incredible message. There are so many messages in this uh, in this piece. I think it's a very important piece because we deal with a lot of social problems, mm-hmm. and my God, we're we're having that problem today, aren't we? Well, yeah. and I, I thought we have come a long way, but maybe we haven't. It's it's good to revisit and remember, and, yeah. and also just remember what sort of unifies us. And I get the feeling that this is uh, this exposes a lot of things that bring us all together. Yeah, because we. They, 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 it, Many playwrights have said, David Mamet said, you know, the, the play that's happening in the house next to yours is as, you know, riveting as anything yeah. you'll see on Broadway. It's, yeah. it's just, it's the nature of, yeah. of life. And what what is the great fascinating thing about this this play is is that uh, the words speak for themselves. Yeah. Uh, we actually, uh, there's there's a play called Love Letters, if anybody knows about it. Yeah, I do, yeah. People, the two actors just sit at a table and read these letters. Uh, we're actually reading from the scripts uh, the entire night, and after the first uh, few minutes, nobody even pays attention that we're reading it uh, out of the scripts because we really get caught up in it. Da- Dan Clancy wrote a brilliant script, and that's why this play is so good. So, so we, again, we're unabashed fans of yours going back throughout uh, your history. So let's go back to the beginning. You were in high school. You wanted to be uh, in sports. You got yeah. injured. You yeah. got into musicals. Yeah, I literally broke my leg <laughs> you're very, very, to get into show business. Very dangerous <laughs> injury. You're, you're uh, like severed an artery, right? Or, or yeah, I had a compound fracture, and uh, uh, I had about three or four operations just to straighten the leg out uh-huh. uh, uh, and everything. It was pretty bad. In fact, um, <laughs> you guys have done your homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked about this in a long time. Uh, they were actually going to, they actually wanted my, my father to uh, sign on and mom to sign a, 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 you know, a release that they may have to amputate. Oh, my, my God. Leg. Uh, it was so bad, wow. and my father wouldn't do it. No, uh, being from the old country, he didn't trust doctors. So. <laughs> it's a Romanian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so you do that? You do Guys and Dolls at, uh, in high school, right? Yeah, I did. That was the first show that I did, and I said, "Hey, I'm good at this." You fell in love with it, and that was it. Uh, you know, I said, "This is what I want to do with the rest of my life." <laughs> my, my father was almost disowned me. But <laughs> <laughs> it must be hard because I mean, you know, when especially you know, the, apparently, from what I understand, like a, a regular work ethic, a solid work ethic. When you say you want to go do something like that, and as as risky as entertainment. How tough a sell was that? And did you just have to say, I'm going to go do this, and that's it? Well, I'm, I'm actually first-generation Romanian, so yeah. my family came, you know, to America to for their kids to, you know, yeah. be doctors and lawyers. And I come up to my dad and say, I'm going to be an actor. And right. like, uh, uh, <laughs> the funny funny thing about him is I won him over. I, I literally, out of acting school, I got one of the last national tours of the original Greece. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, 
uh, we were playing in sh- uh, my hometown of Chicago. You were playing Zuko. Yeah, I was playing Danny, and uh, we were going into a very big theater into Chicago, and there was no, and, and nobody really knew very much about Greece at that time. Right. The movie had not come out uh, yet. Uh, it was just a, a hit on Broadway, and you know there were a few national tours. So the company manager said, look, we're having a lot of trouble with this uh, opening night. We're going to paper the house. Tell your dad that you can ha- invite the entire congregation. So, Oh, man, that's a prof- oh, I, I priest. I didn't mention that my father was a, is a priest, <laughs> oh, an, wow. an Orthodox priest. <laughs> right. They and, can get married. And or, Greece is Eastern very, Orthodox priests can get married. Yeah. Greece is very profane. <laughs> the, the, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stage Are you show. Kidding? Yeah. I'm doing, giving the finger on the show. And it's like, you know, the original Greece was not meant for kids. It was meant for adults <laughs> looking back on their lives in right. high school. Uh, so he brings down the congregation. So I, there were like, you know, 500, uh, you know, uh, Romanian people screaming. <laughs> and yelling, and they had their uh, gypsy violins, and they were going, <laughs> you know, singing the act. Every time I came out, it was, there was a big cheer. It was then that they, uh, my father was won over, and he, okay. you know, kind of, although he didn't understand when I, I ended up getting uh, television and film, when I, I was doing T.J. Hooker, <laughs> he 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 didn't really understand what, what that was all about, so he says, you... You work for one hour. What you do rest of week? <laughs> Great. You are a bum. That's a good question. Not realizing. <laughs> going going to your, your television career, Steve had reminded me a, a part of your career that I, I had forgotten about, but you were the host of Dance Fever. Yes, I was. You took over after Denny Terrio yep. was gone. Yeah. And, uh, that was a blast. It had to have been, right? Yeah. I, I, at that time, you know, there weren't that many opportunities to do music music in, in television uh, in the 80s. And uh, I had done Grease 2 at that point. Uh, and I'll bet I was a song and dance man originally uh, on Broadway, and uh, it was a syndicated um, show, and it was yeah. it was actually yeah. huge. It, 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 it was monstrous, it, it, yeah. Yeah. and it was without, it predated Kathy all of these uh, dance judge shows. Yeah, yeah. Quote, unquote, like the yeah the earlier time of that, yeah. right? And it was yeah. there was nothing like it, and you had uh, motion. I think was the backup group, right? That right. Dance, would dance with you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Wayne Gretzky's uh, wife, uh, Janet Jones, was uh, one of one of the the, what, the girls. She's one of the dancers, yeah. motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah, there you go. You've got you've got a big <laughs> We're watching the yeah. video of it. It's a dirty job, but somebody <laughs> had to do. How about oh. that mullet? Huh? Look at that hair, <laughs> huh? Adrian, dude. You may have just taken the crown as the greatest yeah. mullet ever. Yeah. I like. I liked you on this show, and, and I, I was not. I'm like I. There's, I hated Denny Terrio. However, I loved you on the show. So I, thanks a lot. Uh, Adrian Zemed's doing this that I'm going to watch. Yeah, I, I look back on some of this stuff and the. What were we thinking in the 80s? I know. I mean, some of the outfits that they even put me in. I, I was in spandex. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all coming back though. It was just. Uh, it was a time where everyone looks and goes, "What were we?" I know. Thinking? Listen, it's coming I, back though. I yeah. not like. That. Adrian, Although I just cut my mullet off last week. <laughs> I, I had a world-class mullet in the 80s as well, and I always justify that by, okay, so did David Bowie, so did Bono, some of the coolest people on the planet had yeah. that style at the time. We were all we under were that all bizarre influence. Yeah, so, absolutely. We were all know. doing it. And I, <laughs> while I was doing T.J. Hooker, I was still trying to grow a, mu- a mullet and uh, and everything, and Aaron Spelling would, would always yell at me. I was our boss on, on yeah. that. You had some rocking-ass hair on T.J. Hooker. <laughs> yeah. And also, you, you did it for a lot me. A lot of hair for a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and you and Heather Locklear with massive yeah. manes of, of hair. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, they, you did a thing for Me TV, and it was true because on on uh, TG oh, Hooker, you, you were constantly that? with your shirt off, <laughs> and it was. Yeah. And so, uh, was there sort of a thing written into your your deal, or did you did they, every episode have at least one post workout scene where you were? Shirtless, because you're always in good shape. You know the funny. I I got into this business because I wanted to be an actor. Right. (laughs) That's it. I never even wanted to do television film. I just wanted to work in theater. Right. That's all I ever wanted to do. And then one thing happens, and then you're just whisked away, and suddenly you're in Hollywood, and you're you're doing all this stuff. You're a good-looking guy, though. You're photogenic, so I'm sure that that worked in your favor, right? (laughs) Of course it did. But all I really wanted to do was have good acting roles and whatever. And uh, you know when. I was the when I arrived in Hollywood. I was the poor man's John Travolta. There weren't a lot of guys who looked Italian and could dance really well. Right, right. Because I had been doing Broadway shows and stuff, so I got pigeonholed into this punky thing, and yeah. that's all I kept on doing is is that stuff. And my man, my manager said, "Trust me, this will get you the roles that you want." And he was right. Yeah, because. Uh, when it, when I wasn't doing hunky things, I was looking for like TV movies with substance to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did the, the, it was a good balance. Well, Jesus, are, are, you're you're good friends with Bill Chat, William Shatner, right? Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, we're currently working on a few projects with his uh, his production company. Actually, we're uh, letting it out right now. We're actually thinking of bringing Hooker back. Oh, that in, in a comical way. That'd be okay. awesome. Uh, Perfect. Bill is eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they, they yeah. did an SNL parody one time. That's a classic because he. Would always jump on the hood of a car during the show, <laughs> yeah. and there, it's like a cross country chase. Where and I he's... think Dana Carvey played your character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the funny thing about it is, is that when we did Hooker, Bill, Bill pretty much did push the envelope on asking for ridiculous things yeah. for for Hooker to do. Okay. I mean, we had like technical advisors from LAPD there, and and he said, "Look, no, no, no I, I got this idea. I got this idea. How about I just I just run over to the helicopter, and as it's going up, I just grab onto." the rung of the helicopter and as when we're up in the air I take my gun out and I go bring it down <laughs> <laughs> and the, the TA standing there going Nobody would ever do that. <laughs> no, trust me, trust me. This, this is going to be exciting. And the audience is going to love it. And he would do stuff like that all the time. And it was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The, uh, the 80s were a different time, you know. They really you ever, were. Did you ever see the 1987 National Aerobic Champion uh, ships brought to you by Crystal Light that were hosted by Alan Thick? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, the reason I bring it up is that watching the dance um, stuff, it, it sort of reminded me of that because I had these aerobic stuff going on in the background. Did you ever take a gig like that and immediately regret it or look back on it a few years later and <laughs> regret it? Uh, there were a lot. Because <laughs> you're a working actor, but you also yeah. got to pay the bills and pay the rent. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, like, when I, again, I, when I became an actor, I wanted to cure cancer with my acting. Right. But yeah. it ended, I ended up doing musicals, and there's very few musicals you can cure cancer with. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, none come to mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I ended up doing, quite, like, again, these silly, hunky roles and everything. But then, you know, then you, you keep on doing them. They were, back in the day, you, now... We have likes and how many followers you have, right. like on Facebook. Back in the day, in the eighties, before the internet and everything, there was a Q rating. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like uh, the Q rating it would say, "Okay, how many actors do we have that has a eighty Q rating and this and that?" Okay, we're going to bring him in, bring him in, bring him in to pair with the lady who has this Q rating and stuff like that. So. You're a victim of the system at that time, uh, and all you can do is just hope and pray that you can get uh, decent scripts. 
Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Adrian Zemet is here. Uh, a lot of people texting in about various parts of your career since we're talking about that, Adrian. And somebody, the top text here says, poor man's Travolta, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> he made Bachelor Party, uh, which is an absolute, it's it's one of my favorite films. And you we- have one of the best lines in the movie. I think, personally, me and my friends still say it from time to time. When the When the moment is right, I only have a part of it. But you're talking to Tom Hanks' character, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you probably know what I'm going to refer to. Drunken guys, dr- drunken college kids come up to me all the time and say, say it, man. <laughs> <laughs> say it. So you're like, I, I wish you know, somebody I could love. Tom, Tom was jealous that I had all the quotable lines yeah. in the show. I mean, I, I know which one you're, you're going to bring up, but I had several. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, several I'll just play the, the short part of the clip, which yeah. is this. Hey, look at that cans on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you're telling him, so, man, I really would love to have a relationship. I would love like, to have this relationship that you have, and someday I'll have kids and, and, and be happy. And, hey, look at that cans on that bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, oh. honestly, you are so damn funny. Oh, that. God. You know, in the opening sequence where you're the <laughs> photographer, <laughs> the kids photographer, this bunch. Dusty Milf yeah. comes in, and people don't remember. I was reminding Preston this morning. You actually go over and you start to get in the picture, and yeah. you actually push the kid out of the way. <laughs> we put him down to go to sleep, <laughs> oh. and, and we're posing on the girl's breasts and everything like that. You know that movie. Uh, <laughs> Tom and I lived very close to each other. So, and and so we we, we lived in Studio City, and the the the, the uh, uh, soundstage that we were shooting this at was uh, in Culver City. So it was a Pretty good distance to go on the on the four hundred five freeway, and you so you've we been on bosom, bosom buddies, right? Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I played Johnny Midnight, his right. his uh, boyhood friend from yeah. uh, from camp. So you knew him? Uh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And we so we carpool carpool to work because we go yeah. to in, in the carpool lane and everything. And as every day after we, you know, we get in the car and go. We're, our careers are over. <laughs> our careers are really over. What are we doing? Yeah. This, yeah. this is going to be terrible. Yeah. No. All we did was show up for 13 hours a day and goof off. Yeah. yeah. Almost nothing of what the script originally was was in there. We just ad-libbed. We just goofed off. And, and honestly, some of the funniest scenes in the movie, never made it into the movie because we had gotten an X rating. It was rated X? It, it, yeah. It, it, wow. It, back then, the, the, the ratings uh, were a lot stiffer. It pushed us over into an X, so they had to edit a lot of scenes. Everything you saw, like in, 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 in Something About Mary yeah. and, and stuff, we oh, did yeah. that. We did yeah. all that stuff, you know, t- 15 years before that. I mean, there's a there's a horse scene. <laughs> with a, there's a horse. A donkey show. Let me tell you about this. Yeah. <laughs> the donkey, the donkey actually died. What? what? They brought him back to life. No, they literally, <laughs> they literally me? shot him <laughs> with some shot of something so for him to go, <laughs> and then he keeled over. And his heart stopped. Oh, my God. And we've got all these people, these people, you know, there's like a hundred extras. Many of, you know, the girls are, are half naked and everything. We're all standing there going, oh, my God. They killed the donkey. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dear Lord, name you resurrected a donkey, Adrian Zeman? And, and they did the, the whole adrenaline thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, they put yeah. the, the, oh my the God. in his heart and he came back. Because the donkey oh in the movie is, yeah. is, and we're showing the scene, is is, is, is lapping up a whole bunch of the drugs that are right. on the table. It's a snorting coke. 
cocaine. Tony Alessandrini, that girl, she was one of the top uh, burlesque shippers in the country. Uh, thank you. I knew she was yeah. something special because I yeah. was a young man when I saw that. And uh, <laughs> dear Lord, she was one of the sexiest women I've ever seen. It's, so the movie, the guys behind her, like uh, Pat Proft, who did the, the Police Academy Great movies. Great guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, Israel was, I can't forget the guy. The Neil Israel. Right. These yeah. guys were doing all of that next wave of comedy yeah. that became iconic stuff to us. Yeah. And and this and Bachelor Party is at the forefront yeah. of. I mean, there is so much that is wrong in this movie. I'm sorry yeah. to hear all the laughing in the background, it's but the scene is playing scene. on our monitor right yeah. now. Yeah. He literally like, snorted. The donkey snorts <laughs> three lines of coke. Yeah. You definitely. It's, could. A, it's a real good kids movie. Yeah, it's a, I, I really. So you, you're thinking your career is over, yeah. but but no, no, no. And then, honestly, when we saw the first cut, it was like but Tom and I looked at each other. This is funny. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? Uh, is there uh, any chance you could go back and re-release the director's cut by any chance? Or is it too late? Back back then, they didn't save that kind of footage. Oh. Yeah, oh, now, now they do all the time. And they do it all they, the time yeah. because of everything they do. But honestly, there was one scene that was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're the... The bachelor, the party's not going very well. The hookers haven't showed up. We're we're sitting in the in the in the hotel room looking at a at a Shirley Temple movie, right. <laughs> and it's just not going. The well. hookers go to the wrong right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I say, you know, Rick, let's let's go downstairs and get something to eat. I'm hungry. So we we get into the. Uh, I'm not going to do this. Say this on radio. This was cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I said, you know, sit in this booth. This is the best booth in the place. So he sits in there. And uh, all of a sudden, you hear a zipper sound. His <laughs> eyes light up. Right. There's a girl underneath who mm-hmm. is Taking care going of to give him a happy ending of <laughs> yeah, yes. some sort. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, saying my gift to you. Yeah. And we see the the minister who's going to marry him walk into the restaurant. and go, oh, father, over here. Come on, over here. So he comes to the edge and he starts having a conversation with, with us. And Tom's going, oh, Jesus. Oh, mother of God. Oh, mother Mary and Joseph. Oh, he's writhing and everything. And, and I say, if he always says grace before he eats. So. <laughs> Great. He can't take it anymore. He gets up and runs out. I said, Father, sit here. It's the best seat in the house. <laughs> Close up on his face, you hear the zipper sound, and his eyes go oh, like, like, like That's great. Didn't make it in the movie. Oh, we wow. had offended everybody else. They didn't want to offend the Catholics. Oh, so. It's so now, freaking funny. You, you and Tom were friends. Uh, could you tell then what, what a talent he was oh, and what he was yeah. going to go on to And be? honestly, one of the nicest guys in the business. That's, Everything that's ever happened to him, he, de- he deserves every bit of it. He's a great, great guy. That's great. Very talented. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Tom was not originally cast in that role, and Mm. neither was Tony Katane. Tony Katane was the it girl of the time, and she was those White Snake videos. It predates the White Snake video. Who was? Well, we shot one month with the other uh, cast. Who was it? Oh, no way. It was Paul Reiser. Really? And Kelly McGinnis. Oh, Oh, my goodness. goodness. Did they get fired? Well, there the producers just felt there wasn't a chemistry going on yeah. uh, and everything. And uh, Tom, they had just seen uh, 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 a screening of Splash. Okay. Oh, 
and they they said we really need to get that guy uh, know, that's like, uh, for this. I couldn't even imagine. And Paul Reiser's talented man, oh, but he's, he's great. He, he, he just was, doesn't have. He the was connecting. very funny, was he? He was very funny. Yeah. He just wasn't a chemistry uh, that was going that's on. That's happened before. Back to the Future. Eric yeah. Stoltz was uh, they filmed for quite a while with right. him in the yeah. lead role, and uh, and the scene where he falls and hits his head. That's Eric Stoltz's head uh, when he falls out of the tree, bonks his head on the. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Eric Stoltz. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did not well, know that. It's uh, it, if if you've never seen bachelor party and uh, it's it's worth going back for a visit a number of people also texting in asking if we're going to bowl tonight Adrian. <laughs> you know it's funny i've, I've had the the great fortune uh and lucky to have two cult classic movies that are really they're, they're targeting completely different people yeah <laughs> and it's just really kind of kind of cool after all these years you know in in theater which is really my first love, and that's why I still do theater. I, right. If I'm going to be doing television and film, I'd rather be behind the camera these days. But if I'm going to act, I w- I'd rather be on a stage. Because I that, see that is the actor's medium. It's, yeah. it's electric. It's like a drug. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Grease, too, it, it was one of the, an opportunity to put almost... It was my Danny Zuko that I put on film. Right, because yep. you weren't. You weren't. They had to create a. They yeah, created a, yeah. another yeah. character, which is basically Danny Zuko. Yeah, uh, and it was it was a weird thing because you had uh, Grease comes out. You have Travolta's on a on a meteoric rise. You have Olivia Newton John. You have all these big stars in it, and then they go with Grease too, and they cast not unknowns, but 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 they actually did something really kind of. Uh, they were took a big chance. Yes, in what they did, uh, they did not. It was very unique what they did. They also created a they they created a musical that was never a proven hit on Broadway. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so none of these songs had had ever been heard. It didn't have a track record or any uh, anything. And a lot of people, you know, Grease One obviously was was a massive, a huge uh, um, uh, success. But it, Grease Two didn't actually do b- badly. It it, 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 it in its uh, uh, theatrical release, it made about eighty to to hundred million dollars. I, I watched uh, at it. that time, and people think that it wasn't as big a hit, but to the, today, yeah. it outrents and outsells Greece. One, really, what? it's more kid friendly, and it's oh, actually more the, of the essence of what Greece, the original Broadway show, was about. Mm. It was about all the T birds. It was about all the Pink Ladies. Uh, whereas the, the movie uh, of Greece became a, a vehicle for John and Olivia. Mm-hmm. In the uh, in the play, Kanicki sings Grease Lightning. Not to, not Danny. That's true. It's his yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody has had a song in in, in the in the in the Broadway show to, to tell you their story, and that's what. So it's more of an ensemble piece. And Grease Two was directed by uh, Pat Birch, who was the choreographer of the Broadway show. So she wanted me to do that role badly because they wanted they wanted to put a rock star in that role because there weren't any known faces. Michelle had just done, I think, Hollywood Nights. This is Michelle Pfeiffer with Tony Danza. Right, right. At that point, it wasn't a big hit or anything like I that. Remember, and yeah. and and uh, Maxwell Caulfield was not. He was an English actor, <clears throat> but hadn't done much. And they really wanted a rock star uh, in that role, but Pat wanted me to do it. So she strategically brought me in. After they would see like one of like Casey and the Sunshine Boys or right, one, of, yeah. one of the Gibb brothers or whatever. And then I went in and said, all right, it's still his. All right. It's still his. until after 12 callbacks, they finally said, wow, right, it's his role. Well, yeah. honestly, I watch it every time it's on. It has a good energy to it. You're, again, sort of a self-deprecating, funny guy. The whole bowling sequence is pretty, you know, it's. 
it, you, you can't help but get swept up in it, and it has its own energy. And, and to this yeah. point, you had a lot of talented people involved with it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people came out of that uh, that thing. Even the, the Seagal twins went on. The girls who were the cheerleaders went on to uh, have their own series. And Dee Dee Calm was the only uh, member. Carry of the first, over. Or what's that? Yeah, yeah she, she came was over a carryover the from the, from the the first one. Yeah. And is she still in this performance yes. in Middletown? The Erie. Yes, yes, she is. Yes, and she not is. only that, but Anson Williams is as well. Yeah, and, um, Potsy from uh, Happy Days. Yeah, and, and Sally Struthers. Sally Struthers. Uh, is, yeah. uh, is also in it. I actually did Grease with Sally here. Really? In Philadelphia. Many, we came through many times. We did the Tommy Toon reversion uh, 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 in the 90s. And I think we were here through, the, through, through uh, Philadelphia several times. Wow. Wilmington several times uh, uh, and all. But uh, go ahead. So, well, you, you have a lot of fans in Philadelphia, and to prove that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show something to you. I don't know if anybody has made you aware of this or not, but I, I think Steve, Steve made a, an offhand comment one day about uh, somebody getting an Adrian Zemed tattoo. So we do this We do this uh, feature every Tuesday called Tattoo Day. People come in and actually get a tattoo from our show. It's called The President Steve. You know, they'll get a tattoo with us in it, and we've been doing it for years and years and years. We had a guy who called in and volunteered to get oh, an Adrian Zemed tattoo. God, I'm looking at it right this now. This is a guy. <laughs> that's your face on his right peck. It's huge. This was just this was within the last year. Within right? the last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah that we and had the guy this done. eagerly came in. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me that that's not permanent. That's not permanent. It is. That's a real tattoo on this man. So when chest. he's 90 years old and I look 90 on his chest, <laughs> yes. What was I thinking? So we took a picture of you from Greece too and and that is now permanently on this guy's chest. Adrian. This reminds me of a of a of a something that Sally Struthers said about uh, uh, t- tattoos uh, back when we were doing Greece. She said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I back in the 60s, you know, I was a flower child. I got a tattoo of a butterfly on on my on my butt. Now it's going into its cocoon." <laughs> That's hilarious. So you do indeed have some rabid fans here in but Philadelphia. Uh, honestly, it's a it's a great show and it's a magical cast. I mean, uh, we're we're having a lot of fun with it. That's and great. It's we, we we grab everybody and it's very funny in the beginning, but then it gets gets pretty serious uh, in, in the middle. Have... And it's a show. It's a show about saying you, we've got to. Stop and smell the flowers. We have to like grab the moment. It's a good message. It's at the at the end of the the, the show. It's like uh, it, it, it makes you say we've got to do the things now yeah. that we're going to regret that we didn't do. Right. Yeah. Well, we are we are so delighted that you had a chance to come by here. We are big fans. Nice to come in. We knew you'd be great. Yeah, yeah we knew you'd be cool. <laughs> That's great, man. Excellent. It's my pleasure. And you know what? We should do a promotion where we go bowling with Adrian. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, some love for Adrian's man. Thank you so much. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. This is take Nick McElwain's birthday for 1,000, Preston? All right, your clue. This local Philadelphia phenomenon visited the Preston and Steve show to play Jeopardy, therefore fulfilling one of Nick's bucket list dreams. Hmm. Who is 16-time Jeopardy champion Ryan Long? That is correct. Hey, see who was victorious. The Daily Rush video featuring Nick and Ryan's unofficial Tournament of Champions is available now on PrestonandSteve.com. I'm going to welcome our next guest. And uh, you know him from 
uh, not only performing, but uh, a lot of written material in the world of films. He does it all. I mean, like uh, Night at the Museum. Yes. And, of course, we know him from uh, I Love You, Man, Reno 911. I'll play a little clip. This was... Uh, what is this from uh, a loving man? You're a whore, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. It's literally, it's going, it's going on my tombstone. <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. And then here's uh, from Reno 911 is Dangle. Oh, I've oh. had some boots on layaway here at uh, Zapateria La Baila Arena <laughs> for Western fashion. You remember all the, you can't do a Western fashion, you can't do any better. Well, not in Reno, not at these prices. Because <laughs> here in Reno, you really can't beat Zapateria La Baila Arena. <laughs> well, you can, but not at these prices, really. Let's do it. And there Let's do it, it is. the state. Uh, he's here to promote his new book, Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. This is Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Goofing, no boat goofing. How are you Hi doing, guys? Man. It's nice to be here in pants. Yeah. Yes, you were picture of me on the wall in the in the short shorts. In your dangle shorts. Actually, yeah. a couple of and you and a couple of your castmates came in. It was a we great did. day. We were in our smaller studio. Yep. This used to be the day. There used to be an era when you could walk around in shorts with a gun and nobody cared. <laughs> Yep. It's just like we beautiful did whatever. time. People were touching butts. It was the greatest time. Where did there. that go? Uh, All that hard work Caligula did out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. I'm, I'm very excited about this this book because um, I was reading an interview with you talking. Mm-hmm. It's Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. Exactly. And um, there, everyone has that that first series of books that gets them into reading. And I think you had mentioned that you were a fan of. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. Yep. And that Hitchhiker's was, Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Galaxy. I mean, and as, as, as was I. And you always have that moment where you realize, oh, my God, uh, a reading is interesting and fun. fun. Yeah. That's exactly, you know, um, I, I wrote the book for, like, a person, like, the age that I was when I read, like, Douglas Adams. So about 14? Guide. Yeah, like 11 or 12. Yeah. And uh, I wanted it to, I just wanted to write a really funny book. Right. And a book that you could laugh while you're reading. It's not, it's not heavy lifting. I'll tell you right now. This is some pretty, it's for... <laughs> <laughs> it's for beginning readers and people who are just getting into books, and uh, you know the kind of the kind of reader I was. But know. there's there's a place there's a place for that, and I think of l- listen, if something like this takes off, and you J.K. Rowling and and you know Thank Harry you. Potter and all that stuff, it, it builds and it becomes part of uh, something larger. I mean. You know, I, I think when we were talking about uh, the, the first edition or first copy of uh, of uh, the, the first Harry Potter book is selling for some ridiculous amount, but for so many people that that defined their entree into reading. Oh yeah, uh, and so mm-hmm. there, I mean, as you're writing that, are you just thinking this is going to be a, a fun cast off, or could this, you know, are you also entertaining the notion? This could be the beginning something of something bigger. huge. Yeah, it is. It is has turned into something bigger. So it's going to be at least three books right now in the series, and. Uh, you know, I started writing it, basically, if you write movies, it just crushes your soul. It's like a rough, I mean, it's like... there's so many cooks in oh, the kitchen. We got fired off Night at the Museum, our biggest hit. I was fired off of that movie three different times. Wow. <laughs> really? Wow. That's how it goes. Yeah. You turn a draft, and they're like, you know what? We hate you. <laughs> and we're just going to try, they're like, we're going to try anybody else for the next couple of weeks. And then they always end up coming back to you, and you, you get fired, you come back. But the fun thing about being in the movie business is you just read that you're fired on the internet how most wa- of the time. How wonderfully warm. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. How the best people in the world yeah. making these movies, guys. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get in the books and see and like write something that's 100% my sense of humor. Since Reno 911, the Ronan Boyle is probably the closest thing to just like my unfiltered sense of humor. Tom, yep. I'm so amazed at in the, in the movie industry how much stuff just... Is created and then just nothing happens. Nothing. And I, the idea of me sitting down and writing a volume of material, forget it. It would be a life's work to write one thing for me. It would take my entire life to do it. And the fact that people can crank this stuff out, Mm -hmm. have it looked at, and then just toss it on the scrap heap at a regular interval. 
It's pretty wild. Well, as you say, so, so, so much creative juice. I, I, think we, I think we set a record one year for 20th Century Fox. We wrote five movies that got shelved. This wow. is with uh, like just back-to-back. Ben, uh, yeah, ben Graham, Grant, my writing your writing He's partner. the guy on Reno 911 with the bulletproof vest on the outside. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but so statistically, I wonder how many authors will write manuscripts that, that I mean, it's it's a brutal business it's a brutal well. business, yeah. But uh, but maybe maybe it's less brutal than um, than screenplays. It's a, uh, the novel game is while it's still a little bit brutal, it's nowhere compared to wow. the, movie, the movie business. But also, is, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. as you said before, you're able to write and and it's you. Yeah, yeah. This it's is you. The, the novel's just me. Right, and it's yeah. based on, on on just sort of some Celtic lore. And... Yeah, well, you know, I, so my grandparents are both from the sort of the west coast of Ireland, and I'd spent a lot of time in Ireland. And I always, ever since I read Hitchhiker's Guide, I was like, oh, you can write a funny... Novels don't have to be Finnegan's Wake. Right, they don't right. have to be The Sound and the Fury. You can write something really funny. So I was like, I gotta write a funny novel. And then I didn't have an idea for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for about 30 years, I kind of mulled it over. Okay, <laughs> sure. And then I was in a castle, I was in a castle in Ireland... And the uh, the owner of the castle was taking me on a really boring tour. You know, like when somebody wants to show you stuff that you don't want to see. Right. And I was just tired and crabby. Right. And he took me and he showed me what a, a real Irish shillelagh looked like. And I thought a shillelagh was like a little kind of like a walking stick. But a shillelagh, when Irish people couldn't carry metal weapons, they carried shillelaghs that you could, like, you could stop a car with this thing. It was a humongous weapon. And so I just started thinking about, you know, like, what if... A shillelagh was your, like, law enforcement weapon that you had to carry. And then I started thinking about leprechauns. And in the book, leprechauns, it's so it's a young cop who gets re- recruited to the leprechaun division. But leprechauns in the book are absolutely disgusting. Aren't yeah. they? Aren't they? Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but doesn't a lot of the original oh, lore, yeah. they're evil. Nasty. They're, absolutely. they're vicious. The, uh, the notion that leprechauns leave candy in your shoes <laughs> is not what this book is about. Yeah, yeah Steve, yeah. you saw that documentary with uh, Jennifer Aniston. And yeah, yeah, Leprechaun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an incredible movie. several of those movies. <laughs> Actually, a friend of mine is in the movie. You ever, have you seen the trailer for, if you haven't seen it, please go watch the trailer for the movie Leprechaun 4 in Space. It's oh, yes. one of the great titles of a movie ever also. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow the leprechaun who kills people <laughs> ends up in a spaceship. Well, leprechaun, leprechaun in the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Leprechaun yeah. in the hood yeah. is also, is that yeah. five? That, not so sure. that's three, Anybody I who think. knows them all in order, that's three. Yeah, there's uh, Leprechaun 1, le- Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun in the Hood. That's just good structure. You go, you go the hood, <laughs> yeah. space. space. Well, mm-hmm. And Wait, by, the way, by yeah. the way, just a, a point of order here mm-hmm. in the whole thing. Uh, Warwick Davis, who played uh, Leprechaun, yep. is not in this newest one. Uh, which they they did a, a re a sort of a, a I guess a reboot of it mm-hmm. and um, it's it's lacking it, oh, you know you you, you you need that that mm-hmm. pure malevolence that he brought to mm-hmm. them I, to say mm-hmm. as dumb as it is to say he brought the right amount of mm-hmm. malevolence to the leprechaun role but a lot of people always thought the opposite and and so that adds your 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 nemesis yeah in my uh, in in my world the run and boil world uh, the leprechauns like they'll steal your entire wine cellar stuff like that <laughs> right, right, right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they'll change and they change like babies into lo- for logs they'll like put a log where your baby was wow. stuff like that yeah and ronan is a, is a is a he's sort of a uh, a misanthrope but he's a he's oh a, we got a <laughs> oh that's my friend yeah, there we go. Oh, sorry, you're running in the background uh, yeah. of uh, of leprechaun, leprechaun space, in space mm-hmm. which i know <laughs> So, oh. <laughs> so let me ask you. I mean, because you know, looking at your your body of work as, mm-hmm. as an actor and as as a writer, I had no idea that that you wrote uh, um Baywatch the movie, which I thought was a lot of fun. By the way, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we have credits on some weird things that you'd be very surprised right. by. But, yeah. but you're also um, a student of the Tisch School of Arts. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, yeah. 
you're you're no piker when it comes to you know the the uh, or maybe you are. <laughs> he begs to differ. Stop right I can there, pike then. very easy. Uh, when you need to pike, you can pike. That was uh, another one. Uh, Baywatch, we wrote. Uh, it was funny. We were actually writing Baywatch <laughs> for Bill Hader. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, in our minds, we were like, oh, man, Bill Hader would be, you know, obviously from Barry and I everything. Love him. And, yeah. And then um, it was one of those happy accidents where the head of the studio, we were like, hey, wouldn't Bill Hader be amazing for this? And he's like, well, I gave it to The Rock instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and The Rock loves it, and The Rock thinks you wrote it for him. And we were like, we sure yeah, did. We- <laughs> because of course we did. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, between writing regular screenplays, you yeah. do a lot of script doctoring as well. I know that's a whole... I do. That's a, that's a weird business because sometimes they're, you know, they... The studio starts making a movie, and then they just, they hate everything that's happening. Right. Like, everything about it. Basically, they've greenlit a movie off of sort of, like, what the premise was supposed to be. The worst one the worst one we ever did was a Martin Lawrence movie called Rebound. I remember, yeah. Remember yeah, 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 Martin yeah, yeah. Lawrence movie, Rebound. They were shooting, the, they started shooting the movie, and they just hated everything in the script. The whole script, they just hate it. Right. So they only like the premise that Martin Lawrence is an angry uh, college basketball coach who ends up coaching some kids. So they're like, just make up a whole new movie, but we can't change any locations. <laughs> so every single scene heading, if it says, like, exterior gym, you have to leave that. Right. Because tomorrow they're going to be in a gym. <laughs> and we would just every night write the part of the, what the movie God. would be tomorrow. And wow. you're, you're, it was kind of fun. It's, it's, it's a run and gun kind of situation, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, yeah, you stay up till midnight, and then in the morning, you fax in. <laughs> This is when we had fax machines. Wow. You just fax in what they're going to shoot that day. And then the movie, amazingly, turns into garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I ask you, because I also saw It amazingly credits. becomes yeah. garbage. And then somehow, this formula... Yeah. <laughs> I see in your credits that, mm-hmm. that you're working on the Cannonball Run. I don't yes. know if this is it. Because yeah. when, when Burt Reynolds died, I went back and I watched the original. And, and to me, it, it's... It's magnificent. It, it holds up. Oh, yeah. Totally. I don't know if you ever saw one of my favorite things we did when we were the comedy group, The State... Yeah, I love oh, the yeah. state. We did this. Re- we did this really weird thing, which is we did a shot-for-shot duplication of the end credit bloopers of yes. Cannonball Run. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid for some reason, <laughs> and we spent a really long time filming it. Like anywhere we could go, we'd get an ambulance. That sounds like we, a lot of work. It was so much work, and it was a joke for no one. Yeah. It was like who would care? But we like just perfectly recreated every moment of Dom DeLuise uh, cracking up, going, "Oh, Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin." <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Bert stuff went, like that. And Burke kept smacking him yep, over kept and over smacking him. Yeah. yeah. I played, uh, I believe I played Dean Martin. Okay. These bleeds? These rolls yeah, these bleeds? bleeds. <laughs> you're going to take these bleeds right now? And Sammy Davis Jr., yeah. that's right. And it was, one of, things, it was yeah. one of those things we did that no one cared about. Uh, Once on Reno 911, we did a full, like, half-hour episode that's a, uh, a word-for-word spoof of the play Waiting for Godot. No, no, no one. Wow. Yeah, no one. I remember that. It. No, no one remembers it because it was for nobody. <laughs> well, how great is that that you're yeah. able to do that? That you sort of have that yeah. freedom and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, we want to do this. That was fun on Reno 911 because no one was checking on us. Mm-hmm. Like we really never got notes on that show That's ever, great. ever. Really? Yeah. So oh, you, were, you were supposed to be on Fox and ending up on Comedy That's Central. Exactly what happened? Yeah, we were. Uh, the, I, we didn't end up on Fox, and I think it was because at the end of the pilot episode, there was a scene where Lieutenant Dangle kisses a guy for a long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a recurring theme in my <laughs> career, as you probably noticed. Yeah, that yeah. was Dangle's <laughs> M.O. And it was, yeah. uh, and uh, everybody was like, no, 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 you got to cut that. You got to cut that out because Fox is not going to put it on. And I'm like, no, we're not going to cut it. And I'm like, what are you going to do, not pick us up? And of course, they didn't pick us up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Comedy Central, Central for, for they I'm were sure very they, nice to us. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they gave you free reign, obviously. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can't, I really don't remember getting any notes from them other than occasionally they'd be like, this is too long. 
Yeah. Like, like ever, they'd be like shorten some stuff, but never anything mm. like major. I would have to imagine yeah. that because of that, anybody who's ever done anything like that, police based, mm. you uh, you must you must get you must get away with every speeding ticket because it does help. It does help, yeah, right? It really does help. A lot of police officers have said to me that they feel like Reno nine one one is. The most accurate. No way. My, my brother said that. No. My brother's a, p- a police <laughs> yeah. officer and says it, it, there is nuance that's caught in that yeah. series that you like, have to be an not, insider to know. It's not always like cold case NCIS where right. we're enhancing photographs in a cool <laughs> lab. No, it's a bunch of weird people <laughs> right. eating peanut butter from yeah. the jar. Oh, right. Right. Super Accidentally troopers. shooting yeah. their friends. Yeah. <laughs> Cops love super troopers, too. They like super troopers a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have friends who are police officers, and, sure. and one guy in particular, I, I mean, they're... they're Listen, they're very, very serious at their job, but they're all, they have to be able to deflect all that. It's you a know? work environment. That's what, yeah. I think the reason that they say it feels the most like real uh, law enforcement is just because we, we never really wrote down any dialogue. Mm-hmm. Everything we're saying is off the top of our heads. So, so, so yeah. it, was, it was done a la the uh, Christopher Guest. You, exactly. you, you have a, a framed scene and then right. you fill it in. Usually you all improvisationally usually adapt. we'd know the ending. Okay. Yeah. If we if if we we'd have the ending of a scene, and if it was a stunt, it would be like written out. If someone was going to explode next to us, if we were going to throw like a pop a popper under someone's skirt, <laughs> which I just heard about, right? a yes. wonderful way to start the day, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I want to see because uh, you have 151 acting credits according to IMDb. I don't, I don't know seems, how accurate that is. I know. Um, but but one of them that seems like a, a typographical <laughs> error on well, some part. But what about 32 writing credits? Is that accurate? Yeah, no, that's accurate. They're both accurate. Which okay. Is well, in, in one of them, um, I, and it's probably the polar opposite of mm-hmm. uh, Reno 911, but working with Clint Eastwood on, on 1517 to... That was a trip. To Paris. Yeah. I, I think it's an underrated movie. And we've heard and talked to many people who have worked with Clint Eastwood over the years, but what was your experience like? So, uh, here was the deal. So, I went in, and obviously you're intimidated. He's At the time, he's uh, like 86 years old. He's making this movie, 1517 to Paris. Uh, and it's got the three real guys. Yeah. Who's, Which was a yeah. big conceit of the the thing is that you had the actual oh, guys who participated. That was the real guys yeah, yeah. who like ran, ran at a dude with a machine gun yeah. on that train. Yeah. So uh, I was obviously nervous. Clint's got this cool old bus. Like so, his trailer is like looks like a '70s rock bus. Wow! And outside, he's got barbells, <laughs> and he's 86 years old. And there's like these sets of barbells that he can, in case he needs to jack up the arms before he comes in. Uh. And I, my the way that I interact with people always is I I run a test joke by them. Right. So I'm like, let's see how this is going to go. So I just like to see like, are they going to be goofy? Or are you going to be an a hole? What, yeah. what do you like? Right. So Clint's in there, and I'm sitting there in the morning, and it's kind of serious, and it's real quiet, and. I'm sitting behind the desk, and I'm playing this, like, mean principal. And I turn to Clint Eastwood, and I say, Clint, is there any possibility that my character could have a large raven sitting on his shoulder for this whole scene? We can just add it and post. Right. And Clint Eastwood went, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. And really? he laughed really hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, Clint Eastwood's going to be cool. Yeah. And then we hung around, and we laughed all day long. He wow. was so funny. And then a weird, this is a weird moment happened, but sometimes you just got to run with things. Sure. So I always carry, I got a little Martin backpacker guitar that I carry around because when you're on set, it keeps you from looking at the internet all day and just keeps yeah. your hands busy. You don't smoke and eat donuts. You can just play guitar. So I was playing guitar and they were moving the, all the equipment and Clint Eastwood came into the room that I was in. I was all alone and he just sat down. He's an easy music. He's, he's an amazing piano player. Yeah, yeah. And he started just watching me play the guitar 
And he's like, no, no, don't stop, don't stop. I'm kidding. He said, don't stop. And so I ended up playing all of the Smiths' song, The Headmaster Ritual, for Clint Eastwood. No kidding. Yeah. You're, so I was telling Preston, yeah. you're in like, you I'm a, in a Smiths cover, Smith's cover band. Yeah. Your, so I'm a yeah. huge Smiths fan, yeah. and that's very cool. So, it was so cool. And then he just sat, and he kind of bopped his head. He See, he's, along. when yeah. Steve Jobs passed, he, yeah. Clint Eastwood became my, that's the, that's the, um, Ultimate must interview. get ultimate interview because that guy, Here's look at that career. Yeah. And at his age, yeah. he is still at, at the height of his game. Yeah. He's just, he just booking along. He just, and then the mule came out. But I was like, you know, the, the childhood me watching Dirty Harry never thought I'd get to sit and play the Smiths for him alone in a room. And he's enjoying it. Oh, no. He's, he's not just suffering talk through it. Yeah. Talk, like you talk, he, he still plays out and stuff. Yeah. You a big uh, Martin Guitar fan? I am. Because the uh, the factory is right by here. It's, oh, it is. It's not far That's away. Right. It's in yeah. Bethlehem, right? Um, right? Nazareth, actually. Yeah. Nazareth. Different, yeah. uh, I believe, uh, different uh, Bethlehem. Uh, in operation Bethlehem. since 1880. Eight? It is. It is. Yeah. And or they named like that. it a historical landmark yeah, in, in Nazareth. So I've got two. I got the backpacker, and then I've got the. Nice. Old, I got See, a really old Martin. It's funny yeah. though because you have these eclectic. You're also like a huge Eminem fan, are you not? I am. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> I got no, like I six it. personalities. <laughs> but, but that's that. You are. You are. Yeah. You're a Renaissance man. I you guess, know, in, yeah. in some way. But I mean, Smiths, Eminem. Yeah. And you. 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 I'm friends with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I'm currently friends with Clint Eastwood. You look good in short shorts. I used to look good in short. Shorts. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty wild. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Thomas Lennon. I did have a question because I, I never knew the origin of this. There's a bar in Philadelphia called Tiernanog. Tiernanog. And yep. uh, that's featured in the book. What, yep. it's Tiernanog a, what is, uh, it? is the Irish land of the fairy folk. So it's where the leprechauns live, Cluricons, okay. Fair de Riggs, all the little sort of monsters, marrows. There's a lot of different kinds of little creatures and monsters in the books. You you learn a lot in the, in the Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles, like uh, unicorns, the, the horn that they have is mostly for killing leprechauns, stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of details in the book. Is that accurate? Is that accurate it's to It's accurate to my... That's <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. all I care about. That's yeah. killing. Right. So... Any pre-interest in a in in the movie based there's on that? There's a little bit of talk about it, right? Yeah. But you know, I would mean, you would you adapt? I assume you would adapt your own book. Oh, for yeah. sure, yeah, for yeah. sure, I would if I yeah if if we do that. But it was funny because I, I basically wrote the book to take like kind of a break from the crazy movie world, and then as soon as you succeed with the book, because the book hit the best in the New York Times bestseller list, which was really cool. Everybody's like, "What if it's a movie?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I didn't want to do that." <laughs> So I didn't have to do that. The illustrations are awesome. Uh, it's been really cool. A guy named John Hendricks, he's a famous uh, illustrator in his own right, and he did uh, all of the illustrations for the book. And yeah, that could lead to you know uh, animated stuff. Maybe. That would be cool. Yeah, they put it. Yeah, I made. I, I lost out to the number one spot to a book called Wonder. Oh, that oh, book. Yeah, so I hit, I hit number two. Yeah. But I got, I got to walk around chanting, I'm number two. <laughs> I'm number two. I wanted to ask you, because going uh, through and doing some of the research on it, the, the people, just from the state alone, the mm-hmm. amount of people have gone on to do incredible things. It's weird. Uh, 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 and then you add your crew with Reno 911. We have uh, Wendy McClendon-Covey. Wendy, uh, Cedric. Yeah, I mean... You know, I'm like the, the lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come rub me. It just something works out. <laughs> something works out. It's it's very cool that that, that you yeah, have that collective from the state, like Ken Marino, Mike Lee and Black, Joe Triglio's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love that. He guy. kills um, it. He, his everybody thinks that he and I are the same person. Almost oh, really? always. Yeah. I, there's a picture on my Instagram. John Daly, who's super funny, and Joe Triglio and me 
people just think we're all the same person all the time? Because <laughs> we vaguely have like kind of those bug eyes. And, yeah, 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 and same sort of uh, yeah, similar vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so yeah. you and Joe were both in "I Love You, Man," and we were. Uh, w- did that have anything to do with your previous relationships? Or not really? No, okay. uh, no. Joe's in "I Love You, Man." He plays a squeaky, squeaky voice guy. Yeah, everything. Yeah, you did. yeah. <laughs> I so I didn't know there was a weird one. I have that long kissing scene with Paul. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, we were nominated for an MTV Best Kiss Award. I remember. remember. Phenomenal. We lost to Twilight. What's that? Some of those Twilight bastards. Yours is more lasting. Thank you very much. Cinematic history will go down. I can't remember theirs. Mm -hmm. Were you Team Cullen or Team... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I didn't tell my wife what the scene was about in I Love You, Man. But we shot it kind of close to my house. So she was taking the dogs for a walk and just walked down the street. And then sees me making out with Paul Rudd on the street corner. No way. <laughs> she was like, why didn't you tell me about this? And I was like, well, it would have been weird to tell you about it. She's like, it's way weirder that you didn't. Right. How, many, to, how many takes on Oh, that? my God. It just went on for, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> We're watching. <laughs> Running in the background. Uh, it was a lot. I think Hamburg was finding it very amusing to just keep me kissing you, Paul you, on the street. You kiss him, yeah. and then you pause and make eye contact with your hand on the back of his head oh, and going for another one. It was so... Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Brilliant. Yep. Now that I'm Looking at it, we should have won that award. And I go back in. I go back in. That's what's so weird. Yep. yep. You go back in. Yep. And his look, I, he, yeah. Paul Rudd seems like just a reg. We've had we've had him on the show, and he's just, yeah. just a regular. As as are you. He also uh, played uh, Trudy's Lamaze instructor on Reno Nine One One. If you remember when Trudy was. That's the, right. Uh, yep. Yep. Wow. You know what show you did? Guy Jericho. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that you did. And you talk about things that are that just seem like a, a personal joke or something that you just wanted to do. Viva Variety. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that was one effort. of my favorites. Yeah. That was a re- that was a show for nobody. <laughs> well, it was a it was a parody of European variety yeah. show. You know, like, yeah, when you go to and Europe I, and you turn yeah. on the TV and there's like like there's showgirls and there's a chimpanzee <laughs> and <laughs> everything's <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah, and the weirdest shows. Yep. And my, my wife and I, the, the first one of the first mm-hmm. couple times we went over to Europe, is like, what are they? We staying in the hotel room yeah. and watching these shows. Yeah, so it was also based a little bit on like remember Sabado Gigante. Yes, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So it was a Sabado, Sabado, Sabado. That was a great. Uh, we did the game show like French or Gay. We had a thing called Monkey Sports. <laughs> <laughs> the original pilot had a, a cartoon characters cr- called Rock and Roll Foosball Men, which were the foosball guys who would right. come to life and like play rock music. It's almost like yeah. you just threw words into a bucket and then pulled Absolute, them out. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, what did you, was that two seasons? Really cool bands. Uh, we did like actually there's uh, there's actually I think 39 episodes of Reno of, of Viva Variety. Yeah, but they're impossible to find. It's a it's a great yeah. show. But we had like the coolest bands in the world. We had the Boston's on. We had Fishbone. We had like Chibo Mott at the time. Yeah, yeah. It was like really cool people. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. It's a cool show. Now yeah. you also did uh, not that long ago. And I need to catch up with Drunk History, but I love it's that show. It's the best show. Is it? It's yeah. got to be fun to show. It's so much fun. Now I've never played the drunk. Which right. is uh, for the best, I think, because yeah. those, you, you those people really, end up puking. You get they get they're wiped out. Yeah. I just did. I played uh, um, William Randolph Hearst. Okay, uh-huh. in, the, uh, in the latest episode, which is really fun. It's it's a strange show to do because all of the dialogue you have in the show is was recorded by a drunk person <laughs> a month ago. Yeah, so they send you. You know, you have these audio. Uh, <laughs> files that you have to listen to over and over again to get it exactly right. Yeah, you got to lip sync. You got to lip sync with a drunk person. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is a it's a fun thing to try to do. Yeah. What about uh, a yeah. futile and stupid gesture, which is the uh, history of uh, National Lampoon? And I, I loved that. It came that out last year. Such a cool movie. It it's really on is. Netflix. A few t- uh, directed by David Wayne. Um, so he he on the state. State. Yep, state, yeah. David Wayne. Uh, he does Wet Hot American Summer and all that stuff. So I played. That was a cool role. I played Michael O'Donohue. 
who's one of my mm. comedic uh, um, gods. Crazy, yeah, tortured yeah. genius. The, the stuff that he did, I mean, and you know, going He's back to the original Nash yeah. Lampoon, mm-hmm. what is this he, lunatic he doing? He did the Vietnamese baby boat. He did all these bleak, he had a really dark side. But apparently, I also talked to Lorraine Newman uh, about it, and she said, like, when she moved to California... Everything she owned, basically, was a gift from Michael O'Donohue. Wow. Because apparently he was such a sweet guy. But his, his humor was really crazy. But one thing I did for that was I, I shaved the front part of my head <laughs> to get, like, a bald spot. Mm. Don't do that, guys. Casey it, it, doesn't, done it. it doesn't really come back. Really? <laughs> it'll, never, it'll never be like what it was before. Uh, well, I'm yeah. currently growing my hair out right now so I can do a comb over for my... For a bit. No, for my driver's license picture. Okay, well, that's yeah. hilarious, but be very careful when you shave your head for a bit. It takes. It's a long road back. All right, guys. so that's sage advice. It's a long road back. That's that's my that's my, uh, yep. that's my pedophile uh, yep. picture that I did mm-hmm. before. We have a picture of my driver's mm-hmm. license in the studio here. Yeah, that's not the male pattern baldness. No, which we <laughs> called uh, what was it the the dad the, the dad, dad from, from that's not Mindy. real. Is that real? Yeah, yeah. they allowed you to do that. Yeah, yeah. That, is that's this my... available on the website? <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I'll get, pull up the get, other get one. The where you can't do that. Yes, you can. He does it every time he has to renew his license. And no one stops you. No stops me. In fact, get the one where I did the afro. Um, well, the, this is I amazing. The this lady. is my favorite. It's an ap- he looks <laughs> at it. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. You can't do that! It's a can. real Pennsylvania That's license. That's legal. That's nope. legal. So it's when legit. I was having that picture taken, me and the lady that was taking the picture, we share the same birthday, so that's all we talked about. She didn't ask me <laughs> about my hair. Go to the website, because these are amazing. <laughs> Oh, wow. man. Yeah, that's super early. Uh, hey, I wanted to ask now, there, there are so many shows on television. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely impossible to keep up with all of them, mm-hmm. but you are on the Lethal Weapon team. I'm on Le- I'm, uh, right. I'm Leo Getz on uh, Lethal Weapon. What's the status of that series now? Because yeah, cast great, members have been That's a great question. <laughs> uh, the original Doom is thrown off. If you ever hear anything about it, please text okay. me because right. uh, I'll be the last to know. You'll read about yeah. it in the trades. That's a tough one because I'm, I'm friends with Clay and I'm friends with Damon and it was just like a weird one. Yeah. But it's weird when you have, I mean, I, I love both those guys. And yeah, people see like they'll see the people they see on the show, but they don't realize that past that are all old, old battalions of other people employed. The only thing that I'll say about that show is it's so tough because it's basically a, this, a, making a giant action movie every week. Right. So it is, I mean, it really wears you down. The days are like always, every day is 18 hours. There's always like a helicopter. There's always people shooting at you. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a lot. And now you have yeah. Stifler, you know, yeah. basically. Um, but it's been, it's yeah. been I'm, I've been back this year and it's been fun still. So like, I hope that show comes back. It's been a, it's been a nice job. Yeah. It's like yeah. doing, a, it's doing a movie every week, I, basically. I feel like, I think I've been Joe, I, I think I've been Leo Getz now longer than Joe Pesci was ever Leo Getz. <laughs> yeah. How hard is it to not try to be Joe Pesci? Well, that was the thing. That yeah. was a huge thing. I was like, don't, I'm, I can't, I'm never going to do an impression of him. Right. Because I can't do the, I feel it to drive you. <laughs> yeah. Which was amazing, but I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, if I'm going to do it, I just got to do something else that's weird. I'll yeah. just be like a weird dude. Um, but it's been really, really fun. I love that show. You Except know, for how much they shoot at me, and I'm always being like <laughs> dragged through gravel. Mostly. You're not the yeah. tough guy in it. Yeah. Well, they also, I feel like the show got so hard for the two leads that they suddenly started, like, episodes were all about Leo Getz. Yeah. Just because it could give other people days off. A break, a break, so like, yeah. Here's, uh, Leo's going to get, like, dragged behind a car <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> graveled in his face. I'm like, okay. Yeah, why not? Okay, wait yeah. a second. Those guys make way more than me. <laughs> I wanted to ask, what, what does your wife do? Does she work? My wife, you ready for this? Yeah. Do you remember the film Bull Durham? 
Sure. Yes. Do you remember the girl that gets married on the pitcher's mound at the end? Yes. yes. That's my wife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. You, um, you were in a, a comedy troupe with her, were you not? Uh, she's, she was on Reno 911 a couple times. Right. But, uh, Wait, the one that bangs half the team? She, the movie opens with her and Tim Robbins having like a really graphic sex Yeah, scene. he pitches kind of like he has. And it's also on TV like nine times a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's a delight for me <laughs> and our son wow. that basically every time you turn on the television, wow. mom and Tim Robbins, who's both six foot five and a delight, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, his way. it's I one of the best baseball movies of all time. Hey. I, it was actually voted, voted best sports movie yeah. of all time by Sports Illustrated, and I, I, I don't disagree. It's pretty she has amazing. to watch you make out with Paul Rudd. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, Karma's a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Karma's a boomerang. Wow. Yeah. So does she act anymore, or is she? she yeah, she's here and there, okay. but uh, right. yeah, she was also she was like in the in the she played a young Patty Duke. In the Patty Duke story, huh? yeah, if you ever uh, check that on, uh, yeah, on the Hallmark Channel. And you guys have kids? We do. We have a nine-year-old son. Okay, Oliver. And has yeah. he shown any uh, acting? He's interest? already. He was in Mamma Mia last month. No yep. kidding. He had three wow. or four lines in Mamma Mia. Are you, are you happy fun. about it? Or are you? Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have recommended it. Right. I, most, most people who have made a living are are, yeah. are loath to get their kids. The highs into are it. high and the lows are really low. Yeah. yeah. But you have you have a career that just keeps going. I'm a bad example for him because <laughs> Dad keeps you do failing what you love. up. I just keep failing up. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's all cool. I want to just quickly ask before you sure. you get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, you worked with Christopher Nolan. This was really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, it was I, one of the top visionary directors. First film I ever auditioned for in my whole life was Memento. Which is wow. a That's a weird audition because here's the whole script for me. It's a test, Sammy. That's yeah. all. literally all I say in that movie. I say, it, I say it like four times. Yeah, yeah. But so when you go into audition, like you got to drive somewhere, you park, you go into the audition, <laughs> you sit down in front of Christopher Nolan and you say... It's a test, Sammy. That was it. That was it. And he goes, very good. Excellent. I like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because I, like, I really didn't do anything yeah. other than like kind of be creepy and sit here. So did that movie. 13 years go by. And I get a call from my agent. They're like, hey, Christopher Nolan's making the next Batman movie. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, he thinks it'd be really funny if you play the doctor in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I was like... I think that's very funny. <laughs> I love everything about this idea. All right. And then it was one of those things. So I got the script got delivered to me, hand delivered by somebody from Christopher Nolan's office in L.A. And it was on that red paper that you can't Xerox. Right. It was only one page. I could read what my character said, but everything else was redacted with mm. like a black Sharpie so that you couldn't see anything else on wow. the, in the script. So like I got hand delivered the script and then the movie was filming in... Downtown Los Angeles, which is five minutes from my house, Pittsburgh, uh, India, and London. And I was like, oh, I know my scene's going to be in downtown Los Angeles because <laughs> like, it's like right. so dumb. I'm like, just like in a doctor's office. Right. London. No. Yeah. So I like had to fly to London, had to stay for five days, and I worked for like 90 minutes. It was the best. <laughs> but I mean, you were in. Great. That, yeah. he's, he's just. A, it, he's the best. Yeah. Best kept secret about that? Christian Bale? Very funny guy. No kidding. Really? I worked with him twice now, and he's. He's straight up hilarious. Because if you hang around him, he doesn't seem like it in the movies. No. Yeah. yeah. He seems like a pretty heavy cat, but he's actually like, he loves to laugh. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. 
Yeah. Him and Clint Eastwood. Him and Clint. Uh, new comedy All these heavies. Yeah. <laughs> There's your new, uh, yeah. yeah. The new Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Clinton Bale. Clinton Bale. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's cool, man. I, I, I would love for this. I, I know you would. It's doing well. But, I mean, this, this the amount of people you can turn on, the amount of, uh, the, you know, young teens that you can turn on to reading and enjoying reading is a cool thing. It's, it's, it's cool. A, and so, and I'm really proud of the book. And yeah. I'm glad it's doing well. And it's uh, I'm very happy tonight. for you. I'll yeah. be glad to see you if you can make nice. it. Nice. And we'd like to remain friends with you. You're That's such a nice guy nice. and a great interview. Been, so. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, anytime. So the book is called Ronan Boyle uh, and the Bridge of Riddles. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for being thanks, here, man. Guys. We oh, appreciate it so much. Appreciate Here it. for Thomas Lennon yeah. 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 on the President's Steve Show. Uh, we're going to take a break. <laughs> exactly. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes? You guessed it. Weekly. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD too. The MMR Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. A New Mexico woman is literally experiencing a bunch of baloney as a stranger has been leaving pieces of the sandwich ingredient on her doorstep. Sarisha Morrison said that an unknown man has been, since January 1st, repeatedly delivering the deli meat mystery to her home in southeast Albuquerque. He, she, she said he'll just walk up and drop it on the little doorknob right here and then walk away. I love you so much. She says that's all he does every single time. Do you like bologna, too? <clears throat> the woman said the delivery comes in a plastic shopping bag Ooh. and typically contains a few pieces of bologna and a few pieces of bread. I, I, use, I use this to pleasure myself. Well, at first, Morrison thought that someone might just be leaving her food as part of an act of kindness. But when she smelled the delivery, she, she learned that was not the case. She says it smells like urine. Oh, oh boy. And she said, I just, I've never had that brand. She said, I just want him to stop. I really do. Also, Listen, uh, it's very kind to you. And the, the, the pea bologna is awesome. But stop. She said, also, like, I, I don't want anything more to be in there. Like, it's going to be feces next time instead of urine. Uh, Morrison said that her neighbors, who have also reportedly received the sandwich deliveries, are moving out of their home because they're tired of it. Well, wouldn't that kind of suck if you thought you were the only one getting pissed soaked bologna and then you yeah. find out everyone's getting it? Yeah, you don't feel as special after <laughs> that. So, anyhow, they're actually moving. Uh, I love this story. Apparently, some uh. thieves have some pre-stealing rituals. A man in South Carolina was caught on camera Saturday at a BP gas station performing Mr. Miyagi's crane pose from the Karate Kid film right before stealing a woman's purse from her car. Wow. Mr. Miyagi would not approve. Uh, He was also seen inside the gas station paying at the counter and filmed leaving in a black Toyota Tundra with a paper license plate. Show me steal the purse. Uh, Police are now seeking the public's assistance in locating that man. I'd love to see that footage. An impatient dog left inside its owner's car while she went into a store demonstrated its impatience by repeatedly honking the horn while she was inside. I love these. I do, too. The dog's owner says she left the windows open for her dog while she quickly went into ABC Fine Wine Liquor Store in West Palm Beach. But the dog was having none of it. Uh, She shared... Yeah. 
who shared a video of her dog laying on the horn, which has since gone viral. So. You know, it's one of my favorites recently, right. Preston, is the uh, the dog of the RV that put it into reverse when the guy was launching his boat. Yes. So he's on a boat ramp. The RV is backed up and sends the whole RV into the water. <laughs> I love it. So great. Uh, public works employees in Florida stumbled upon something they don't see every day, a small claustrophobic tunnel leading to a Chase Bank. The public works employees responded to a report of a possible sinkhole near the bank Tuesday night and discovered the tunnel, which was about 50 yards long with a power cord inside and a small generator at the foot of the hole. Oh, you know what that looks like. Police officer said it's approximately two foot, maybe three feet in diameter. It's very small, very claustrophobic. It means that the fraggles are real. The tunnel was near a wooded area south of the bank, which is in a shopping complex across the street from the tunnel's entrance. Uh, the tunnel didn't reach the bank, the FBI said, adding that it is investigating the discovery as an attempt at bank burglary and no arrests have been made as of yet. That used to be the big thing years ago, to tunnel into banks. Yeah. Yeah. People try it. What is this? This is Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. <laughs> I was expecting bank robbery music. And <laughs> no. Got tossed by Frank Rock. In other news, Austin police arrested a semi-nude woman who was pleasuring herself at two street-level patios Tuesday afternoon in downtown Austin. Greatest afternoon of my life. <laughs> the- <laughs> Kathy hasn't been here for two days. <laughs> two days of absolute bliss. I've been double fisting and loving every second of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> the woman, 26-year-old Dovey Nichols... Oh, we got it wrong then. Yeah, has oh. been charged with indecent exposure and was in county jail with a bail set of $3,000. It's, it's less that you have stories of women out in public doing this. It's always the guys who seem to go towards yeah. the public self-gratification. Wait till you hear to the extent All of right. which she did this. So two officers responding to a complaint from the J.W. Marriott <laughs> Austin Hotel... Oh encountered uh, Nichols across the street, and uh, she was sitting alone at a patio table. When an officer approached, she stopped moving her arms under the table and placed them on top of it, and that's when officers observed that Nichols was not wearing any pants. <laughs> officers said she continued to pleasure herself even after she was handcuffed and placed in the back seat of the patrol vehicle. It's a tough trick. Police went across the street to investigate the original complaint, and they learned from a Marriott employee that Nichols had been spotted at the hotel building's street-level patio earlier that day. The employee told police that he saw her holding a silver object to her genitals with her legs straight up in the air spread <laughs> outside. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she's not even trying to hide no. it. No. So are she's we assuming it's a dildo or is it the air? Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. she was drunk? A silver object to her genitals. It could have been like one of those tiny little vibrators. Which like, is, yeah. You like, know. Right, I got you. Uh, but, uh, and, what was that? Yeah, bullet. They're called a bullet. Yeah, Marissa yeah, knows the name. Right? Of course yeah. you do. <laughs> What's your favorite brand of bullet? Ew. Ew. No, we just have boxes of that kind of stuff laying around here. I use the Tyron 77C. The officer said he could also hear Nichols making moaning noises. Uh, He told police that she yelled at him to get back when he tried to approach her. Get back, it's going to blow. The employee said that she was on the patio for approximately seven to eight minutes before uh, heading across the street. You're going to order something or you're just going to keep doing that? They ended up uh, busting her. All right, and then one last story. Um, This one's kind of fun. Uh, the icy temperatures in Minneapolis have led to an unusual sight in one neighborhood. Around 100 pairs of disembodied frozen pants. I mean, like, standing straight up. It's pretty wild. Uh, the man behind the artistic display, Tom Grotting, said that it, temperatures need to be down to at least zero degrees Fahrenheit 
for the pants to stay in shape. So they think the people just froze right out of them? And he was in luck this week as the wind chill in Minneapolis on Wednesday went down to negative 55 Fahrenheit, while the air temperature was as low as 29 degrees below Fahrenheit. <laughs> just insane. Uh, Grunning says he first came up with the idea to free the pants during an another, another Arctic blast about six years ago. Uh, for the past two years, his neighbors have started putting out their own pants. And most post about their creations on social media using the hashtag frozen pants. It's pretty wild. We're looking at the pictures. Yeah. It looks bizarre. It does. Because lo- it looks like there's an invisible person standing there with just pants on. Isn't that part of the thing, though? Uh, for people, a lot of times, they won't actually wash their jeans. They'll put them in the freezer. We talked about this, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that like the, you, you put them in the freezer and, and that'll sort of... It'll clean them? Quasi-clean them. Somehow or another. Uh, all right, and there you go. That's what I have for you uh, in the B-File this morning. Be back in a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve. Hollywood trash. What's going on, Steve? Well, Harry Styles is jumping into the personal smell candle market started by Gwyneth Paltrow. Styles says his new candle catches his darker side and is called My Butthole. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Netflix announcing that a documentary about Siegfried and Roy could be their next Tiger King series. However, there's a fear that after Joe Exotic, the story of two gay Germans who perform magic in sequin jumpsuits until one gets his throat ripped out by an albino tiger is too boring. (laughs) And finally, Queen Elizabeth announcing she will not be making any public appearances until the fall in light of the ongoing corona pandemic. The next time we will see the Queen will be in October at the O2 Arena for her first CrossFit competition. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. Like, talk about something now? It's time to talk to Kathy about (laughs) things that are happening in her life. Yes, actually it is. Uh, Kathy's dad went for a little joyride the other day. Uh, Was this yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. So uh, yesterday was Thursday. So on Wednesday, um, my dad uh, got a new car. He he had to get, he got a bigger car. My dad still works, so he needed something that he could, uh, you know, put all his equipment in. And the car that he had been driving for a while was just too small. Um, so he got an SUV. He picked it up yesterday. Very excited, you said, right? Yeah, he was really excited to get it. He was happy to have this, you know, bigger car and, you know, just more room. Uh, picked it up, sorry, not yesterday, Wednesday. Yesterday, he he drove to uh, make sure he had all of the correct documents. He had to get it um, inspected and, you know, new license plate on it, all of that kind of stuff. I, I still didn't get the – I wasn't able to talk to him in length yesterday. Um, so I, I also don't know why he was driving around. I'm a little annoyed to do all of this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where he's going. I don't know why it needed to be done. Anyway, picked up the car Wednesday. Yesterday, uh, not totaled, but completely crashed the car where he couldn't drive it home. Oh, my God. Less than 24 hours. Less than 24 hours. Wow. The classic. Yeah. 
oh my god scenario. I feel so bad for him. Like I do too. I don't even. Yeah. I called him and I'm like, you know, and, and I was like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine, um, but I got to take care of this car." I'll, Wait a minute, oh, that's a relative term to the guy who fell off of a ladder and laid on the on the floor with a don't broken call leg. Don't yeah, call anybody. Don't call an ambulance. Yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. You know what I mean? So I'm like, "Well, are you? I have to. We have to check to make sure that he doesn't need to go to a hospital because yes. if yeah. it was him, like hospitals don't exist. You don't need to do that. <laughs> that's yeah. optional. You know. Me and my so, dad need to get to that. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frontiersman. When you told the story about your dad, um, I think it was taking the stitches out. My dad had to get a cast one time, Mm -hmm. and he got sick of the cast, so he used, I forget what it's called, but uh, where he put the cast in inside of like two metal slabs and then like cranked it and cracked the oh the, a vice yeah. yeah yeah sure okay yeah. so he used the vice to take off his own yeah. cast and he was like, like no i don't i don't need to go back to have it taken off that's like the my dad when he when he dropped a railroad tie in his toe and it swelled up really huge instead of going to the hospital <laughs> he took a paper clip oh, yeah. and heated it up on the stove oh, no. and jammed it in jammed oh, it into no. that giant blood Plus, ridden thing on his foot. Absolutely, so my dad yeah. and your dad could hang for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, brand new vehicle. Brand new. This is not a, a, a used new vehicle. You know what I mean? Is a brand or is it brand new? Uh, it it may have been used. It's new uh, to him. But yeah. it, it was new to him. It was a nice car. It was much nicer than what he had been driving. In a day. In mm. one day. Well, you hear stories. Than 24 con- hours, Steve. Yeah. You know the details of the accident? If he hit another car, if he... No, he- a work did, site ran out in front of him, right? He, yeah, no, he he did. He he went into like I think it was some sort of like I said. I I still haven't been able to get the full story because they were then running around yesterday yeah. trying to get the car off of the road. It, he couldn't drive it. Oh um, but what God. he hit, I believe, was a construction sign. No no people were involved. Um, and my dad doesn't even have like a cell phone to be on. So oh my God. I, I said, that's so what I said to my mom. I go, it wasn't like he was on a cell phone. Like, what was he doing? And he, he said, I looked down for a second, put my head back up and was into the construction site. That side. sucks. Now I remember Janice chocolate. <laughs> 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 uh, da- what an incredible way. He was daydreaming. <laughs> about Janice my dad <laughs> loves to talk to himself and my mom was like, who knows? He was probably talking to his imaginary friend. Oh my God. <laughs> I, listen, I normally, I, this, the, the accident wasn't that severe, but it's just ironic that today is the 20th anniversary of the first car I ever bought. And I bought it, and that day I crashed the side view mirror into the Burger King drive through window. Yeah. You know how it kind of juts out a yep, little bit? Yep. I mean, I had just bought this car. It was brand new. I was picking up some some lunch, and, my, my, uh, and today's my niece's uh, birthday, so happy birthday, Haley. I was on my way to go to the hospital to see the baby and everything. And I smashed this thing in, and I—I I mean, that's the, you, to I didn't knock the you think, off. I didn't knock it off. But you know, can't have nice things. First brand new car first you ever bought. First brand new car. I probably oh, had it for less than a half hour at this point. <laughs> yeah, oh. and there's nothing as, but yet that is. Oh. I, I, it's it's that it's that. That, I don't know what it is, the curse of something brand new, something that you really want. Oh, yeah. You go through that period where, and, and invariably happens quickly if it's going to happen. Yeah. I was a little bit relieved because I knew it was something was going to happen at some point, and I, and I at least got it out Why of the way. Why not do it in a half hour? <laughs> It's not a car, but I told, I told, I've told the story before. We got a brand new refrigerator. Refrigerators are expensive. We got a really nice one, side by side doors that open up, you know, top and bottom. Anyway, 
uh, and it was back in the Krav Maga days when I was practicing. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. You know me. I yeah. punched everything. Yeah. And I just threw a little jab at the uh, at the fridge, oh, and I, I dented the stainless steel fridge. <laughs> and, and I stared at that divot in that thing for, for years? five years, probably. <laughs> and it, we've talked about this. It, it calls to you. It, it does. Hey, hey idiot. effed up? Hey, moron. Yeah. Remember how you effed up? No. Any. I feel like there should be a 24-hour, like, you know, 24 hours, and you're like, you know what, I don't... Actually, I changed my mind. I don't want the car. Yes, yes. yes. There should be a 24-hour idiot clause yeah. where you can return something you've damaged with if, you, if it happens within a day. When I bought I this, I didn't know there was... I didn't notice the the road work sign jammed yeah. into the grill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Kathy, your dad totally one-upped me. I mean, I, I got a crack in my windshield, and I was pissed off about that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. and that, that was this year. I, it was my, I bought a Subaru, and, I, like, that day or that weekend, I, I ended up with a crack in the windshield, which was annoying, but it's not... I didn't total the car. I was able to drive it during that time. So, like, he couldn't even dad. drive it back from did the accident. You, did you see the damage? Were there pictures of it? I, I didn't see it. Like I said, they, this happened, you know, a little bit later in the day. So my mom had to, to drive out where he was and, and pick him up. So, and if I may ask, Kathy, what, is your, what does your dad do for a living? He's an electrician. Okay. So, so is he's, he's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot. all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, Kathy seems like my dad. My dad, like, never had a new car. He always made sure my mom had a new car. Yeah. And then my dad, he had a knack for finding little old ladies who were selling their car that were <laughs> old, but had, like, five miles on it because they would just take the car right. to the supermarket and, and go home, and that was it. So it that a, sucks. It was street racers. It was, <laughs> a great, it was a great text. As I watched a guy fly a brand new model airplane right into the Delaware River. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's like you couldn't even put it back together. Uh, no, no. God, man. Oh, there's great. There was footage that was making its way around year, a couple of years ago with the, the drone craze was just taking off and there was a pro-level drone that you could attach and this guy had bought it. We're talking like a $20,000 rate. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and it was, I guess it was broadcast. I, that could be the only way they got the video, but it's from the cameras. You can see, he's he like smiling and the thing's taken off from the beach. And then it, it had to be in like Southern California. It looked like it. And, it, it, and you see it go out and out and just into the water. Oh, done, done. My 10th birthday, I got a brand new Valterra skateboard. It was my first skateboard I ever got. And my friend Matt jumped on it and just cracked oh, it right in half. Well, oh, your, your, um, your scooter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jim Sutcliffe. Uh, it was, we love Jim Sutcliffe. I love Jim Sutcliffe, but he was like, hey, man. Because I had taken it to the Tower Theater. He's like, hey, you mind if I uh, take that for a red round? I'm like, yeah, it's good. Take it for a ride around the block. I don't think he understood the power. The, you know, the raw horse, the, the horse power in a Vespa. And uh, and so the second he pulled the throttle, I think it it reacted a little bit faster than he thought it was going to, and he just dropped it. And what I didn't notice until the until uh, I was getting ready to drive home was that he had actually off centered the handlebars, so oh, I had to. No, it, it, it didn't take. But he had scratched up all the sides of it, and and I kind of had the same. Listen, he was mortified that it that he it felt terrible. And I kind of had the same reaction when it, what I do with my car, which is, you know, it was bound to happen at some point. I'm glad it wasn't me right. who did it. It's not the end of the world. It's just a scratch, you know, basically on the side. But, again, when I was getting ready to dri- drive home, I'm like, this just seems off. And, and sure enough, he had... I can't stop going in a circle. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to go to some calls. Clearly, there are some coming in. I'm going to go to Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Tiff? So, I had... Just got in my car, and it wasn't, you know, the greatest car. 
But sure enough, my notorious self, I hit the gas station pump and cracked the front end of my car. You drove you drove your new car into a gas pump. Yeah. Would would you have classified yourself as a decent driver before this occurred? Um, not really considering the first time I learned to ride a bike, I crashed into a pole. Well, okay. So, so yeah, it was, it was bound to happen. Uh Tiffany, did you damage the uh the the gas pump? No, the gas pump made it out fine, but I <laughs> okay. unfortunately had a crack in it. And when I got to my dad and I had to face him, he goes, hey, kid, that can be fixed, but my pinky can't. He lost his pinky in an industrial accident. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Every day, hey, Jack, can I borrow some money for a lounge? Sure. I don't have a pinky. <laughs> you just felt like bringing the pinky yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Okay. <laughs> you love Mom? I do. She loves me even though I don't have a pinky. I was going to say, at least you didn't set the gas station on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pinky route, and that's cool. You know, All the, right. Thank you, Jack. I mean, at least it, I don't have a pinky. <laughs> Let it go, Dad. <laughs> Let it go. Like I, like I yeah. let my pinky go. You've still got your pinkies. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I can only pinky swear on one hand. I'm going <laughs> to go to Brian next. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Hi, <gasps> What's up, bud? Hey, so got a new car, not brand new, new to me. You know, a uh, couple days later, got a new girlfriend, went out to dinner, nice red lobster dinner, you know, go back to her place, already know what's going on. Late at night, 11.30, 12 o'clock, I'm heading home, fall asleep a little bit, wake up, see a pole, I swear, I go in between the pole and in between the fence, totally biff up the car. Uh, Did you destroy it? No, surprisingly, I didn't. So I had just gotten it. You know, I needed full coverage because I leased it. Um, So I didn't want to go through the insurance. I didn't want my rates to skyrocket. So I decided to fix it myself because it really wasn't that bad. I needed new fenders, new tire, new brakes, a uh, couple, uh, you know, different stuff for the motor. But uh, this is also funny. So when I got it all fixed, I needed a new windshield. Put a new windshield on. Next day, next day, I'm driving on the turnpike. Rock comes, chips it. I, sh- I kid you guys not. Right in my line of sight. Oh, and yeah. Now, every time I drive it with a brand new windshield. I think yeah. it all started with the Red Lobster dinner. Yeah. Uh, Brian? It all started with some cheesy biscuits. Yeah, at least you got Cheddar Bay biscuits. So. <laughs> at least I got those biscuits. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a silver lining here, and it's always the Cheddar Bay biscuits. I love Cheddar Bay biscuits. Thank you. Love Cheddar Bay biscuits. Uh, let me go to... Uh, let me go to Lou. Hey, Lou, good morning. <laughs> Hey, good morning. Hey. Thanks for coming to work. Oh, oh it's okay. okay. We're happy to be here, Lou. <laughs> What's up, Lou? Yeah. Hey, so my wife uh, totaled out our caravan in the driveway into the front of my car. She walked <laughs> between our vehicles, got in the car and her car, which was at the front of the driveway, and backed up and totaled out the vehicle in, in the driveway. Totaled the car without leaving your property? Never left the property. How and fast? Then, well, then, how, could, how do you do that? Uh, well, she's blonde. So. <laughs> she's blonde. So I mean, so I mean, how do you get up enough speed to total the vehicle? Uh, I guess that, that four or five feet between, and she kind of gunned it. And said, I didn't think your vehicle was back there. I said you walked between the two. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when you walked past it? Wow! Mm-hmm. Right. wow. I've never heard of Thanks that so. before. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, M- Michael. 
apparently had issues. I'm going to go to him. Hey, Michael, good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, buddy. What's your story, man? All right. So I will try and make this this quick. I'm, I'm a visiting nurse, and, of course, everyone that listens to this you know, knows who this is. But I've been doing this for you know, 26, 27 years. So every couple of years, I get a new car. And most of the time, I have no problems at all. There will be one vehicle that will just be one accident after the next. I'll come outside, somebody sideswipe the mirror, or I got rear-ended when I was at a full stop, things like that. So fast-forwarding to now, got a brand-new uh, 2019 Honda Ridgeline, all the bells and whistles. It's my first pickup truck. I've been waiting for this thing. Driving it from the dealership up to my parents because I wanted to show off this car. I get a rock, hits the, the front window, and cracks it. Ugh. So a little tiny chip. They said they can't do anything about it because it's too small. Because <clears throat> I had them come meet me, like, almost instantaneously. On the way back down 309, something hits the side of it, now cracks it halfway across the side <laughs> uh, of the passenger side. All right. Now they do have to replace it, okay? <laughs> so driving the very next morning, uh, down the side street, somebody opens their door, hits the side mirror. Oh. Then the next day after that, this is where it gets fun. <laughs> in Lansdale on Broad Street, you have a Burger King on your right. You have a, a Wendy's on your left. Mm -hmm. the, the road splits and becomes two lanes. There's a car on my uh, that's in front of me on the left-hand side. I start to go around him when the, the lane split because I'm not sure what this guy's doing. He makes a right into my back bumper, into the back <laughs> corner panel of uh, this truck. So in the it's course not, of it's just... not even like three days old yet. Yeah, in the oh, course of three days, you've had four, four or five issues. Right. Okay, so wait, it gets better. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, so it turns out that this guy was one of those, uh, like, StubHub drivers. He made a right into me, but he was making a left into Wendy's. What? What's a StubHub driver? Uh, one of those guys that the, the, the pickup delivery. Grubhub. Grubhub. I delivered. <laughs> when you're hungry for a meal, I deliver your tickets. Okay. Yeah, Grubhub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to get it. I got it. But anyway, yeah. so I pulled over. He, um, the, the officer parks in front of him. We go through all the paperwork. He almost hits the officer's car on the way out. <laughs> So at this point, I'm like, you know, I talked to my ex-wife, and she's like, this sounds like the car I had about four years ago that got beat up constantly. I said, yeah. And I, and I was thinking I had a patient that was um, pretty high up in one of the churches, and I gave him a ring, and, and I talked to the, this priest, and he said, you want me to bless this thing? I said, Father, would you do that? He said, yeah, come on over. So he blessed this, this truck. Now, he did the full inside, the engine, the back, everything. It came out in the Even the car. undercoating. <laughs> Literally yeah. did everything. Have not been touched since, and I've had the truck now for a year and a half. <laughs> right. It was it was possessed. That was it. Yes. He excised he, it. Yes, yes, he definitely did. I, and it even rolls on water now. So <laughs> very good. good. Very good. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's messed yeah. up. Isn't that the usual ritual? Thanks, that there's man. an old Italian. I think it's an Italian ritual where you get a car and, and they'll. You, the, I've had. Um, my brother-in-law did it. Grabbed a couple of uh, coins and threw it in the back seat on the floor. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah that sounds vaguely it's familiar. It's kind of a kind of a blessing. May you have luck with this vehicle. Yeah, Kath, your dad should have done that. Clearly, you know what? And my mom would have been all about it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, let me see here. We got a bunch of calls coming in. Uh, I will go to. Uh, let's go to Jay because I'm sure this is happening for. Hi, Jay. You're on the air. Good morning. 
Hey, good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, Jay. What's up, buddy? So I had gotten a brand new Subaru, and it was a brand new Subaru Ascent, you know, eight seater, um, and you know, just I got it on a Wednesday night. So Thursday morning, I am driving into work, and I <clears throat> there's a way I go in. You can avoid lights and take a shortcut. It saves you five minutes, and I guess when I say five minutes, it probably saves you like one minute. <laughs> so it just saves lights, you know, right, right. like more of a country road. So, uh, but as soon as I make that turn onto that road, and I'm just starting to speed up, and I had a, I just got hit in the side of the car, and it was a deer <laughs> that hit my side. It hit the the driver's side window it didn't break the window thank god just cracked it and then it hit the uh it dented the door dented the rear door dented the front <laughs> of the car like it, it was crazy dude but here's so. the deal like the, the, you, when you get a good car you, uh, like a new car you're like it's just you wake it has that new car smell and it's it's like you're, oh. on, you're, on, you're on a high you are you're uh, walking on a cloud absolutely. yeah 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 unbelievable yeah all right thanks <laughs> yeah so now i have beer whistles <laughs> you have the deer. Do you think they work? I, you know, I, 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 I haven't proved me wrong yet, but you know, who knows, right? Do you know what I, does I, work? I, the know. deer slide whistle. If you have that, that. <laughs> that would drive people crazy as you're driving through the neighborhood. But uh, I'm sure they see this uh, every now and then. I'm going to go to another uh, Mike. Hey, Mike, you're on the air, man. Hey guys, sorry to bother you at work. No, okay. you're not doing no such thing. What's <laughs> up, bud? All right, so let me preface this by saying all people involved were uninjured, but um, I'm a mechanic at Harley-Davidson, so I've kind of seen it all. Okay. Um, there was a customer. He was in there looking at buying a new uh, bike, and so he wanted to go out for a test ride. He said he'd been riding for at least 10 years or so, um, which I guess he was lying because as soon as he pulled off, I guess he did, uh, Casey White, the guy that rode your Vespa did, and grabbed way too much throttle. Went straight into um, the curb, went over the handlebars, somehow managed <laughs> to hold on to the throttle. Oh, so now oh, he's still he's on the ground with the bike on its side with the rear tire just spinning in the dirt. Just oh let go. God. Let go. Let go. Yeah. You see it on America's Funniest yeah. Everybody. Let go. Take your foot off the, off the gas. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it, it, there's a term for it. We call it whiskey throttle, where you grab too much throttle, and then you kind of fall back a little bit, and you grab a lot more. But he ended up being fine. The bike I ended up doing the repairs was a little worse for wear. Unfortunately, I didn't see it, but everyone, because I'm in the back, but everyone in the shop just hears this loud bang. We thought someone had fired a gun. Wow, wow. We, we all go running outside, and we just see this bike on the side in the dirt with the rear tire spinning. <laughs> The 24-hour so thing. Hey, I don't want this anymore. Yeah, what's the deal when somebody... Now, that was a test drive. So what? Uh, what's the deal when somebody wrecks a, a test drive vehicle? Do you have any idea? They uh, they have to cover the repairs. It, they sign a waiver saying they're liable for what happens on a test. Now, if they get hit or something, or somebody else causes the accident, then like we have insurance for that. But well, I'm, I'm wondering if their own insurance covers because you don't own that. You, you don't. Know what I, mean? I think your own your own insurance probably would, right? I don't know. That that one, I, I I'm not 100 percent sure on. I would think I just, your I insurance just, company would be hesitant to pay money on yeah. something that you don't own. Right? You know? so yeah. I don't know. Exactly. But I, don't, sure. I just feel. I just fix the mistakes that people make. So. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, thanks, I bet Mike. that happens all the time with yeah. motorcycles, though. Yeah, of course. Hey, when they have cars sitting in a, in a dealership, I know that they've, they've gotten them in and out with a, with a little bit of, 
gas in them. So they're sitting there. They've had to. They've had to drive them in. And there's just probably enough to make it movable in and out of the, the lot. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any sort of, is there any sort of um, device that would stop you from, I mean, could you conceivably, in a dealership, put the turn the car on, put it into drive and drive through, you know, drive it through a window or something? I mean, is there anything they do to stop that from being possible? You mean inside, inside the, the, oh, the car inside dealership. The dealership? Yeah. I've heard of those being stolen before. Really? Oh, yeah. Driving through the window. Yeah, huh? yeah. But, I mean, you're going to damage the car a little yeah. bit. So, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, let me hang on a second here. Who was I going to go to? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, here we go. Let me, let me go to Sam. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hey there, you guys rock. Oh, thank yeah. you. Appreciate it, Sam. What's up? Yeah, you, know, you know, I I listened to well, I listened to MMR for uh, fifty years now. Wow. All right. Yeah, I've heard you from the beginning. I, you used to take me to work. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> through the course of my life, yes, whether it was a used car or a brand new car, and my favorite one was, you know, I call it my midlife crisis. Uh, I got a 2016 Hyundai Tiburon, which was their sports car. Yeah. And I'm driving home, and, of course, you know, hey, I got my the car I always wanted, you know, and I decided to spark up. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, he decided spark to up. spark up, he said, Nick. What he a dude? Smoke some weed. I sparked up driving home, uh-huh. okay. and and of course I dropped the damn thing right between my legs and <sighs> burn a hole in the seat of my seat. In your you know? brand new vehicle, <laughs> yes, uh, my my sports car. You know yeah. that has happened to every single car. Huh. In Maybe you shouldn't life. smoke pot and drive <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> that's a possible. That's a possible course of action. Uh-huh. Is. Don't uh, connection. don't spark up while you're driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm 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 a little bit more careful. <laughs> All right, good yeah, man. he yeah. thinks a bong. All He's right, yeah. thank you, Sam. Appreciate it. Try edibles. On yeah, the way home yeah. for your next car. Get That's edibles. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't nah. expect that call today. That was... We dropped the brownie. It's not going to burn a hole in the seat. I put the knot of uh, the, the rubber hose on the window, and then I raise it, and that's how I tie off. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, listen, at least your dad's okay, Kath. He's not yeah. um, He's not, not injured, hurt. or at least you don't know. I mean, he may have had a concussion and just didn't care. Uh, <laughs> fix it. Poor guy. He heated up a paper clip, Preston, and did brain <laughs> surgery. Dear God. You know, another topic we'll have to talk about at another time is um, my mom also loves sending, like, group texts with, like, these these horrifying texts. Dad ruined his new car in car accident. Like, who, don't send that in a text. Okay. What, what, now all of us, me and my brothers are like, okay, well, my brother responded. He goes, I guess he's okay since you're sending it to us in a text message. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Some, something horrible happened, yeah. but yeah. no details. Details, yeah, right. I just the, the the text comes in. The odds of him surviving are minimal. Who? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR.